0: Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom.
1: Oh, you know, for me, the action is the
0: juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 323. I'm Dave. I'm here in the swamp with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you?
1: Buddy, I'm doing very good. Better than good. I've now finally replaced my bo- broken microphone, so all the listeners should be able to hear my sweet, sultry tones uh, once again.
0: Well, you've got a nice, deep voice. I've got the nasal voice, which I like. think <laughs> like to in people's Growing up, one of my heroes, Fran Drescher, used to love her.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think too many people love their voice. I, I Even I – you say I've got a boobie, but I'm like – I'm not a big fan of my voice, so oh, uh, nice I think voice. everyone just kind of doesn't like the sound of their own voice. Uh, guess what? I do. Oh, I guess you're a narcissist.
0: Uh, well, I, I do. And even though it's nasal, I enjoy it.
1: And you love it, do you?
0: The thing with my voice, I find I just can, can go and go and go. Like, I reckon if people are listening to me, they think, will this guy ever stop? And the answer is no, not till I drop dead. I, I plan on my last day on the world, I'll be I'll be complaining about the cricket team, this and that. Like, I'll be grumping my way through, you know, just making a few observations here and there. That'll be my style. Yeah, um, why not? Yeah. Now, how has your week been, Rich? What's been going on, man?
1: Uh, not much, not much. Doing a lot of drawing at the moment. Um, uh, thank you to the people that have been engaging on, um, uh, on the Insta- Instagram, Mitch and oh, uh, Ronald and all that sort of stuff. Um, Excellent. It's been nice. Uh, Mitch demanded a Kickstarter campaign now. Did he really? <laughs> so I said, might, we'll work on it.
0: He's um, um he's a big, big fan of The Signal, a big supporter, actually, Mitchell uh, Hall. Yeah, Mitchell Hall, is this what we're talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, really good guy, good guy. Um, always gives me a lot of content. And, yeah, I think he, he did mention, I said, yeah, throw the old man a few bones, like, you know, like, give him something to do, like, Jesus I mean, I said last week what I wanted you to do was do the entire U.S. invasion and the withdrawal of Afghanistan. How are you going on that? Has that hit the boards yet?
1: Lower on my to-do list.
0: <laughs> no money is going to change your hands. Exposure. Right. So I said it's
1: very low on the to-do list.
0: <laughs> and I also like that it's such a broad concept. I'm really not providing like a lot of information about what I want
1: no i mean look one of the biggest problems i have is that i have and it's always tripped me up which is what something i need to work on is i actually have so many ideas sure i need to but when i start working on one then for some reason my brain will switch and start thinking of things for the other ideas i can tell you i can tell
0: you why that is A, a large chunk of the reason for that is because the project you're working on requires actual you know hard graft work and the mind always wants to it's it's almost a case of the grass is greener for the mind the mind's always picturing Mm. the next project which is only conceptual and hence kind of more attractive because you don't have to you know what it's like when you're working on a project it is work like no matter what Mm. you're doing writing drawing it's it's work i do
1: but it's also because um because i love concept art i think that's also once i lock something in and i've started drawing the concepts and all that then also my brain goes like okay, well, now I want to dream up more concepts. You know, like, sure. oh, you've done those concepts. Now let's let's dream of some other things. And I'm like, no, 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 I need to finish. <laughs> like, let's finish this one first and then. Yeah. So I need to, because, I mean, literally, I've got like a folder that's filled with folders of ideas and stuff and all that, but I've got to focus and just get one, get at yeah, least focus one focus on, done.
0: focus, that's what I did with the, the first morn book. I, I, had a, I was working about two or three stories and I just found by narrowing my focus down, in the end, it's worth it. You know, like, it's mm. worth, like I, I totally understand what you're saying. And you'll you get so much uh, satisfaction and, what's the word, fulfillment out of, just personally, out of finishing one. And then, obviously, you're shopping around. But, like, I'm telling you, like, it's worth doing. And you're doing the hard work, man. So that's good to see. Um, New demorn book is cooking, by the way, for listeners nice. out there. It's, it's really cooking. At the moment, I've spent quite a bit of this, uh, this week. I had some time off earlier this week and I've been working on it. Um, now... We have a couple of RIPs. First up, I'm going to hand the hand the you know microphone over to you, man, to do the RIP for someone close to your heart.
1: Yeah, uh, before we did, I didn't find out oh. before we did the show last week. But um, uh, Rodriguez or Sixto uh, Sixto Rodriguez, um, mm. uh, very uh, a lot of listeners might not actually know who he is. Um, a lot of people actually uh, didn't know who he was. He kind of disappeared. Uh, he kind of dropped an album and then kind of like disappeared into the night. Um, but what he didn't know was uh, his music um, uh, was almost revolutionary in um, South Africa. Uh, so much, that music was bootlegged so much, you know, because I mean, this is a time where, you know, uh, things are a bit hard to get apartheid. What wouldn't it have been? Well, not just apartheid, but just being South Africa, um, and and also because his record wasn't exactly readily available. Yeah, um, it wasn't like a mass-produced sort of thing, and all that. His music got passed around, and one—I mean—one of his biggest songs in South Africa at the time was "Sugar Man." Yes, and exactly. uh, I mean, everyone knew that song. Yeah, and uh, for any listeners out there, if you want to sort of get an idea, there's actually a documentary that uh, uh, two South African guys did called "Searching for Sugar Man." yes where they actually after so many years they decided because there were so many rumors about like what happened to him and there was this rumor that he he set himself a, a light on stage and that he killed himself and wow. you know because this is internet so you know where when a rumor starts it almost becomes fact you know when it gets passed around enough that they decided to do a documentary to find out what happened to him and um You know, they ended up finding him kind of like working construction in America and all that. I I don't want to ruin the documentary, but um, if you want to, if you want to watch a documentary about a guy who became literally super famous, like as big as the Beatles in South Africa, and no idea, he had no idea how successful and popular he was. Did
0: he not get money Um,
1: from it? Like, oh, so well. Again, I don't want to ruin the. um, I don't want to ruin the documentary um it's got a nice little happy ending so i'll just say anyone okay. who's interested a, a documentary about a guy who literally became super famous and didn't even know literally quit music started working construction wow. um it's a very interesting documentary
0: yeah it sounds interesting man like um i'm looking at his wikipedia he, he only released two studio albums in the in 1970 and 71 and, I mean, at the
1: time of his music, people were comparing him to, like, Dylan and all that sort of stuff and all that, but uh, wow. just didn't didn't take off. But guess what? In South Africa, In South he Africa. was bigger than Dylan. <laughs> that's crazy.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. Well, that's interesting. And, um, I, I mean, I'd never heard of him until they did the documentary, and then it, I think a lot of people like me became mm. aware of him and, like, really enjoyed those music. But I think it means a lot to the South Africans – um, I was chatting to um, one at work, a South African at work, uh, some years ago, and he was mentioning him. He was saying how in the universities and stuff, they all played him. You know, it was almost mm-hmm. underground kind of thing because, um, well, you kind of had a pretty difficult political situation and stuff as well then. Too. Well, his
1: music almost kind of became an anthem. Yeah. Um, uh, like, it's, it's. Um, wow. Uh, you know, his music was kind of like the... Not, I wouldn't say the hippie phase, but the, that rebellious phase, that yeah, that seventies you know, kind of like fighting thing. the system, um, uh, fighting for change. His music sure. basically became like, you know, the the yeah. anthem. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of that Anti, Anti-establishment,
0: that. which I imagine there was a lot of in. I mean, because when did apartheid end? Not until like eighty-nine, ninety, wasn't it? Like roughly.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: It was, so it was all through the eighties. It was still hanging on. I know it was struggling, but. <laughs> The isolation um, factor. Ah, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting times, man. And um, yeah, sad to see him go. Live to eighty one, and I'm glad he got his moment in the sun in like the last decade of his life, really.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, what a what, a fun, what I mean, God, what a, what a shock that must have been. hey? you're there yeah. working construction. These two South African guys come to you and say, "Dude, you you're you're Dylan in you know you're you're bigger than the Beatles. You're bigger than Dylan in South Africa." and He'd be like, "What the hell are you talking
3: about?" <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Um, sort of stuff and all that and uh, yeah just uh, look I, I just rec- I recommend anyone watch watch that if you want to feel good yeah. documentary yeah.
0: Oh, definitely all right well um, I I think that that's uh, amazing and I mean mate, rest in peace and uh, I'm just glad like he got that He got that period, like, extended Um, to... And he got that
1: recognition and that moment in the sun. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, And I see that he
0: he settled because there was some legal shenanigans and he settled in 2015 with whoever was, you know, basically taking his money. Um, He sued them eventually. Uh, He filed a lawsuit in 2013. In in 2015, the lawsuit was reported to have been settled with no amount disclosed. Mm. So, you know, yeah. It sounds like he kind of got screwed, uh, basically. Um,
1: Actually, almost every company tries to do that, doesn't it? Any, any studio, any company?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, the record industry is rife with uh, tales like that. I, I think what makes his remarkable is he was so popular in one specific area, and I guess it was an isolated country too. You know, in South Africa in the 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. was very isolated still, I remember. Um, and in the 70s, and then obviously, yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, I'm well, you know, interesting. Now, I've got an R.O.P., uh, William William Friedkin, uh, the film director. I, I think he may have passed away, like, just before the show last week as well. Fantastic director, a French connection, Sorcerer, The Exorcist, To Live and Die in L.A., they're just a, a few of the hits, um, but amazing films. I mean, the French connection, you, you just can't get away from that movie as far as I'm concerned. I think it's one of the all-time movies like i'd put that in my top 10 you know i think that's an amazing film have you seen that one rich with gene hackman and um uh, roy schneider yeah,
1: yeah yeah i've seen um i've seen pretty much most of his movies
0: yeah he's a great director wasn't he man like i mean the sorcerer as well as sorcerer um exorcist delivered die in la and um yeah he he, he passed away and i tell you what
1: well, I think the only one I haven't seen is Live and Die in L.A., but I've seen French Connection, I've seen Sorcerer, I've seen Exorcist. Mm. Um, you should watch, I don't believe I've seen that one.
0: So Live and Die in L.A. is really good. It's a good movie. Um, and i tell you what, he was a guy who called it like he saw it. He did not tolerate any mm. bullshit at all. He was, he was a genuine article, like, straight shooter. Um, I saw a thing where he said um, he was asked to, because he did a movie with Pacino, Cruising, the movie where Pacino plays a policeman infiltrating the gay scene in New York. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to do with I, I forget the ins and outs of it, but anyway, um, it's quite a controversial movie, and uh, they didn't get on at all. And um, he's he was asked years later. This is this is like probably the last ten years. Something about what Pacino said. He goes, "I couldn't give a flying fuck into a rolling donut." What Al Pacino thought, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Is that clear enough?" Is that clear enough? Did I make my point? And they're like, yes, you made the point beautifully. (laughs) I couldn't give a flying fuck into a rolling donut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's quite a a vision. It's quite a description.
0: It's quite a description. And Pacino as well, who's so revered. It was such a... That that makes it even more funny. You know what I mean? Mm. (laughs) they just didn't say I know I basically um yeah but no a a really great director and I I honestly think when such huge talents pass away the best way to remember them is go back and and look at some of the really great movies and then maybe sometimes look at some of the movies that uh, were were good as well but didn't get the same recognition like but I mean I'm I, I watched French Connection coincidentally um, one and two again. Quite recently, within the last few months, I've got it on Blu-ray the double pack. And look, French Connection Two is not as good as one, but it's still pretty good. Um, hmm. but uh, and I don't think he did French Connection Two, but it's a good movie. But it's nothing like the original. Um, what I love about the original is it's so mean. Like the the Gene Hackman's character is awful. You know what I mean? Like a uh, Popoy Doyle. I mean, he's oh, a, yeah, yeah. he's 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 a real bastard. Like. And not well, in you, the sense like, a lovable rogue. Like, he's now an now prick.
1: No, well, you've got to remember, the, the 70s in cinema is when people were, uh, directors, writers were basically, um, I don't know if railing against is the right word, but they um, they were a bit more despondent with the world, with politics. Sure. And they definitely, um, they didn't want the, the, the John Wayne good guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, patriot, uh, altruistic characters anymore. They yeah. wanted mean, nasty, because that kind of represented how they felt. Post-Watergate, about- all
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vietnam,
1: yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Vietnam is post-Watergate. As I said, in the 70s, especially in cinema, yeah. it's why if you look at cowboy movies, if, if it's a, even if you want just like a direct comparison, look at cowboy movies before the 70s and then you look at cowboy movies sort of during and after the 70s, mm. they're a lot more darker... You know what I mean? Oh, God, um, yeah. Well, the Wild you know, Bunch. Brian the Wild Bunch that is the a, The, the heroes aren't really heroes, you know, necessarily, yeah. like not even anti-hero. They're very, very dark. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's that's like a 70s staple cinema, uh, totally. that sort of Gene Hackman new, character. New, new Hollywood. And
0: in terms of cowboy movies, would you agree the difference between like Rio Bravo and the Wild Bunch? You know, Wild Bunch comes yeah. out in sixty nine seventy. 70. Um, it's a cynical movie with – it's – you know what it is, they're not romanticizing the bad guy even, which a movie like, uh, oh God, what's it called? What's the Magnificent Seven? Fantastic film. Mm-hmm. But they're still, it, it, like, even though they're, they're technically.
1: <laughs> what you're getting at is in their world, there's no such thing as a good guy, just yeah. less bad guys. Exactly,
0: exactly. And no. Wild Bunch everyone's is Everyone's kind of bad, distilled.
1: everyone's shitty, everyone's a bit selfish, just some are less and some are more. That's it. Like, yeah. it isn't like, I'm the good guy, I'm here to save the day kind of like Yeah, the white, the, the classic white hat kind of character. Mm. John Wayne, yeah. They, no one wanted the John Wayne character anymore. Yeah, true, true.
0: A- anyway, so... Um... But French Connection is a remarkable movie. I mean, oh, Christ. Great, great
1: yes. legacy and, and, you know, sad, sad that he's gone, uh, but he's got a fantastic legacy that yeah. he's left, so.
0: I mean, I, I remember seeing The Exorcist when I was um, about 18 and it actually disturbed me and I'm not a religious guy or anything. <clears throat> I,
1: think but, I think everyone did. good. Yeah, it, it's me. a genuinely
0: <laughs> disturbing film. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really, to be honest, it, it, it really made a fucking impression on me and and... You know, like, it's a remarkably powerful movie. What I like about his um, au revoir, like, when you look at his whole filmography, there's a real sort of spread of movies. You know what I mean? He he really was that kind of a director. Um, I would probably, on balance, put him probably maybe even slightly above Coppola now will I look at the whole filmography. You know, and that's a huge statement. Mm. Um, And I put both of them very highly. But I just feel that, I don't know, Coppola, he's very much in the 70s only and Mm kind of like, to me, his last good movie was Apocalypse Now. It's a great movie, you know. Um,
1: Yeah. Uh, You know what it it, it reminds me of? I watched a video that I kind of got a little bit annoyed with. Mm. Uh, It it was a guy that was comparing um, uh, Quentin Tarantino and... um, mon scorsese right and basically their outlook on so as we all know twin intent he wants to stop at 10 he's going to continue writing and doing novels and all that but he's done sort of writing and and directing movies he wants to sort of preserve his legacy right he kind of feels like you you you, it's only down like uh, after that and then you got scorsese who's like man i just want to keep making movies i feel like there's not enough time i'm going to run out of time and this, the guy was basically saying that at the end of the day, the the Scorsese and the other directors were like, why would you stop? Like, you're only learning your stuff and all that. I was like, yeah, but it's an unfair comparison because none of those directors who say, I want to keep directing, write their own movies. They get scripts. They they buy scripts and, and whatever. But Quentin Tarantino sits there and he, he creates a story and a movie well, from
0: script. I would say Woody Allen does. Woody Allen has had a lot of. Uh, Woody Allen
1: wasn't in this sort of discussion. Yeah, yeah. They were talking yeah. about the older directors who, sure. like, no, I want to keep making till I die. Sure. You know. Really Scott, and, and yeah. for
0: example.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really Scott. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. If you just want to be a director and you want to keep making movies, mm. but to compare, like, guys who just direct movies. Sure. Sure. to someone like Quentin tantino and say it's it's apples and apples i was like no they different directors he's not just the director he's the script writer he's the yeah. you know like the, he does it all and yes maybe he just wants to do ten of that and retire so well, what? It, like it, it, it also
0: means that um i mean there are different variations in that because some some of those directors do exercise a lot of script control as well but but um yeah, but
1: i mean he's like when quinn says he wants to protect his legacy If he writes in a movie and it's bad, it's all on him, right? If you're just a director and you sort of buy a script, yeah, you might work on it. Yeah, I mean, you might go, yeah, he made a bad movie, but it's not all on your shoulders. I I
0: do question, the cynical part of me does question if, like, yeah, like, not cynical. I, I don't think Tarantino will stop at 10. I think he'll pause at 10. Life is long.
1: Uh, well, look, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I think he's going to stop making, like, directing movies, but I don't think he'll stop writing movies. Yeah, maybe. I uh, think he wants to just be a writer now. Like, honestly, I think he's, I personally think he when he says he's retiring, he doesn't. he's not retiring from being creative altogether. Mm. I think he's just done, like, m- writing the movie, then directing the movie, casting the movie. I think he's like, I just want to be a writer now. Like, I've done my 10 movies. Is I'm just going to write. Well, and we'll I can see, I could see I mean, doing that. you know.
0: Well, of course, it's definitely possible. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, you know, what else is he going to do though? Like, honestly, like, you've got to remember these directors. They all are mini Hitlers. Like, really, they're control freaks. Him probably. <laughs> he he <laughs> yeah. is a
1: full on. He's even more because he yeah, wrote the thing. Exactly. He's very much like, like do what I fucking, like, and, I, I wrote it like that.
0: And he has the cachet of the genius who's been right many more times than he's been wrong when it comes to delivering the product. Like, many more of his movies oh, yeah. have hit and been critically, you know, it's, a, it's a, only a scarce few that haven't. Now, what I'm trying to say is five years is a long time. In, in, in the film business, the heat goes well, away from you five might, years. You know. He might
1: stop and then 10 years later get an itch and go, you know what, I didn't realise it would be this hard to, to stop. That wouldn't I'm say, not wrong. I would say that's probably – I mean, I hope it is too because we have so
0: few directors that you see their voice. Like we talked about William Friedkin um, and Coppola. They're directors who had a vision and a voice and were allowed to – by not just the studio but by the audiences – to indulge that voice, you know, whereas now, Mm -hmm. the cinema landscape has changed so radically that there's very few directors now that really leave a big stamp. I mean, yes, with Scorsese, you know, really Scott, but they're they're aging out. They're not going to be around in 10 more years, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. There's very few. Tarantino's one of the very few and, so for me, it would be a shame, but by the same
1: token, I get what you say. But oh, I mean, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, look—if you want to keep directing, keep directing. But you, but I think most people have to admit that most of the old directors peaked a while ago, and a lot of their newer movies don't really hold a candle to their oh, typically where, when they were in their yeah. prime.
0: Typically, I mean, definitely Freakin', um, you know, his movies post two uh, thousand, although they've been decent, are uh, uh, not a patch on the seventies uh, mm. movies. Coppola for sure. Um, he's he's a, he's a director who I'm puzzled by his lack of output. Sort of really since I would say the '80s, you know. Um, mm. Considering how brilliant he was, uh, Scorsese is the rare <laughs> exception, and really Scott would be the. But it exception. could also
1: be that hunger. You know, when you're younger and you're breaking in, mm. you want to prove yourself, and then when you've broken it in, you want to create that thing that cements you
0: almost burdened then, by maybe, expectation but, but then
1: maybe when you get older you kind of just want to work do you know what i mean like you don't i think your drives do change i'm not saying like that's next uh, battle well, well, you know I'm what he's done like, do you think- know what he's
0: done now literally this is coppola coppola struggled a lot with the studio system because of the budgets of his movies yeah.
1: and he, and he- he his own movie or something
0: yeah, right now, like now, now he's mortgaged all his houses and his winery. I believe hundred
1: twenty million or something like that.
0: Yeah, and put all his money into a movie he's making, which sounds like a bizarre. Um,
1: it's very, definitely a gamble. Very, that's, that's a big gamble,
0: and he's done it before. Um, but he's actually got money now because he has a very successful. I think it's a winery. It's actually very yes, successful a
1: winery. You are correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and. Um, I actually think he's doing what you should never do. He's putting a, a large amount of money, of his own money, into this movie, which sounds like a very self-indulgent project for if you listen to well, what the movie definitely
1: put, You can definitely put some of your money, but you definitely should not put, like, you should yeah. not fund the whole thing. You should now, not put all your money. he
0: will tell you in every documentary you ever watch that he mortgaged his house to do Godfather and stuff like that, but he was a lot younger with a lot less to lose, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But 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 again, there's a guy who it's been it's been decades since it's been a decent Coppola movie, you know? Um Yeah.
1: The yeah. last
0: one like now Scorsese's an exception. He certainly had a lot of hits. Mind you, I think
1: Scorsese, I think Scorsese and even Ridley to to an extent, I think they're very good at picking good scripts though. 100%. Like yeah. I think they're super selective and they are very very good at picking the the scripts so uh, uh, i'll get to, i'll give them that i will definitely say that they are definitely better at picking the I
0: I'd say Scorsese is amongst the cleverest in town as you yeah. would expect i mean he's he's a guy who's his reputation he, he doesn't want to be associated with a failure you know what i mean at all uh, he's he's in that legacy spielberg is an example of someone who's managed to keep churning and burning as he has gone on um, mm-hmm. but in all these cases like you put the aviator next to taxi driver. I'm taking taxi driver. You know. Mm-hmm. You put the post next to ET. I'm taking ET. You know. Mm. So even the guys who've had the really long career, would you really say the last jewel is better than Alien, or the last no. jewel is better than Glitter? It's not. I mean, so even the I mean, and Spielberg. I mean, again, he's made so much fucking money that who even knows what's a hit, what what's good and what's not. Um, but he's had his fair share if you go through his filmography
1: he just produces now.
0: Like he does do a lot of producing. Yeah. But if you look through his filmography, Spielberg's had his fair share of flops and stuff that we forget mm-hmm. because he's had such big hits banked together. Sure. Like sure. you know. So it's interesting. But no, I I tend to agree. Um in general, as a generalization, yes, most of them do their best work in their twenties and thirties. Like honestly,
1: you know. But, up to about 40, I would say, yeah. I think, yeah. like, up to 40 and then after that, it is, I think, uh, diminishing returns. It is.
0: Like, um, I can think of someone like Hitchcock. He was fantastic until the very end. You know, like, the um, last
1: few years, the last couple of movies. Yeah, but but you know, but even Hitchcock, his later movies don't even hold a candle to No, his, they don't.
0: His, no, his 70s movies. His 70s movies are interesting. I've seen them. But they don't hold a candle to what he was doing in the 30s and 40s and 50s and even 60s. You know, mm. um, but he had such a long good run that, like, it's it's like the ball player who plays the last couple of bad games at the end of a long career. Who really cares? You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, nothing they do diminishes their earlier work, but I just think Tarantino just wants his, like, he yeah. wants that guy that he, he gets the not out century. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, true. I think he he wants to not have that blip or yeah. or or that decline. I think he wants a very self sort uh, of moderated legacy. If,
0: if he can do that, he'll show more self-control than I would actually give him because it, yeah. I'll be impressed. But, but you know what, the, the selfish side of me hopes that five years and he thinks, okay, i got another story in me, you know, um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, he, he takes his time. He, see. he takes his time. He never rushes his projects. He never gets us. Mm-hmm. You never get the sense of Tarantino, that he's one of those guys that, that's rushing to finish a movie. You know what I mean? He he yeah. does take well, his sure. time. It's taken
1: years to make even just get the the ten done. So
0: yeah, he has, he has. I mean, I really enjoyed. What was his last one? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really it was, enjoyed it was, it was that. A movie, great man. movie, man. I, I really, I genuinely really enjoyed it. And the other one, I really liked. In more, you know, the last decade or or so, Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained. I I mean, I I really enjoyed them. Um, Did I like them as much as Pop Fitch and Reservoir Dogs? Maybe not, but still very high on them. But
1: but he hasn't made a bad movie. Like, even Jackie Brown and all that, he hasn't made a bad movie.
0: I love Jackie Brown. The only movie that he regrets is Death Proof. Because he always feels like he he didn't, yeah. get, he didn't get the cut right and stuff. And he listened to a bit of... He, he yeah, but you
1: know what? I, I guess you do count it. But I don't even count that because it's not even a full movie. It's like a... Yeah. It's an experiment that he did with Rodriguez. Uh,
0: I enjoy it for um, what it is. You yeah. know, it's No, just, it's
1: fun. But, I mean, I don't even count that as, as an actual, like, proper movie, though.
0: Yeah, I agree. Look, he came back after that with Kill Bill 1 and 2. And who could forget how yeah. massive they were? They were... They were huge, those two movies. You know, the mm-hmm. Kill, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, they were they were. One immense. was definitely
1: better than 2, but yes.
0: Yeah, 1 is better than 2, but, they were, but what I'm saying is the hype on them and everything mm-hmm. was it was extreme. Like It yep. was like he had that little slump, and then he came roaring back with those two, and then it was just, you know, he was back to his best. Um, now, I, I was watching my Smallville watch. Lionel Luthor, 100% aware of Clark's Power Set now, Rich. Uh, where I am. Mm-hmm. I've almost finished season five. Uh, and when does Lex leave? Is it, like, soon or is it, like, a bit later? Like
1: No, I think it's, it's soon.
0: Yeah, because it, it seemed to be um, leading up to, yeah, kind of a like culmination point with him. And I was like, wow, I, I thought he stayed. I actually didn't even realise that he didn't stay the whole show. I thought he did. Um, but no. Oh, no, he-
1: no, 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 no. He, he got out. Um, right. He got out. And so did uh Jansen Eccles. Yeah, but that was because he got cast in Supernatural. No, no, but I mean, like, he he made the right choice. He was like, this well, or, or Supernatural. Yeah, like, he, yeah, Supernatural. his
0: character, they were planning to play a much larger role, and then Supernatural got greenlit all sort of the CW, and so they had to write him out, which they did. Mm. Um, But, I mean, it worked out fantastic for him, you know. Um, Now, Witcher 3. I am getting close to the finish of the main game, Rich, um, and I've almost collected all the Gwent cards in the whole fucking kingdom. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I said to Michelle, "This is this is literally the other night." I turned around to Michelle and said, "Jesus Christ, I've got some fucking impressive swords." I was reviewing my sword collection, y- <laughs> you know. I, I actually said, "I said I've got some really fucking impressive swords here," and she just looked at me like, "What am I doing? Why am I with you? You know, like, what have I done with my life to deserve this person?" And there I was. I was literally like. I was almost like just just luxuriating in the glory of all the swords and comparing all their stats and choosing which one I want to you know take with me on my mission and yeah it was just great and I was just like it's such a good fucking game man like honestly I actually think it's amongst the best games I've ever played honestly I I, I honestly and I mean I mean any video game I I think it's I probably put it at top in be my top five honestly up there with Baldur's Gate two. Uh, GTA 4, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a remarkably good game, man. Um, people who, aren't play- who haven't played this, they're sleeping. You know, they're sleeping in the fucking woods, man. They've lost it. They're, they're without a clue, without a compass. Um, they need to get involved. This is a great fucking mm-hmm. game. This I is- guess. Oh, come on, man. Have you played it?
1: I played Witcher for about two hours, and then I've never played it again. Which one? The third one. Two hours and you didn't get hooked. Nah. Did you kill the Perhaps fucking? Pretty boring, actually. Did you kill the Griffin? Yeah. Killed the Griffin. Yeah, yeah. I played it and then we start getting the, the the back the the flashbacks of him training his fucking daughter and all. And I was just like, I'm so fucking bored of it. Oh, there they are,
0: boring. Whenever it comes to yeah. Siri, I, I just fucking hate it. Yeah.
1: So, uh, no, I, I borrowed it from a friend. Uh, again, played about two, three hours and I was like, now
0: nah, I'm done. Dude, okay, I'm okay. And
1: it's, not, it's not grabbing me. I'm done.
0: A, a friend, I was talking to a friend the other day, and I said, I said, I've played at least 100 hours. And then I paused and went, actually, more like 250 hours. <laughs> like, I was like, I started doing the math, and I was like, it's got to be way more than 100. I said, I play it all day. And, and well, it's like,
1: the expression, time flies when you're having fun.
0: Yeah, I, I'd love to get a counter on exactly how long I've spent in the game because I wouldn't surprise me if it was well over 250, you know? Like, because mm. I've been playing it for a long time, you know, and I know I play in Spits and Spits, but when I play it, I'll play like long stretches, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a great fucking game, man. Frankly. I frankly, I just love it. Yeah,
1: look, you know, I don't like it, but if someone likes it, I, I it doesn't bother you. Me, know, crack, I'm glad you enjoy something, and I'm glad you're getting fun out of it.
0: Baldur's Gate Three is out now too on on PC, man. Have you? Yeah, had, I've got
1: a friend who's playing that. Um, what's yeah, the, enjoying it? What's the What's the reviews good? uh good but um he's got to try and get used to the combat he 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 says the combat's very D, okay. um and he explained to me what he mean by that is that it's like it's not a straightforward game it's kind of like a dnd you know like when you got a dungeon master and then you just go hmm uh i'll try and push this brick you know yeah. what i mean like you can do things in the game like push someone off a bridge or or do, where he just he doesn't think that way you know what i mean he's just so used to like You play a game, there's combat. Sure. The combat he he does, like, he's trying to train his brain to look at the the situation, the scenario, because he didn't play Divinity Original Sin 2, which a lot of that stuff was in there where you could, like, drop oil and then set that alight. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you you, you could position someone near water and then use, like, a lightning spell to, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's things that you can do in the environment. That you wouldn't think to do. So okay. he's, he's enjoying it, but he goes, "I've got to train my brain to okay. to, to to actually like think outside." Is it and, big? Because
0: and... I've got a friend, um, Shane from Shane Plays. Um, you know, I chat, chat to him on on Twitter and stuff. He does the Shane Plays podcast. Great guy, great great show. And uh, he, I was chatting to him, and he was saying he was playing, and he's
1: really enjoying it. Uh, he's a big gamer. Uh, be, you know. well, yeah, it's a fairly, a fairly big game, but I think it's just a fairly big game because it's got a lot of cutscenes and voice acting. So, right, um, if you cut that out, it might be a little bit shorter. But apparently, like, it's the most cutscene um, acted game in like history or something. So, like, really? it's got like the most voice lines of any game ever made.
0: Ugh, I've got to be honest. You know what I do in Witcher. I, just, I do this all the time. I, I do this in Assassin's Creed as well. I just read what they're going to say, and I just keep moving. Like, I just mm-hmm. can't be bothered with the fucking, like, sort of flowery delivery sometimes. I'm like, I don't
1: care. Yeah, like, a, lot, a lot of people do that. I, I just, mean, that's why a lot of people play, um, like, uh, MMOs or World of Warcraft. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know people who play World of Warcraft who literally have no idea why they're doing a quest or what's happening. <laughs> like, or, they just accept a quest, go, oh, okay, I've got to kill 10 of these. Kill they're like, I have no idea why I'm doing it or what the story that's is. That's very I similar to me. To we, we're
0: talking about people. That, that Minos has his creed. In Witcher, uh, like, the story, you know, it's not that complicated, but, like, it's complicated if you haven't played Witcher fucking 2. And I'm forever, I've not watched the show, so I'm forever confused by who's who. And it's taken me a long Mm -hmm. time to understand, like, who is who and, like, what – who's, you know, sort of, like, what force is what and who's fighting. I've had to go to, like, Wikipedia and, like, fucking Google on Reddit pages to work out, like, who the fuck are we talking about? Like, I've just got no idea (laughs) because my guy's a roamer, you know. Like, he roams and, like, the flashbacks to Siri are fucking annoying because she's not as powerful and they're not – then what I hate in games, okay, like Witcher 3 is a very sprawling affair. You know, you really have the whole run of this massive continent. You can do all these missions and you can do... You, you. What I do is I do a lot of side missions and then I do a bit of the main story, kind of like sampling dinner courses, you know what I mean? Like I do a bit of this, close off these loops, then I go and do some of the main story and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I never do too much of the main story at once. Um, the series stuff... It's all in the main story. And so it's like a little, I guess you'd call it a flashback, but you're controlling the character. But she doesn't have the free roam that the normal guy has. So she's locked mm-hmm. into this little loop. They're, they're shit, really. Like, I mean, you know, like, it's no offence to Siri. It's like whoever designed the game. You know, she's given, like, crap to do. And you just like, what was this really necessary? Like, it's not anything remarkable. Yeah, but I mean,
1: you, yeah, but I mean at the same time, you also are playing a story-driven
0: are you though? Like, narrative I mean, game.
1: Yeah. The witcher is a story driven game. It's it's well, story is is, is part it? and parcel of the game.
0: Yeah, but like I could I, I get that. So it's based like, on
1: novels for God's sake so yeah, I, I get
0: mean. that there's a whole story to it. But like man, I'm telling you, I've played three hundred hours probably. And if I had to explain what I'm doing, I, I really don't know. Like, I really I I'm lost with the story. Like people come and go. Um, you know, you're constantly romancing this fucking bitch. This, this, this massive bitch called Jennifer. Oh fuck, She's a <laughs> fucking cow. She and she just talks trash. And like, I think he's like, have you heard the term before, simp? You know, when someone yes, simp- I have heard you the have term. heard this term. Yeah, I heard it recently. Uh, uh, dude, she's got his balls by the fucking grip. And, and um, and I just like, I'm just like fuck off love and then it's like i think you have to like be nice to her for the story but i i hate her with a passion and um yeah look, that holds the game back for me in terms of that shit but like the roaming and the, and the sheer amount of stuff he can do and his normal character is really cool like his normal in and out character how he, the you know the acting or whatever you want to call it the voice acting and his persona and his look, it's all great. It's just whenever he's with her, it's just like, oh, my fucking lord, she's annoying. She's just she's an absolute bitch. Um, I don't know if there's more to the story I'm not aware of, but like whenever I see her, she's just a fucking cow. And always playing hot and cold with him. They've got a history. But there's this other chick called Triss, who I have banged, and um, she's, she's fun, you know? And I don't think the story wants you to be with her, but I I like her. I think she's nice. Um, Uh,
1: No, I think you, well, you can choose. Apparently, you can romance who you want. And in fact, you can even try and romance them both. And apparently, like, doesn't
0: end well. Turn
1: on you or something. Yeah, turn on you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. No. Um, Yeah. Uh, Whatever, man. Like, the story is not that fucking great. Like, if I can be honest with you, like, I was saying this. Oh, oh,
1: I think a lot of Witcher fans would disagree with you. (sighs) Well. Okay. Oh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying they <laughs> would disagree with you. I didn't say that you were wrong.
0: What, the in the game? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm playing it, and I'm telling you, like it's it's okay. Uh,
1: I'm, man, I'm telling you, really? most Witcher fans love the Witcher story, yeah. the characters. They love it. I
0: love him. He's cool. But there's a lot you can do, dude, where he's just forever doing stuff. Like I, My guy's busy as fuck. You know, going and killing this monster, doing that monster, doing this, doing that. There's a lot of shit you can do in this game. It's a big game, is what I'm trying to say. Oh um, no, yeah, it is. I don't know, man. Like, I'm not as in love with the story. But but I also have this thing. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you. I had this gratification, delay gratification thing, where I like to, I, I almost like to, I do this all the time in games. I linger over the side details and let the main story percolate slowly. I've done this many times and I'm probably more guilty of it than ever in Witcher. Um, for, I don't know mm. why, but I, it's just something about me. That I, I do it a lot and I think Witcher would mean, story would mean more to me if I'd played the other games or read the books, which I haven't done, or watched the show. <laughs> really, all I've done is play Witcher 3 and I played a bit of Witcher 2 as well but, but not enough to remember anything about it. But It would mean more if I'd played the previous stuff because I'm like... It's something I... I'm complaining about something that's my own fault. When you you enter the third game, they expect you to know all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. I, I don't care. The game doesn't give you a reason to care. It just expects you to care about them. Like this Dandelion character. You know, you know him from previous games, apparently. Um... You know, it's like, okay, you know, all right, well, let's let's play patty Cakes with this guy. You know, and I, I wish the game... If I had one note on the game, which I love this game, I would say make it so that the new player, because I'm not the only new player to Witcher 3, Make the new player feel something for these characters when you introduce them, rather just introduce them and they start referring to shit that happened in previous games, which is what happens. They're just like, oh, you remember this, what we did in this? And I'm like, no. I don't mm-hmm. even know who you're talking about. It means nothing to me whatsoever. Okay. And then, you know, uh, the Dandelion character is actually pretty cool. But what's the name? Well, I forget what her name is. The, the bitch. What's the bitch's name? You've, not you. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Yennefer Yennefer. She's just a fucking bitch. Like, you meet her and she's just bitching you out from the beginning. And I was just like, who the fuck is this? And I was (laughs) like, what the fuck is this shit? And and I'd already banged some other chick who was way more attractive, uh, who was like a sorceress, and then Triss, and then I met this cow, and you were supposed to, like, be in love with her, and I was just like, really? My guy's, like, almost ready to give her a backhand. But, you know, I didn't, but, you know. Anyway, that's just me, man. That's how I play, man. But but I'm used to like Assassin's Creed or GTA, where you kind of make your own rules, dude. You know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like you don't you not you don't need to have played the previous Assassin's Creed game to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, kind of thing. You know?
1: Mm, yeah, but you know what? You kind of. But again, games like Mass Effect, which they are story driven, and they are it is kind of necessary. To at least have a understanding of what's happened in the previous game. So sure. that's that, a lot of games are like that they where if it's a trilogy or whatever. Uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed is a bit different. But again, Assassin's Creed was supposed to be an overarching narrative <laughs> yeah, then, uh, which they just dude, decided to just drop because they wanted to keep making Assassin's Creed games. But so. what I'm, here's
0: here's my point to you. Okay. Like, no offense to Witcher. Most people aren't reading those books. You know, oh. no, they're not. They're not like the, like the hardcore Witcher fans After
1: are. No, oh, no, no, no. After the game came out, there was a massive sure uh, uptick in in the books. Well, so, all I can tell
0: you is I've got them all on my iPad. I've not read one.
1: Yeah, and, but you know uh, whether you've read it or not, Dave. You're, like, <laughs> hate to break it to you, but you are not the. <laughs> I'm a tastemaker. You're, you're not the arbiter of if something is being done or not. I'm. i like, someone who worked it, no, no. As someone who worked in a bookstore, yeah. The, after the popularity of the games, there was a massive, just like Game of Thrones. Like every sure. fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry came in and bought Game of Thrones books. Exactly the same. I with bet this. you there more people massive... read
0: Game of Thrones than Red Witcher, though. You know, I bet. Anyway. Well, it's a bit
1: different though because gaming is not as far reaching as sure. just a TV show. So yes, I'm not. I'm not certain. I'm certainly not saying it's in that level, but I'm saying it's up there. It was popular enough. Yeah. and made such a big wave in the gaming community that there was a massive uptick in sales and, and orders for okay. the Witcher books.
0: All right. Well, maybe I'm just a bad person, you know. I mean, like, let's face it. Like, when it comes to it, how many times have I said, never read it, only watch this show? <laughs> I I mean True. to. I mean to. That's the thing. I mean to. But I just get distracted so easily And, you know, it's, like, a real achievement for me. I love reading my books, but, like, I read them slowly, and then I get to the end, I'm like, like, Fall of Rome, that was such a fucking epic, fucking great hunt. I've been reading it since 1990. Jesus. Finished it. I felt like I'd fucking run about seven marathons. And, (laughs) uh, you know, but I want to become better at it. Like, this is the thing. Like, I want to read the Game of Thrones books. I want to... um, the the sharp series of novels I want to read because I really enjoy those movies with um Sean Bean, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Sean Bean, yeah, I, I love those. I've re- I've watched half of them. I bought the Blu-rays. Um, I love like I love them. I think it's r- fucking awesome, and I really want to read the books. I've got them all on my iPad. I've got a couple of my Audible. I want to read those, but um, I don't think I'm going to read the Witcher books, man, because I just don't care. Like. I get it. Dude, it's not complicated. He's a witcher who goes around hunting monsters. Like, that's it. You know, it's it's so fucking simple. And why they put all this romance shit in, I'll never understand. All this personal mm-hmm. bullshit, it's just, it's so, it's like fluff to me. It really is, my again, guys. I understand right?
1: it is to you, Dave, but it's also not to a lot of people. So I, I understand if for you. Again, that is your style, that's your experience, but yeah. it's not everyone's, unfortunately. And yeah. most people that play Witcher are I'm invested in. in the story. You're just not one of them, and that's fine.
0: I'm invested in the story of me going around no, doing all the side It's the same as
1: World of Warcraft, mate. There are people that are invested in the story. Yeah. And the part their character plays and they can tell you w- what's the reason for like most quests and shit. Like they get invested in what what's happening in the world. And then there's people literally like, I just want to level yeah. and do raids. So neither one is sure. right or wrong. Different but styles. the unfortunate thing, Dave, is if you are going to play <laughs> a story-driven game, that's what you're going to get, whether you like it or not.
0: Yeah. I just wish that the story wasn't so uh, like overpowering in a way, you know, like, you know, a game that I really enjoyed uh, for its story. I know it's not on the Witcher level of like gameplay, but the original Dragon Age, whatever that was called, you, you know, remember the original Dragon Age? Yeah, Dragon Age.
1: Yeah, I fucking, Dragon Age.
0: I loved that. I loved that because I felt like this story gave you a lot of flexibility and um, also Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, like there's a story, I guess there is a story, but it didn't feel like they were driving your character down a fucking corridor all the time.
1: Um, no, there was a massive story, man. But the difference is that you got to, you got to decide. That's what I mean. In which direction the story went, but it was massively story driven.
0: Yeah, well, I preferred that, man. And
1: you know, Baldur, Baldur's Gate is massively story driven, so prepare yourself if you can. Okay. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, and it's I, also
1: I, turn-based I, combat, eh?
0: I liked that though. I've always. I am I, no, no,
1: just you know, it's. I played
0: the original Baldur's Gate one and two massively. I was a massive Baldur's Gate one and two fan. Um, also, it's D and D, so I'll get more of a pass from me. I, I guess I'm just really pissed off because I hate the whole. Like, I'll be. I'm going to say something that might not surprise you. I hate that I just can't bang whoever I want, and it's like it have to be all these repercussions, and I have to be nice to this bitch. And, and all that shit like just to get some ending in the game and I'm just like fuck this shit like like honestly she was talking trash to me man and I was like what the fuck oh, oh my, my god was I was almost like who the fuck is this you know um, I had a reaction I'd already I'd already gone through the sorceress previously and Trius had a delightful time hijinks. And then I run into this chick who's supposed to be the love of your life, and I'm like, I don't even like this person, whoever she is. And, um, yeah, Davy was not happy, man, as you could tell.
1: Definitely not.
0: Yeah. But luckily, I have done about a billion other things in the game, not involving her, so that's been good. Um, yeah. Anyway, right, we'll get off this topic because she just annoys me. Now, I have some comments from um, Brian Biggie at Inner Demons. you remember last week we were talking about... Um, that Wolverine Ghost Rider thing. Mm-hmm. So Brian Biggie, I, I, I shouted out to him and said, man, if you give me your ideas, and he would say, nice episode, Davey. Um, and then he said, thanks for the shout-out. If you think Blaze's biggest problem is diner food, then I don't know what to tell you, my dude. <laughs> and then he said, <laughs> oh, and Benjamin Percy is a solid 5 out of 10 writer. He's been successful and Wolverine, which is great, but he spends most of his... Ghost Rider having Blaze bemoan and complain while a goth girlfriend kicks him around. Ghost Rider is barely in the book and he cuts away from fights and is at the climax then cuts back and the bad guy is dead every time. Then Percy plagiarises himself from himself one Ghost Rider issue was quite literally a Nightwing story beat for beat and he's actually got an image and it's hilarious, Rich, of this thing that happened in Ghost Rider and that happened in Nightwing. I'll send you the images they're exactly the same. Um wow. and then he says the one great thing catches back and blazes Ghost Riders fully Z- Zara Foss again, talks and acts differently than Johnny since tw- two thousand eight writers have been forgetting to do this. Um but yeah, no, he um and I said, Can I can I put this on the show? And he says, Oh, you can read them on air. Being brutally honest with Percy on my show these days. Yeah, he just he just slams. Brian Biggie's a fucking he's a we call him a court jester, but he's a god of a court jester, you know. Mm-hmm
1: gods of the well, game I mean look we we were discussing this the other day when we were talking about this and all that but the problem is also the writing as well like sure. uh, I I was just actually you know what I was just thinking this the other day because I was again I was looking at comics oh, and I've been seeing Joshua Williams oh yeah Williamson Williams Joshua. whatever I I he's written like Green Lantern he's written Superman he's written Batman he's yeah. written Flash and I thought to myself is this is this the is he oh. the top talent now at dc which yes by the way no offense to him i'm not saying he's a terrible writer but good lord man this is the top tier talent
0: he's definitely considered the top tier talent at, um,
1: oh but again that's that's how i'm sorry yeah. i mean that's a that's a dropping standard like yeah. if, if that's your you're like oh my god he's the go-to guy he's gonna work yeah. on all the big books i'm like wow yeah. that i mean again not yeah. a terrible writer but not the not not the no not the captain of the ship in my book like
0: no back in the day he'd be he'd be busy writing a fucking black canary book or something um you know yeah uh, yeah he's decent um but that's about all he is um, yeah but decent
1: um, is not the guy to carry no. all the the major franchises on his shoulders you don't that's not yeah that's not decent that's well they lost uh, they,
0: they lost a lot of writers man a lot of guys just left you know and um and he didn't and so he's been managing their events for quite some time Joshua yeah. Williamson he's been, but
1: i'm just saying like it, it just shows you how like just i'm sorry it just it just shows you how much lower oh yeah the, the bar yeah. is unfortunately for greatness in the in the comic book you know yeah i, I don't know it's I, it's uh, you know again don't hate the guy but man not the guy that i'd be like yeah i'm so glad I, he's I'd working on him, every fucking book i'd
0: call him at his best he's good you know when he's when he's cooking, he's good and good. That's what he is. When he's mediocre, uh, he's pretty mediocre. And like for example, his Dark Crisis was just a fizzer, a complete fizzer. He just missed. Is he the one that's
1: doing the the nightmare stuff now? Yes, night terrors.
0: He's... Yeah, night terrors. Oh Jesus! Oh, well, I was actually I had a topic on the show. We might bring in now. What even is it? it? Um, is
1: everyone everyone's having nightmares?
0: Yeah, I get that, but like, what's the story? So No, that's
1: all—that's all I know so far. That's like every book is just—it's just I don't know. Maybe some bad dream entity has come into the DC world, but every book is just starts with someone fucking having nightmares. I like, tell you something
0: it. I could do without every fucking comic book writer saying they love horror comics. How many times do people say this? He's like, Williamson said, I love horror comics and it's been a blast bringing the energy to Dawn of DC. Night Terrors showcases the horror side of our heroes as a brand new villain. A brand new villain, Rich. are oh, Confronts them with their worst nightmares. It's a fun and horrific event that brings together all the heroes and villains of DC along with some surprises. I mean, fuck off. Like, is that the best you can do? Like, Like, hey, you had someone who did nightmares. His name was fucking Scarecrow. You know, remember Scarecrow with the fear gas? Well, he was not
1: nightmares. He was just fear. Yes,
0: whatever fear. But I mean, are they make? Are they going to make someone as good as Scarecrow? I doubt it. What's the guy's name going to be? Nightmare? Bad dream?
1: Probably. Bad but dream. with a K or something.
0: I mean, also, like he's going
1: to be an actual knight of mare.
0: <laughs> also, what about Morpheus? Man, remember Morpheus from Sandman? He was all to do with dreams, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Is there a Morpheus nightmares? That would actually be be interesting. What's it called? Night Terrors.
1: Yeah, Let's I don't know. Say, I mean, like I don't people... really. I'm not big on the Sandman stuff, so you're you're more the Sandman guy than me. I am
0: the Sandman guy, but like, I'm like, if you're not doing a fucking Morpheus story in your Night Terrors, you're really struggling, and it doesn't seem like they are. Yeah, this Night Terrors looks like complete shit, frankly. And, um, I mean, God, event, yeah, wow, one of the worst events ever. Um, it's bad, yeah, I
1: mean, it's, it's an event, but I uh, supposedly, but yeah, I'm like, oh no, bad. main characters,
0: insomnia, dead men, and sandman. There you go. So, sandman is involved, which makes sense because it would be kind of lame if you didn't have sandman in the nightmare. It's so funny.
1: I, we, I was just talking with you today, and I was like, man, I, I feel like, um, so many of the classic villains are so unutilized. I said, you know who I like? I said this to you today. I was like, I would love to see in a movie Mm. or even just brought back in the comics, have a really cool run. Mm. uh, The ultra humanite.
3: Oh yeah. You mentioned this
1: earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. What a great villain that is. And yet no one utilizes. I've got a question is,
0: (laughs) and and, and my apologies for my ignorance. Is he the guy who's like the ape and he's really smart?
1: Well, he's, 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 a, he's a human brain inside the body of a genetically old. And he likes, um, like, classical music
0: and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I
1: okay, the ultra humanites original, obviously, original origins is, like, he's a Nazi, basically. You know, he's a German <laughs> really? scientist, I think, who's, who <laughs> really? like, to escape. Well, yeah, to escape, Right. you know, like, can put his brain into different bodies. Oh, um, okay. And I mean, he's been, like, a woman So at is one he, point, like, old?
0: Then, from, why well, is he, what I mean that? Is he, is he from like the 40s originally?
1: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he, he's from World War II. Like, that's his origin. I no, I mean the
0: publication. Was he around then?
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I think so. I think wow. like 40s or 50s. I'm pretty, I think.
0: Gee, you know um, what? I didn't even know that that was a, um, uh, I don't think I've ever read a, I, I definitely know him from the cartoon show because he was really good in the Just League cartoon. But I don't think I've ever read a comic with him in it that I can remember. No,
1: there's not that many. Um, there's a great, um, uh, I've actually got these, uh, no, I think we did do the issues because I own them is when he beats like the Justice League of like earth one and earth two. Cool. Um, That's cool. Uh, and th- there's been a couple and is he, I'd love for, you know what Superman is, is lacking a little bit in the villains department. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, other than Lex Luthor, Brainiac, Parasite. And, like dark side, Bizarro. you know, Doomsday? Yeah, but I mean like like something on like the level of the ultra Humanite. I just liked you know what throwing I mean? names at you there. <laughs> Toy Man. I just don't remember he's Yeah, he's man. got villains, he doesn't have great villains. He doesn't has oh. he does not have as many memorable villains as they oh, I just remember one or- man I love
0: Terraman. don't you fucking yeah, know, love that Terraman?
1: Be, yeah, but Dave, you might be the only person who actually fucking remembers Terraman. Man. I love like Terraman, dude. Lobo, I, I just, I love, I'd love to see him be elevated as more of a, a threat character. Who, you know Terraman I mean? like, or Ultra Humanite? No, I mean, Ultra Humanite man.
0: I think Ultra Human like. I only know him from the cartoon where they did him really well. I think Ultra Humanite... Yeah. He, I think you
1: know, they have used him in the books, just not well. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like a one-issue one, one issue story or two-issue and, you know, he just gets his ass handed to him. I want to see him elevated to an actual, like, threat.
0: I could see him playing a big role. Um, well, you've got a job, haven't you? For next week, you're picking an Ultra Humanite issue for flashbacks, Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, I want to find, uh, I want to find a, a, a a flashback issue.
0: Yeah, of... is just find one. We've both got DC Infinite, and um, we've got access to the internet. I'm sure we
1: can yeah. track it down. Oh, yeah, he actually was a recurring villain for Superman when he was first introduced, if I remember. Well, and then he kind of became a Justice, like, over the years, he kind of became, like, a Justice Society kind okay. of villain.
0: And I haven't read a lot of that. Actually, the only Just Society I've read was Jeff yeah. Johns. So.
1: First appearance, 1939. Wow. Really? Yeah. But not in the ape form. Right. As a war criminal. Uh, the ultra humanite, as I said, he was originally a scientist and he could put his brain uh, into other people's bodies. He could, like, remove their brain. And, I can do and- that. I can do that.
0: It's actually pretty cool. You know, I get in there and do crazy shit and then I just leave.
1: And actually he was the the he was the villain in that wonderful Elseworlds book um uh, Golden Age.
0: Oh, was he? Wow. Well, there you go. I have yeah. read him. I just don't remember it because I read that book about 30 years ago. Well,
1: in that one he's not in the ape form. He's he's oh. in the body of a superhero. Like he took the body of a superhero and, and basically was like work, like defeating them from the inside like like you know kind of right. like Right. But uh, his normal model.
0: form these days is
1: uh the ape. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what he's more famous for. Like, um, is that sort of ape body?
0: Well, all right. Well, you've made your point. You want more ultra humanite,
1: Basically, I'd love that. I'd love you to must have been a happy a real... fucking clam
0: when he was in Just League cartoon, then, because he was all three. He was in that heaps.
1: No, he wasn't.
0: Ultrahumanite has quite a lot of of episodes. I remember them because I watched them. You're
1: thinking of Gorilla Grodd, mate?
0: No, I'm not, man. Ultrahumanite has several episodes in Just League. Because he's in the prison, and he likes classical music. I remember well. He's and he watches the TV. He he's a member of the.
1: Yeah, American. I remember it being in like one, but Gorilla Grodd is the is in mm. most of it. Maybe, like, I've, like, just maybe, it maybe I've just watched the one Maybe I've just. He definitely the... was in one, like one episode. Wow.
0: Maybe I've just seen that like a few times because I I know Gorilla Grodd was in it as well. But no, I I I I know exactly who Ultra Humanite is just from that cartoon. So. That's interesting. Anyway. Well, I mean, you've, you've said it, Rich. I mean, you've, you've yeah. put it out there. No, yeah, the he had
1: it. a story arc. I remember that. And then, yeah, and then I remember the one that you are talking about where, like, Lex, he Lex and him are in prison. Yes, And he, yes. he kind of wants Lex to shut up. Yeah. Or was that he, No, I think that it could be the story arc. But I think that's the only one. Well, it was a good one, you know? No, no, it was it was hilarious, yeah. He's like, shut up, Lex. It's, <laughs> a,
0: it's a good one, man. And he has kind of like a posh voice remember yeah and, and
1: basically a uh, uh, batman convinces him to like betray them so that he can get better accommodations or, exactly. or better it's a collection, of, collection in the of music
0: or videos or v- films or something like it's like it's like yeah. something fancy like you know um yeah he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, that was that was good. Well, we yeah. had some news. Uh, Arowana Media Holdings have obtained the film TV rights to Mike Barron's Biker, Bad Road Rising series. Ooh. And they've also licensed Vampirilla from Dynamite. Um, I just want to say that Mike Barron's Biker series is excellent. I've read them all. Um, Mike Barron's a great friend of the show, and we are super happy for Mike. Um, that, you know, yeah, these people are, are, are interested in his product. I mean, Biker is a great series. If you like, um, like hard-boiled detective, uh, road warrior kind of stuff, like literally a private investigator on a bike, you know, um, biker, um, It's it, and fun, if you if you liked Mike Barron's Punisher series, if you like Chuck Dixon's Leave On Cade series, check out Mike, Mike Barron's Biker series, the books. There's, there's at least... Oh, I would say six or seven out there at least. Um, they're good stuff, yeah. No, and Mike, mm. great friend of the show, and um, you know, yeah, he's always oh, that's he's a Great history. guy, yeah. So it's fantastic. Um, and they plan the company plans to develop um them into movies and TV shows, so it's fantastic. Now, Richard, you've got something here about Scooby Doo. What's going on?
1: Um, yeah, so um, I've got a bit of a um uh, a story. Uh, I th- I thought you might. <laughs> find this interesting because it's, it's that sort of chat about... It's that discussion about AI and all that. Oh. Um, so this young up-and-coming sort of animator, right? So he's studying animation and he wants to sort of break into the industry. He basically created like a fan film oh. of Scooby-Doo uh, and Five Nights at Freddy's, right? And he's done it in the vein of... Um, stop motion animation uh like the like they did with the like the rudolph and the christmas stuff and all that what was the um
0: the Polar express the company
1: that did that? no 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 the stop motion um christmas rudolph stuff and all that um i don't know but it, uh, baskin, uh, baskin and no something robin and yeah. i don't know anyway those old old like fucking 1950s yeah, yeah stop motion christmas stuff and all that he's done it in the vein of that but what he did was, because he's only 23 years old, and he's doing it as just like a project for his sort of demo reel. Right. Uh, and to show his work, he basically, to yeah. to make it authentic, um, just used like an AI program to generate the the, the character's voices.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And this got in the crosses of Gray uh, Deliza, I think her name is, who is uh-huh. a very big... Um, <laughs> Uh, voice uh, actress. I mean, she's done oh, Catwoman right. in the Arkham games. Okay, right. She's, you know, she's done a lot of the Justice League stuff. She's uh, okay. Simpsons. I think she does the voice of what's that smart kid that always gets picked on? Milton? Yeah. No, 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 no. The the, the actual smart kid, the, I don't the know. chubby one with the orangey hair. Yeah, you probably know the one. You know. I
0: know the character, I don't know his name. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, the, the big nerd in the class who everyone hates because he wants more work and all that. Anyway, right. put it this way. She's done literally thousands of voices, right? Okay. So she's a big sort of thing. Now, her voice isn't the one that was actually being used. I think she thought it was. Right. It was actually the original Daphne, because she does Daphne in in some of the um, later... Oh,
0: so he took the AI of the actual voices. So he did to... the AI,
1: like, he basically, like, like they do for Luke and all that sort of shit in those Disney movies. Now, yeah. I want you to keep in mind, he's not making any money off of say, he's this. Guy, money... he
0: wouldn't be making any cash off this no. at all,
1: would he? he? Well, he can't make cash, because otherwise Warner Brothers and if all that would fucking at existence. sue him. Yeah. So he's doing it again. He did it. For a demo, for like a reel, to show his talent yeah. Yeah. and skill to get a job as an animator, right? And uh. not monetized, making zero money. She has literally been attacking him online, really? threatening to blacklist him to make sure that he never works because he's stealing voices and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, Jesus. see, now this is the problem, I think, with a lot of older people, because <laughs> she's 49 years old, um, where they don't, they, under, they all they know is AI is a danger, right? AI is going to take my job. But they don't realize that, and this is my opinion, you're fighting the wrong battle. I do agree with you. A company should not be able to make money off your voice, right? So if they were to do a new Scooby-Doo cartoon, and they were like, well, we've got plenty of your voice. We can just do AI. We don't have to pay you. Mm. Then yes, that is a battle you should fight and say, no, you're using my voice, whatever. But not some fucking 23-year-old who's doing a demo reel yeah. and just wants it to sound authentic because he wants to show off his work. Like, that's not the fucking guy that you attack yeah. and try and get blacklisted and fight and turn everyone again. Now, to yeah. be fair, I mean, there's some people that got her back and there are other people like me who say, listen, we understand what you're saying and to an extent you have a point, but this is not the heel. Like, this yeah, is not the a, arena it, that you well, do it's that it's almost battle. like the
0: wrong target, you know. You, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Sort of, right sort of sentiment. I'm behind her with the sentiment, yeah. but... Now, hey, go, what's go funny that is that she's
1: put, she's put more eyeballs on the kid now as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It was a pretty popular thing, and she's now just made it even bigger news. Um, I do I, I, I almost don't get what
0: she's complaining about because he's not monetizing it, so she's not losing it yeah. at all. You know.
1: Well, that's my point. I understand. I, look, I do understand. I, I, I certainly, and I and I do think it's going to come down to to fighting big companies who want to screw you yeah. and not pay you. Po-
0: but I just I don't, do Disney. They've oh yeah, Disney Warner Brothers. It, it doesn't yeah. matter if yeah. if
1: they somehow can find a loophole <laughs> to use your voice or your likeness <laughs> and not pay you. You know they're gonna fucking go for it. Like yeah. let's let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, um, 100%. I percent don't think that's yeah. I just I just think the I I think she I, she needs to educate herself on like what AI is and well, it
0: sounds like she went what, off a bit half cocked, you know.
1: And I think some people have said to her, look, maybe you need to just stop. Like take a breath. You 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 you're kind of like making yeah. this. Worse than it is, and you're making yourself look better. She's just like double, triple down.
0: Well, they do that, the and she's just calling though. him well, like a
1: thief and all that sort of stuff. Well, and she was like,
0: comparing it to assault,
1: apparently. Yeah, and I'm like you, poor thing. You, you, you just don't know.
0: Well, <laughs> you know the the thing is, I do agree with her sentiment, but she's only, she's she's targeting mm. the wrong person. Hey, target the big fucking corporates who are doing it right now.
1: You know, and, and you know what, I, rec- I, I recommend to anyone who hasn't watched it go on YouTube and look for the. Mm. Look! Look! Look for the video and and, and give him a like. Because yeah. <laughs> it's actually really good. Like he did it all by himself. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, this is one one kid, one twenty three year old. Yeah, uh, creating this thing uh, as homage to like old stop motion animation. Right. So he should be, to me, he should be applauded for the skill that he's showing. Not not demonized because he fucking used AI voices for his demo reel.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, she needs to calm down. Um, yeah, that, that is funny. You know, something I was um, reading this week. I've been going back and reading some old Supermans because I've I put an order down for that Superman Silver Age Omnibus. I made the decision that I'm going to collect the Silver Age Omnibuses of, of Superman and Batman last week, and I ordered the Batman. And Superman's coming out in December. I was reading some old Supermans. Superman. Superman One Six Two. It was Superman Red and Blue. Rich, the original story. Mm. back in the day, and it ends with a triple wedding with, um, I forget which one, one Superman marries Lana. A triple wedding? Yeah, one Superman marries Lana, one Superman yeah. marries, Lois, marries and then, Lois, and then Jimmy, at the venue, d- gets married to Lois's sister. Um, who oh,
1: is it? Uh, oh, okay. I do remember the two Supermans. I didn't remember the Jimmy. Yeah,
0: they make it a triple wedding on the last page. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, actually. Um, but what a lot of fun those those are. Because I was I, – I really like those Silver Age stories. I know that they're hokey and corny and stuff, but, oh, there's no, a lot of, lot of fun there as well. You know, like there's a hell of a lot of fun, and I read them late at night.
1: Oh, back in the day when they did non-continuity better than what they do today. Oh, yeah,
0: totally. But like, I read them late at night when I'm just about to go to bed, sleep, and I find them super relaxing, like, they're just, they're fun reads, you know what I mean? And like, they're very inventive, like, they're not boring, they're inventive, crazy shit's happening, it all gets resolved in the issue, I just think it's just, I don't know, I just, I wonder why sometimes, I know they did do in the 90s and early 2000s, sort of, taking some of those stories and redoing them and not making them more adults per se, but making them a bit deeper and maybe instead of one issue, doing two issues. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I just think that there's so many great concepts and, and payoffs in those stories. Like, they they do have a formula that works and, I mean, like, dude, if the best they've got at DC right now is some fucking guys having giving nightmares to everyone, like, honestly, that's it? Like you like it's almost embarrassing.
1: Well, look, it can be cool, but it just, as I said, it just doesn't feel like an event.
0: It Feels lame as fuck. You, know,
1: you know what I mean? It just like it, yeah, <laughs> having a nightmare creature come and and maybe like take over the world, and you know everyone's trapped in a nightmare. Sure, that could be fun, but it just doesn't feel like a no, it's, an event. It, feels it just like feels like, like small spinning your wheels.
0: Yeah, it does. It feels super fucking small time, man. Um, I'm also, my Lobo action figures, I meant to mention them last week, um, I've got one of them up on my, I took them out of the box, um, the McFarlane one I think it is, yeah, because I've got the Injustice one, which is still packed with all this, our stuff, but I got the McFarlane, um, uh, Lobo multiverse, put up on the. Put it up on the, um, just the sill. he's sitting alongside Venom and uh, Doctor Who, Tom Baker, you know. What nice. what a fucking threesome those two are those three are.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, a weird freaky threesome.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I've also this is funny, man. Like, so I was my my Lobo um, fragpendium has arrived. It's at work. I'm picking it up this week. And I went back and I found a, a website because I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to um work out where Lobo turned up in the Just League of a you know the um justly international you know the yeah, books. So. yeah i knew we'd had a conversation and i was like he's on the front cover of my fucking omnibus like is there all these episodes i'm missing and then i went look through the chronology he's hardly in it and in fact is well, he's he's he's,
1: what well, he's not technically in it he doesn't he's not yeah, part of the justice i League thought there
0: like was that. a period of time where he got in it and i was suckered in by the fucking packaging on the omnibus where he was on the front cover and um, <laughs> and I realised I'd already read those issues, and I was like, "Man, totally suckered." And and, and it's not
1: even the Lobo that you are familiar with either. Okay. It's it's not the big hulking um, uh, uh, Lobo. He's he's the original kind of um, smaller Lobo. Yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, so I, I realised that, and I wasn't happy. But then I noticed that he was in the Demon uh, by which was by Alan Grant. Now. I'll be honest. I've always hated the demon, and but that said, I've hardly ever read it. You know what I mean? But I just, I, I, I just never really get it. Anyway, so I went, and I, I sort of, sort of like him, but I'd never really got him. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, you know what an Alan Grant fan I am. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's in Lobo's in this. He's in two. There's two arcs with Lobo. So. I thought, okay, I'll go and get these issues. So I went and got all the issues of the demon. And then I read, like, it's like, it's like issue 11 to 15 is the first arc. Put it, read it, and I was like, man, this is really good. And, and it, was, it went beyond just Lobo. I was like, man, I'm really, really enjoying this storyline. And Alan Grant converted me into giving a shit about not just the demon, but Jason Blood. And I've actually – I'm now reading the whole series. And it was the great moment where you – they actually make fun of it in the letters column, saying to people, if you've come for the Lobo, stick around for the story. And I was like – I mean, look, I wasn't that surprised because Alan Grant's one of my favorite all old-time writers, but I've just never really got the demon. You know, I've just never really sort of jived with him. I've just I – mean, that's a shame. I love the demon. Well, uh, yeah, and – but I've never given him much of a chance either. But in mm. the right hands, I was like, oh, yeah, because I've read enough DC to – I understand the demon. You know, I get it. Like, you know, I understand it, but I've just never really, really liked it. But I've got to say this, Richard. If you've never read Alan Grant's Demon Run, and he, he does about 35 issues and the Garth Ennis then comes on, um, it's really good. It really is very good, actually, I would say. In fact – it's right up there with his Batman, which he was doing. Like, it's not really a surprise. It's Alan Grant. It's in the 90s. He's writing all that Batman. I mean, he's in the prime of his powers. But I love it when... And it, the artwork is um, Val semiax who we had on the show. Okay. So he's the artist. Mm-hmm. So he's good as well. And just the whole package, all I can say is I love it when... I, you know, you've done it before where you go, this character, and famously Booster Gold. I always hated Booster Gold. And then eventually one day <laughs> I read it, and I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Um, this was – I'd read a lot more Demon over the years. So I was a bit more like, I'm not going to like this. Like, I'm only reading this for Lobo. And, then I, and Lobo was only a minor character in this first arc anyway. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm really digging – he does a lot of stuff around – it's the. St- it's not even really the demon. It's the story that, in the world, he's building and everything. Like, it's a lot. Of, it's. I thought it was going to be played more for laughs than it is. There is definitely laughs in it, because um, that's Alan Grant's style. But there's actually a cool story. So all I can say is, I was really impressed, and I am now reading it. I'm going to read his whole run. I've read about half. I read about half of it last weekend, or while well, I was on leave. Actually, I read. I re- literally read about half of it in one day. Seriously, because I was like really in, engrossed in the storyline. So that's my advice to you, Rich. Uh, check out Alan Grant's Demon Run. It's about 34 issues, I believe, before Garth Ennis takes over.
1: I may have actually read it. Mm. Um, well, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, because I, I, I love I love the demon. And I love the writers that can do the demon and do his rhyming because I, I take my hat off to any writer mm. who can do the demon and actually have him rhyming the whole time. Um, well, Alan Grant does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 and that's what I say. like, it, it's, he's such a hard character to get because some, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, some writers can write bizarro and some can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like some writers, they can just nail his sort of, like, reverse speak. Yeah. And make, make sense, and others just struggle, and they don't, you know what I mean? And I just go, Demon is, you need to be a skilled writer, like, you, you need the talent to be able to write. And I guess that's why it's a character that's been hard to... To nail down and get because not every writer can do him, unfortunately. So. I, no, I, love the, I love the demon.
0: I now understand him more. I, I I get him more now. Yeah, having read these issues, I kind of understand the pitch a bit better than I did. Firstly, I didn't realise he came from Merlin's time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that um, was used to me. Yeah. <laughs> so you, the Adam Grant talking one you're talking about that that's not the one with Batman, right?
0: Um, no. Do You know, Alan
1: Grant has a uh, Batman and Demon.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's a that's a one shot he did around the same time. But no, this yeah, is the okay, actual so that... ongoing.
1: Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's the ongoing one. Okay, yeah, I'll check it. out. I may have seen it, but I will definitely still check it out.
0: Check it out, man. It's it's good. Look, I, look, I'm enjoying it. You know, and and by the way, I'm a huge Alan Grant fan and love his Batman stuff. It's very much like that. He's it's it's kind of got really got his flavor in it. I I really I, I dig it. Mm. Um, no, because.
1: I know that uh, Val drew demon and, and I remember that's the demon I used to um that, that I used to read. Um, and again, I, I guess I also love the demon because again, it was another creation of Jack Kirby.
0: Well, that I didn't um, know as well. I think that came up in our interview with us. I was like, really? Cause has... I, I, I mean, I'm such an idiot. I didn't even realize, I thought the demon was created like in the nineties or something. And, um, <laughs> but well, like, I just, but, but some of this stuff, I just don't know. You know what I mean? Like I'd never been a Jack mm. Kirby expert or anything. So I, I, I did not know that he'd been around that long. I, I honestly thought the demon was like a nineties character
1: um no, no but that's why i do i i i love dc so much is it's just um and 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 look i love all the marvel too you know back in the day of your Ditkas and your, sure. your kirbys and all that but one of the reasons i love dc so much is just that they have such a such a rich like weird history sure of characters that they've acquired <laughs> over the years you know what i mean like even the charlton stuff and you know the weird stuff and all that. I just, I just love how rich the tapestries oh, are. Yeah. No, this I totally, old, fucking weird shit. Like, I love it.
0: I agree, and I and I think some of it's ripe for, um, you know, refreshing. You know, and bringing out of the closet and dusting them off, and some of these concepts, uh, they can certainly still flourish now. Yeah, no, for, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, for sure. All I will say is this. If you've ever doubted, if you, like, if you want a good Alan Grant story that's off the beaten track, that's in the DC universe, but very much its own thing, this this is a really good example. And I think, you know, it's not particularly well-known. Uh, and the artwork by Val Cimex is very good as well and really adds to it. Now, Richard, it's finally your chance to shine, my friend. Uh, I believe um, you, went with, you went with Alicia and saw Barbie yeah um... now I want your review and I want her review so come on what did what did, give me I guess your no give me her thoughts first but please what had it what did you go for the think of this
1: um she was kind of tossing up between a 6.5 and a seven um she did enjoy it she wanted to enjoy it a lot more than she did um but um she got uh she was a little bit disappointed um probably from the halfway point Mm. um onwards um okay so she didn't love it she she didn't mind it but didn't love it Uh, yeah yeah um so yeah so i got her uh Review before I gave my, you know, I didn't, mm. I don't want to, um, influence her and all that, but, um, one thing you've got to understand about Alicia, she's very girly. Okay. Mm. She loves pink. She loves girly things. She loves frilly things. <laughs> and, um, when you, when you have a movie where, um, by the end of the movie, Barbie is dressed in like grandma, uh, you know, uh, mom jeans and hipster Jesus sandals and it's like this really a little, like cool. brown jacket, like looking very mundane, right? And very like not too feminine. She For was sure. just like, I don't like that at all. She really got turned off by that. Um, and yeah, she just didn't like some of the the like they call her they call Marga Robbie's Barbie, stereotypical Barbie.
0: Yeah, that's what my sister uh, said. Yeah,
1: which she did not like at all. She was like it sounds so insulting. It yeah. sounds like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Why, and, and she made a good point. She was like, why couldn't she be called like classic Barbie or yeah. original Barbie or something like that? And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. It, stereotypical Barbie does sound like she's wrong. She's mm. the worst Barbie because she's like old values or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she, she wanted to enjoy the movie, um, but she, she didn't walk away going like, Oh, I loved it or something like that. No. I think she was leaning more towards a 6.5. Because she was like, oh, I guess it was a seven, I don't know, maybe 6.5. So, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say she probably is 6.57. We'll just say that. Mm. Um, me, I'm a little bit more critical, um, because I guess I just look at things more story based. Um, I actually didn't mind the movie, um, up until about the halfway point. Mm. Um, and then it just became this real, it became unfocused. There mm. were so many messages. And themes that this movie was trying to tackle at the same time that mm. I actually feel like they didn't nail any of them, right? Um, because it starts off pretty good, right? So it starts off Barbie in the in, in sort of in her world. Um, the only thing I didn't like, I'll say at the beginning, is Ken is called Barbie's boyfriend, right? Right. That's how he's always been sold. That's what it says on the box.
3: Sure.
2: But
1: obviously, because it's modern Barbie and modern world, he's pining for her, but she has no interest in him romantically. Right. Right. She's like, no, Ken, like, I don't see you that way. And it's like, but she's fucking called your boyfriend. Now, I don't mind them having a fake relationship and then, oh, by going to the real world, they learn that they're really not, like, they don't have any, like, deeper connections. I would have been fine with that. But instead, they just made him, like, this love, you know, forlorn puppy that just gets unrequitedly loved and, you know, he has to love her and she doesn't love Anyway, anything like that. But... The movie was fine, you know. She's in a Barbie land; everything's perfect. Then things start, start going wrong. She goes to the human world, and she's got to find the 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 the, the girl that is causing her these problems. You yeah. know, that's putting these like thoughts of death and all that sort of stuff into her head. Oh. She thinks it's this young girl. Turns out to be the mother. Blah blah blah. And so you'd think that they're going to go on this journey of like she's going to discover what it means to to like the real world and. How more difficult it is to be a human, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, and 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 life isn't perfect and all that sort of stuff. But no, not joking. As soon as she meets them, she basically takes them straight back to Barbie land. Right. And most of the movie is them in Barbie Land. But Ken has inad I won't say inadvertently, he came with her and he learns about patriarchy. Right. So he runs back to Barbie land and enslaves Barbie Land, basically, <laughs> creates a patriarchy, all the girls have been brainwashed. <laughs> to serve all the kens and all that sort of stuff yeah 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 it's a really like what the hell is happening (laughs) now like i thought the message was about the girl like the woman and and how despondent she is with her life well i wouldn't have expected that yeah 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 so again that's almost dropped you know what i mean that's like dropped completely and now they've got to unbrainwash the 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 girls and all that sort of stuff and what i find so funny right (laughs) this is how they unbrainwash them She goes on this long speech about how difficult it is to be a woman, right? She's like, you've got to be this and you've got to be that. And then it snaps him out of them. And they're like, oh, yes. Now I remember how difficult to be a woman. And I'm like, no, you don't. You live from Barbie land. Barbie land, Barbie rules. She's president. She's scientist. She's reporter. She's on the You don't. What she's saying to you would not resonate with you because you rule Barbie land. Oh. It's not difficult for you to be a woman in Barbie land. So why would that speech about how, the, but again, they wanted that speech in it. Oh. Do you know what I mean? And then from that, from, so basically from that point that they go back and you've got all these mixed messages of like now it sort of meant patriarchy bad and, you know, patriarchy ruins things. And then Barbie going like, I just want life to be perfect. And, oh. you know, understand then also she decides at the end, oh, I just want to be a human. I was like, you didn't get here. Like, at all, like you just you were juggling so many themes and 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 things that I, I don't feel like they nailed anything, I feel like they should have been they should have focused on a theme oh. and, and dedicated their time to doing that and I would have actually preferred they spend more time in the real world where she's more of a fish out of water oh. uh, because there's some funny things like when she in Barbie land nothing is real, right? Oh. So when she showers, no water comes out Right. When she drinks, there's nothing in the cup because it's all fake. It's all toys. Right. So how funny would it be someone now has to, like, learn to shower or learn to drink? Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, or learn to, like, you, sh- you never have to walk up and down stairs in Barbie land because girls, you know, pick up the Barbie and just poof, put them down, you know what I mean? Right. They don't make them walk downstairs. How funny would it be if she's like, what do you mean? What's stairs? Why am I not floating up? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they could have had way more fun... And if they were just focused on a story of what it means to be human mm. and how life isn't perfect, but you can still find joy mm. in life even though it's not perfect, and have like I just feel like if they, they focused went, on they that, they went in a different direction, which was oh no, They went in multiple different directions. That's wow. the problem. They they wanted that story, but then they also wanted the how hard it is to be a woman story. Then they also wanted to have the the men take over with patriarchy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like. And, and then they were having to keep having the digs at the the towel board for being all men somehow. Like they just they were juggling too many sure. um, things, which I, I feel hurted because honestly, up until the halfway point, I actually thought it could have been a really good, like, decent movie. Oh. Like up until the halfway point, I was almost like, oh, okay, I can see why people are liking this movie. But once it hit that halfway mark, I was just like, okay, now you've lost me. Now I do not understand why this movie is so popular. Oh. I don't. I don't get it, and it didn't have a satisfactory ending. Uh, I thought the ending was pretty. What's the end? Oh, she chooses to be human, and then it ends with her going to the gynecologist. Right. Okay. Right. Which again, it's a weird way to end a movie. Yeah. Um. But one thing I didn't, I didn't quite like is that like they didn't know if they wanted you to be sympathetic towards the Kens. Because yeah. in Barbie, the Kens are the second-class citizens. They have no power. Yeah, They have no sort of like agency. They're just there to which like is be good. Which fair We're enough for, for Ken. No, which I understand if them go, well, that's what it's like for women. And I go, oh, okay. So you're saying that this is an allegory for women. But then at the end, mm. when they do sort of thing and they decide, okay, things can't go back to the way it was. Mm. People need autonomy. One of the Kens turns around and says, could we have a position on the Supreme Court? Oh. Could could one can be so? Because there's like 15 girls, like 15 Barbies on the Supreme Court, and she's like, "No, sweetie, we'll give you a lower position." I was like, oh, oh, "Oh, that's not a good message." Like, oh, well. um, you know what I mean? Because. Is that supposed to be the... You know, I'm just saying, I didn't... I thought the messaging in this movie got pretty poor and pretty shit. Well, like, it sounds like um, it's fairly half fisted stuff. Like. It does. When you get to the halfway mark, it really becomes this very... But I will say this. I am not a Ryan Gosling fan, mm. right? I've never really enjoyed anything Ryan Gosling's been in. He literally saved this movie. Right. Ryan Gosling is legitimately the best thing in this movie. The funniest, best thing in this movie is Ryan Gosling.
3: Wow. Well, okay. So in amazing. fact, if he had
1: not been in it, I might not have enjoyed this movie. Like, from the off point, I might not have enjoyed it at all. So what are you giving it at 10, Rich? Me, I'm giving it a 5.5. 5. Okay.
0: Well, I think it's better than I expected, you know, from you. Look,
1: it's a very middle-of-the-road, for me, it's a very middle-of-the-road movie. I don't, don't quite understand the massive amount of...
0: You know, it's the highest um, grossing, I believe, WB... Um, domestic gross in the the states of all time Yeah, yeah,
1: it's the the most successful biggest movie yeah 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 again i understand that look sometimes movies are popular i mean again we've talked about this the transformers movies have made billions of dollars but they're not particularly that good
0: well i think (laughs) as well like let's face it barbie's been waiting a long time so there's a huge audience that have been you know waiting for this movie for a lot like there's generations of lovers of Barbie. So there's that as well. Like, it's, the, it's but obviously... I've this.
1: I I actually did think that I would have enjoyed the movie more when it first started. I was actually legitimately actually enjoying it. Mm. Um, uh, in, in kind of that first half, I was kind of like, okay, I get where they're going. You know, mm. I guess maybe that's my fault. I thought I knew where they were going mm. with the story. But then when they took that sort of, like, left turn, mm. and then I was just like, oh, no, nope, no, nope, I'm off.
0: Well, so far, 1.2 billion... Um, 541 in, in the States, 660 worldwide. I mean, it's a smash hit. Um, yeah, look, but no, look,
1: it's definitely... It's not a terrible movie. It's not one of those things like, oh, my God, it's such a bad movie. Mm. I just think it's a movie that could have, in my opinion, could have been a lot better if it, if if the focus of the movie was a lot tighter. Sure. Yeah, it's fair enough, man.
0: Um, I believe that... Um, they don't even have a contract with Margot Robbie or Ryan Gosling for Barbie Two. Um, well,
1: I'll, the thing, well, that's the thing. The way this movie ends doesn't really set itself up for a sequel. Right. Well, there is going to be one already. Yeah, yeah no, no, Not to say there won't be a sequel, mm. but the way this movie ends, mm. unless the next Barbie movie is a different Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. This is not set up for a sequel for Margot Robbie. Okay. All right. Well, I mean that would unless the me. sequel is Margot Robbie as a real human barbie in the real world like unless you do that i don't know how you make a sequel with margot robbie
0: yeah well uh, i think they will <laughs> i mean you know like oh, i mean you make
1: 1.2 billion dollars of course you're making a sequel yeah. but i'm just saying heaven, i i don't it's not exactly an easy sequel because i'm the way the movie ends i'm like i don't quite know how you you, you i would you think could easily put a sequel out her of it that makes le- sense
0: the level of her success in this role um would lend me to think that they'll cut a deal. I I think it would be a massive mistake to not have her. I think she's the face of it. But, yeah, I I hear what you're saying story-wise, but, look, you can write around that. Uh, Anyway.
1: No, uh, I'm I'm just saying they definitely didn't leave a door open, like an an easy door open for a sequel. Yeah, they paint themselves into a bit of a corner.
0: Mm. Um, Yeah, that's pretty funny, man. Um, My sister was saying there was some funny stuff with the pregnant Barbie and stuff.
1: Um Not funny. Just more like they're ashamed of that, or the cringe that they're like they made a toy that was pregnant.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And aren't they constantly like going between being pregnant and having the kid? Like, it, doesn't it happen like all the time and stuff for them and all this?
1: No, no. she's just there, and anytime someone sees it, they're like, "Ooh, ha, hey, ha, ha, forgot about you." Like, this <laughs> is more like that. No.
0: And then, what did you think of Weird Barbie? Because my sister was very fond of that.
1: Uh fine, I guess. Oh, you know, something I've realized, oh, well, I mean, I don't particularly find that chick funny. Um, I know she's from Saturnite Night Live. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, yeah. Ah, I mean, whatever. She's playing her weird wackiness. If you like that, then you'll like it. If you don't, then you won't. But one thing I've discovered, as I've gotten older, I find Will Ferrell less and less funny. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I thought the guy was, back in the day, he was hilarious, you know, Uh, original Anchorman, Talladega Nights. All that sort of stuff. He was hilarious. But as he's gotten older and I've gotten older, him doing that same shtick, I'm like, I don't find this funny anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, you've aged out a little bit, you know. I mean, yeah he,
1: but unfortunately it doesn't seem like he's aged out of that shtick like he's he hasn't well, i be, feel like he hasn't evolved that, 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 as is, a that is stick man like that's it like you know yeah but i mean even jim carrey kind of changed his stick or or, or um Slightly. you know uh, tried something a bit different <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i do find
0: will for funny but i do agree the actors look it's like adam sandler or something like it's he's got his thing and he's sticking to it you know I, I I find Wolf. We'll yeah, funny... No no
1: but even Adam Sandler has done a fair bit of um indie and um like uncut um, gems and stuff serious yeah. um, movies um, yeah. Cut Diamonds yeah. uh, Funny People mm. uh, Punch-Drunk Love like he's No 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 listen one yes. thing I say to Adam Sandler yes his comedy is stuck in that 90s mm. kind of humor but he at least uh, mixes it up with some like like even Oscar contender shit like
0: Yeah true True man, true, true, true. Anyway, so what is Will Ferrell? What does he play in the Barbie movie? What is it? What's oh, he's name?
1: the he's the Mattel CEO guy.
0: Oh, okay, right. And I can just imagine what he'd be
1: like. Yeah, okay. oh, it's very much like the guy in like sort of like, like yeah, it's just Will Ferrell being Will yeah, Ferrell. No, like, I can totally, you know. I can totally picture what he's playing. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, now I want to thank you, Rich. You sent me through a Superboy link on the YouTube. Mm. Um, I have very fond memories as a kid. They, the Superman cartoon show was on. It was from the 60s or something. And in the middle of it, they had the Superboy. So it was cut into the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as I was watching and I had such fond memories. And that's where my love of Superboy and crypto comes from. Um, I always used to yeah. love the fact, as a little kid, that Superman was like your dad kind of age. It was it a was like relatively old character. And then you had Superboy when he was younger. And I used to think it was really neat that they had the two different versions and it was the same character. I, I always, as a kid, that really impressed me and it still does. And and I was very resistant in the nineties at first when they said they're bringing Superboy back, but it's a different Superboy. I, I I must admit I really had one of those moments where like I couldn't get it, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like my Superboy was the original Superboy, which and in fairness, DC did that for a long time, like you know. What Super When did he debut in the fifties? Probably.
1: Um, uh, yeah, between the fifties and sixties, I think. And
0: he was certainly still going into the eighties. You know, like I mean, they they had the Paul Kupperberg was doing superhero comics and in all the Legion stories and stuff.
1: So well, they basically got rid of him, uh, obviously uh, with Crisis, yeah. um, because they wanted to. Um, yeah, fuck things uh, up. You know, I mean, they got rid of Supergirl, they got rid of Crypto, they got rid of Superboy because they wanted to sort of, again, reboot, restart. And, okay, um, have a guess. Um,
0: I've got here the first appearance of Superboy. Uh, have a guess what year? Have a guess.
1: 1959.
0: Then. It's earlier than that. It's 1945.
1: Oh, oh shit, wow.
0: Which is, which is the first Superboy stories were published as bi-monthly features in more fun comics. Uh, except for the origin story by Siegel, the issues were written by Don Cameron. So, man, he goes way back. Mm, you know? Okay. Yeah. So then you had obviously adventure comics. And yeah, if you think about it, I guess he was already going when the Legion came in. I'll be honest with
1: you, it's, it's hard for me because literally every comic that I, when I ever started reading comics, was literally read in the 90s. So, yeah. yeah. It's it's hard for me to picture when it, you know what I mean. No, Sometimes I you're like, unless you have the information in your head, you're like it because you can't feel when it came out because you weren't. Well, around if I had or, to guess, I would have, have really thought it was the it 80s. was
0: fifties. I would have said fifties. Uh, I'm surprised it's forty five. But there you go. Well,
1: I thought it was. The, I thought it was the sort of mid to late fifties because that's when they started sort of doing the Robin and yeah, and, and all that sort of thing. Um, no, Robin's early, man. Batman, well, no, Robin, no, no Batman but Robin was. started in the late forties, didn't he?
0: Oh, let's have a look. I, I reckon Robin was around by about 1941. Let's have a look. I don't know. I'm guessing. I, I'm guessing 41. I reckon. I reckon Robin was.
1: Yeah, but I know Superboy was because of Robin and all the um, yeah. uh, the success with the the sort of kid characters. That's why they eventually because they never wanted to do Superboy.
0: Yeah.
1: Really. Um, but really? yeah, yeah. So I, this I remember. They the Superboy was pitched and they didn't want to do it. Mm. Uh, but after the success of like Robin and the other sort of sidekick characters, mm. they were like, "Okay, let's do let's do Superboy." Like, yeah, um,
0: okay. well, Robin was around since nineteen forty-one because there's got here a picture of Robin on the cover yeah. of the Detective Comics. Yeah, okay, I, I
1: knew it was forties. I thought it was mid to late forties, but okay, earlier than that. Okay, but uh, yeah, Superboy is because of the success of the teenage characters.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Was um
1: Superboy? So you can thank Robin. Dick Grayson for oh I was
0: going to say with Superboy in the um, Teen Titans but I guess he's prior to that isn't he because he's back in well the- he's
1: he's super yeah he's Superman just having yeah. his adventures in in an alternate sort of yeah world of Smallville
0: yeah that's right man yeah we're getting it all sorted out now we're getting the time chart out and we're really getting somewhere now you brought up a very interesting
1: um YouTube oh, I right. just thought so you know something you know that Garth Ennis has also done a demon called uh Hell's Hitman <laughs> really yeah Garth Ennis and uh John McRae have done uh the demon Hell's Hitman yeah no
0: no that's after um so they inherit the run that Alan Grant starts when Alan Grant goes off Garth Ennis comes on
1: possibly but this is a volume one which means it was a reboot and restart
0: okay well okay but um, they, he also did do The Demon um from Alan Grant, but then maybe I think they may have relaunched it or something. But, yes. I think they
1: relaunched it because this one's called The Demon, Hell's Hitman. Yeah,
0: I, I think it's all connected. I, I think that because um, what happened is I think Gathenis comes on after Alan Grant, and then I think, as you say, they rebooted it to whatever that was and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's all around the same time is what I'm trying to say. Because uh, mm-hmm. don't forget they also did Hitman as well. You know, roughly at the same time, John McRae. And- well, that's
1: what I think they called he- this. Uh, health Hitman. I think yeah. they were trying to sort that's of yeah. capitalize. They're you know, like, oh, is Hitman. Oh yeah, Hitman. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Dude, I fucking love Hitman. But, but they call
1: it Synergy. I, I'm reading <laughs>
0: Hitman now, and honestly, I'm fucking loving it. You know, I am. I am. I am adoring. It. I don't know how... Well, we did I, the
1: first volume on the show already.
0: I know we did, man, but I'm going further. I don't know how I wasn't picking this up in the 90s, man, because if you knew me in the 90s, you just said, Dave, you need to be picking this up because it is for me, man, you
1: know? Hmm. It is a great... Do you like you it? Were, you were a Marvel boy in the 90s, weren't you?
0: Batman. yeah okay. Batman. I was... I Most of my um, comic book buying was Batman um, and uh, Green Lantern as well. Um, later in the 90s, but no Batman mostly, just Batman, uh, all those Batman events. that's what dragged me back into the comic book store. So it was it was Batman uh, centric, massively so. And it wasn't until the very late 90s when I moved to Sydney and had access to much better comic book stores that I really exploded out um, out of my comfort zone, you know, which was Batman. <laughs> 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 you know, and yeah, some some of all, but but no. When I when I when I got up to the bigger comic book stores, that's when I was really like, oh shit, there's just so much on offer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the comic book stores I went to down in Tassie, you could get all the Batman um, events, like all that Contagion and Nightfall and Cataclysm. I followed all that stuff, and I did also pick up um, Green Lantern, uh, Green Lantern, uh, Kyle Rayner. I, I hopped on that as well. So, you know, I was, uh, yeah, no, it was Batman mostly. That doesn't surprise you, doesn't Rich, that I was happy my Batman wallet. No, no, it doesn't surprise me <laughs> So, I, I, no, and also, um, Justice League, the, the, the Grant Morrison comic. I, 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 I religiously bought that. Uh, so I was Batman and that was my exception, Justice League. Okay. Um, so, cause I, cause I, cause I was such a Grant Morrison fan that I, that I got on board from the very start of that. Um, yeah, but that was later in the 90s like so from like 92 93 Batman 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 and then JLA and then I moved and then it was like much wider. I, I went wider because I was just like oh wow, there's all these other characters you know um to explore all these other all these other characters that aren't, that aren't so connected just to Gotham <laughs> <laughs> City. <laughs> but that's what's funny. If, I see I reckon if I'd known I probably didn't even know because I know there was internet, but I was also pretty busy. And, you know, um, the comic book store probably didn't carry Hitman. But if I'd known that Hitman was set in Gotham City and that Garth Ennis, who I did know from Judge Red, was writing him, I probably would have bought it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it's it's almost like a quirk of fate that I didn't. Um, But I can reveal now that um, the Hitman omnibus is coming out next year. Um, so they're definitely getting an omnibus. I think I reported as a compendium. It's going to be an omnibus. I think it's going to cover the entire Hitman run, um, I think, in in Hitman omnibus way. How many issues can an omnibus hold, Rich? Like,
1: Oh, that? shit. Um, Could
0: it, 60? Because that's how many issues of Hitman there are. Maybe that would take more than one omnibus.
1: No, no, no. I think an omnibus much. would probably be about...
0: 40? 30, oh, 40?
1: Um... Maybe yes. ooh, anywhere between 15 and 20, I would say. Okay.
0: Really? Okay, let's have a look here. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be 60. There's no way it could be 60.
1: Mm.
0: It's 1,136 1, pages. So I, I don't see here actual annou- – like that. They, they've announced how big it's going to be, but I don't – see an exact thing I'll
1: put it this way if you get a trade that's usually about four issues right mm-hmm. maybe four four to five so if you look at an omnibus you could probably fit about three or four trades in it mm. okay. maybe five
0: anyway well, the point of story no, is right. they're, they're getting
1: so an omnibus. 240 pages yeah i'd say about i don't know maybe like um maybe about four or five trades i would say yeah. is in a, for, is in
0: for, from what i know of um Omnibuses, because I own a fair share. Um, I, I reckon a 60, you know, issue set, which is there were 60 issues from memory of Hitman, I reckon that's two Omnibuses, you know? I I, I, mm. I reckon I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in saying you could fit them into two issues, because there's probably a little, a few extras as well, like I know they did Hitman and JLA, they did Hitman and Lobo, you'd think they'd wind up in the Omnibus as well, you know? It's a great fucking series, yeah. man. It's a great series.
1: I think Hitman would have to be at least probably two omnibuses, I would say.
0: Yeah. Oh, That's, I agree. I totally agree, Rich. We're, sp- we're speaking the same language here. It, a- be, it
1: could be three, but definitely has to be minimum of two. Wow. Man. You know, I'm,
0: I'm trying to get John McCrae on the show, actually. Um, it would be fantastic to get him, Rich. Artist. You know? John McRae. Mm. Get him on. I'd really be excited by that. So... Very nice guy, but I've heard him on Word Balloon. Lovely guy. Really nice. Funny. Uh, very self-deprecating considering his level of success. Nice guy. Great artist. Um, I'd love to get him on. Now, I want I want to turn this over to you, Rich. You brought up a very interesting YouTube video, which was the most popular superheroes from 2004 to 2021. How were they... Um, was it comic book sales? How are they defining that?
1: Um... Yeah, I think it was it was going tracking basically uh, up until we, we don't really track them as well anymore, but I think mm. it was going off um, sales. Like dumb and pre-orders if, and if, stuff, yeah. If I remember correctly. And what it was doing is just like if you notice – and what they did was they also showed you what movies – Yeah, 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 yeah. – came out in a particular year. Mm. So one thing obviously we noticed is that <laughs> the number one and number two spot was mainly fought between – uh oh actually to be fair the one two and three spot was pretty pretty evenly split between spider-man superman and batman mm. for at least uh a, a, about three years
0: yeah I and mean, then Spider-Man was,
1: yeah really and then after that it was literally spider-man was number one and then there was a bit of a back and forth between superman and batman mm. like the two of them were kind of just vying for the that number two spot mm. and then as some more time passed Then Batman now started challenging Spider-Man and Superman was sort of dwindling a little bit. And then as even more time out, you see Superman sort of falling in and out, in and out of that number three Mm. sort of um, spot. And then, yes, some characters would get a massive spike um, when a movie came out, like obviously when Batman came out or Superman. Mm. But one thing I found very interesting, there were some characters when their movies came out, um, didn't... So I'll give you an example. like Obviously, your Thors and your Captain Americas, they never really quite hit that number one. But they did did surge in those months. They had a blip of hit number one or or, or even number two or number three. So they had like a surge, but not many of them. Like Thor, I don't think hit number one. He maybe got to number three and then dropped back down. But it was a lot more than his
0: normal thing.
1: But what I found interesting was that um, according to this, Captain Marvel – The Carol Danvers, her movie came out and she shot to number one for a brief,
3: Mm.
1: you know, sort of couple of months. But you know who didn't hit the number one spot, even though he also had a billion dollar movie? Mm. Black Panther, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think that. What about Deadpool? I don't think Deadpool hit one. Yeah. Deadpool didn't hit the, never broke into the top three. I
0: was surprised actually by that until I thought about it a bit more. And I, you know what a Deadpool lover I am and all those comics I've mm-hmm. bought over the years. Since Jerry Duggan left the title, I don't think there's been any must-read Deadpool at all. It just feels like Deadpool... Oh, is ever. It... No, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, no, no. I honestly believe, I honestly believe that, that Deadpool has been poorly served by Marvel Comics during the Ryan Reynolds reign, it, which is so bizarre because they've had two huge movies and he's certainly a popular merchandising character and yet when i looked at that in um, you know, a chart he never really challenged for any kind of primis he did he did slowly you know but even he was always on the lower levels like i was surprised by that no i didn't expect him to be up there with spider-man but i was surprised he didn't do more runs to get up higher in the in the you know, in the in the charts, I was just surprised. But uh, but I thought to myself, when's the last time I really enjoyed a Deadpool comic? It's been years. It's been like five years, probably. It's been a long time. Jerry Duggan left the title, and I feel he he'd done his bit. He he said everything he had to say. He had a really good run. I, I think he he really he really left it in great shape. And I think Marvel, for some reason, just haven't given it the TLC, which is bizarre because. The character is a very mainstream character now, you know.
1: Um, well, look, I mean, it could be a case of similar to Punisher, where now that Marvel's owned by Disney, mm. maybe it's just a character that Disney doesn't really have an interest in and is not really not demanding that uh, Marvel push the character that much, like.
0: But it's weird because you know,
1: he, merchandising, they'd be raking it in.
0: I guarantee it.
1: You know. I uh, know. I mean, maybe. I mean. I don't know. I, well, as you saw by this, his sales never really. No, but I'm, talk- massive, I'm talking about it, I'm even talking when, about even when the t- came out,
0: t-shirts, you know, mugs, all the
1: paraphernalia, sure, and they do do that. You can certainly get. I mean, you have got tons of uh, uh, Deadpool merchandise. It's not like they're not making merchandise. I'm just saying, mm. I don't. Being more of an R-rated sort of character, mm. I, I just maybe Disney's like, look, you can do stuff with him, but just don't. We're not interested in like you know. Mm. Really pushing the character. Again, that could be Disney's fault. I'm not saying they're right in doing that. I'm saying that just could be something stupid that Disney does. Because they don't like characters like Deadpool and the Punisher and all that sort of stuff.
0: I think you're right. Now, it was interesting. Also, what it pointed to was just the sheer, I mean, obviously the sheer durability of both Batman and Spider-Man. But also, I was surprised that Spider-Man really... He was, if you're thinking in tennis terms, he was kind of the number one for more than Batman. Batman did occasionally, not occasionally, Batman did challenge him at times, but overall, Spider-Man was probably number one for 65% of the time. You know?
1: Yeah, it's only it's only been more recently, as we got closer to 21, mm. that that Spider-Man uh, and, and Batman, like, um, where Batman kind of had a little bit more run... In the number one before oh. Spider Man took it, um, uh, unless there was a Spider Man movie out. But yeah, one thing I found fascinating was just seeing how over the years, because it was what, what what did we say was about a it was two thousand four like, to t- to twenty twenty one. Yeah, so like um, it's like 16, 17 year period or whatever. Oh. Um, it's fascinating just how Superman has dropped. Oh. Um, yeah. As I said, at the start of that 2004, it's like, yeah, yeah, Spider Man's number one, but you know, right there is is Batman and Superman.
3: Mm.
1: And and you know, you know, and the, and the three of them are kind of like they're there constantly. Yeah. And then as time passes, um, Spider Man just kind of pulls away. Mm. Um and, and then sort of Batman and Superman are kind of like swapping, you know, it's like Batman, the Superman, the Batman, the Superman. And then again, as more time goes on, hmm. Batman's pulling away. From Superman, oh. and Superman is just like in that number three spot constantly. And then as time passes, Nelson like, oh no, Superman's four, and now five. Oh no, no, he's come back to three. Oh no, he's dropped down to four again. And I was like, oh wow, uh, you talk about Deadpool needing TLC. Oh. The fact that Superman oh. has fallen so far, where he is dropping out of the top three, like that doesn't pretty- surprise
0: me though, really.
1: Oh no, I'm not saying it's not surprising. It it shows you how. DC need to do something with Superman. Mm, well, yeah. Just like you say, Marvel has to do something with Deadpool. Like you've got a popular character and you're not utilizing him. They really need to do something with Superman.
0: Something good um, as well, not just like. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: not saying anything. I'm <laughs> bring saying,
0: bring over. To do I was thinking the other day. Um, yeah, they do, and I, I, I almost feel like. Uh, who's the writing Superman now? I don't even know. Is it Kenny Kenny Dale Johnson or whatever his name is? Or has or he left?
1: Is, is it Josh Williams? I don't know. He's writing everything, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, it
0: feels like he's writing everything. Um, I was thinking about well, Ben. I don't guess. think that
1: idiot Tom Taylor's writing the, the, That's the, right. the, the, the Sun one, yeah, but he's not writing the
0: main one. You can't tell me that Son of Superman book's doing that well either.
1: Well, I no, it we got cancelled. And then they've made it part of the. He's still managing to write it, but under the. <laughs> under what's it called? Superman.
0: Superman and Friends. Superman. Superman,
1: uh, Adventures of Superman, underneath small writing, John Ken.
0: Yeah. Just hanging on.
1: Just hanging on. You know, uh, Keep uh, me hanging um... on. <laughs> So, okay, I, I know. Look, I know that I have been enjoying. I'm not going to lie. I have been enjoying Wade's Build Finest. Um, sure. Oh yeah, it's not. Like, it's not like oh my god, like it's the best shit. But I'm like, at least it's readable, yeah, and it's enjoyable. And he does seem to love Superman. Sure. Uh, in fact, I enjoyed the most recent one where they were fighting uh, Amazo, mm. um, and and Metamorpho was in it, all that sort of stuff. I was like, yeah, see, now this feels like like a, like fun again. You know what I mean? It, I I feel like at least Wade's doing something that I can read. Not necessarily that I want to read, but if I want to get a Superman fix, sure, yeah, and read this to to at least feel like I'm getting some Superman. Mm. Um, But yeah, yeah, Williams. I'm pretty sure Williamson is writing Superman. I'm fucking. I'm Uh, look. I'm hundred percent sure he's writing. It's so funny
0: to me because you you know the Superman I'm reading. I, I I'm sampling a little bit of um. Uh, of the silver age, but I, I'm reading Carrie Bates Superman, which is starts in late silver age, which is where I'm starting. Cause I read all of mm-hmm. Mag Magan stuff. And I just love Carrie Bates Superman. And, and like, it, you know, I'm just like, I'm honestly that old guy. I'm just like, Oh my God, he's just so much <laughs> better then. you know, like, I don't know what it is. It's a combination of the stories and also the Kurt art. Yeah, that doesn't hurt the fucking Kurt Swan art. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Kurt Swan art. Like, is, yeah, like yeah,
0: that's yeah. a big fucking part of it.
1: But well, yeah. you, you know what's funny? I was thinking, uh, before you move on there. I was saying mm. we, I was talking to 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 Ronald and I said to him, uh, I, I paraphrase something that McFarlane said because mm. uh, we were talking about art, and um, he said, "I can sell a book drawn by Michelangelo." and written by my mother, mm. but I cannot sell a book written by Shakespeare but drawn by my mother. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, and I'll, I'll say this. I think sometimes what I love about the Silver Age is also the art. Oh, yeah. Like, it, as you say, even if the stories can be a bit silly and they can, you know, be a bit like sometimes, I would not say childish, but like innocent or, you know, a different time, that art sells it, though, man. That Kurt Swan art. Oh, yeah. You just... You you look at the page and you're like, I'm looking at Superman. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: I, I when in my head, when I think of Superman, it's Kurt Swan Superman I still think of in my in my head. Um, mm. In modern terms, I think of Ed McGinnis. Um, You know, as 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 my preference. You know, just my mm-hmm. visualization. But my actual Superman in my head is is Kurt Swan, and partly that's because when I was growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. I was watching that old Superman cartoons which were based off that kind of look you know that classic look
1: um i, I will say this i i do also quite like the, the, the i do have another um uh, the john burns superman is also um i, I do love john burns superman i'm sorry like i i do quite like that as cool. well i don't oh. think it's as good as swan but I do. I, I, I do also like. The like John
0: I also like Roger Stern's fucking Superman and and Louise Simonson's and all that stuff from the nineties. You know, and, and the artists they had hmm. then. Um, you know, they had some great artists then too. Rich, frankly, you know, and like if you oh, said,
1: the, look, Superman back in the day had great artists working on him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just such a again, it's such a shame that they've. Um,
0: I don't know what they've <laughs> where done. We are, where we are. I, I think part of it is. It's a mixture. Of, like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. But
1: we're, we're, I, I'm like, honest with you. The, I feel for me, right? And I know that I'm not putting the blame on him. Like he meant to do it, and all that sort of stuff. But I feel um, in the in the time when people were reading comics, I think Superman, uh, Batman beating the shit out of Superman, mm. and his portrayal in Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, oh, right. I think was. I think was a defining turning point for the Superman character. I think a lot of people sure that turned a lot of people off Superman, like his portrayal interpretation. of I hear that. I hear that. I, hear that King but King I, I,
0: will, I will say he had some good moments in that though, as well. Like as a reader, I remember, I remember being, I was probably 12 or 13, you know, and I read dark Knight returns for the first time. And I remember the feeling of excitement in those intro pages, where Superman's like stopping the train, he's like faster than a speeding bullet, and you're like, "Fuck, Superman's gonna be in this," you know. And mm. you had Superman standing there with the eagle on his shoulder. I was like, "This is fucking brilliant," you know. Yeah, he does get kicked around, but but Frank Miller actually loves Superman, you know. Um,
1: but I agree with you. That's it's no, definitely no, no, no. That's favorite. what I said. I'm not saying he did it on purpose. Like he was just telling a story an Elseworlds story. you know what I mean? He was oh. telling one of those standalone stories, oh. but it was just so influential. Yes. It was so, it, it kind of like, you know, it, it, you know, th- that story is what changed things for DC. Like sure. they made a lot of decisions based on it. And sure. unfortunately one of those things was Batman is better than Superman.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know no, I mean? Oh yeah. Batman, Batman definitely. Batman. Oh, de- yeah. He definitely put Superman in his place, you know, like
1: one more. And, and, I personally, I might actually rate him above Swan mm. because he's, it's also the look that, that um, kind of Christopher Reeve nailed. Mm. And, and that's uh, uh, um, uh, Jose Luis Garcia. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, he's, he's an all-time classic. I, was I gonna, love his Superman as well.
0: I was going to say, um, in terms of, like, classic look, um, you also had, uh, Wayne Boring was very, um, you know, that was a, he definitely had a, a real classic look and there was a guy called Shashenberger. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Are you familiar with this guy, Rich? Um, mm, I'm going you know, to, I'm no, gonna, not off the top of my head. Yeah. It's, he's a famous Superman artist. I'm going to find it. I think his name was Kurt Fashion or something. It's a, it's a, He's he, it's a classic, yeah. Kurt Shashengaga, um, yeah, he's a classic. He's a classic artist. Did a lot Supergirl as well. Um, he he was he was. I, I really go for the old school stuff, you know. Um, because I'm you know I'm an old person I'm trapped in the past. But um, yeah that that's that's an artist that I think of. Kurt, uh, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna send you it over because you'll you'll like it. He's classic. It's like sixties and seventies. You know what I mean? Into mm-hmm. into the early eighties. It's a classic look. I love it, and partly that's because I think I must have had access to you know older comics at times, and it's just how I always viewed Superman. You know, <laughs> like everyone's like he's so old fashioned, and I'm like, yeah, but I like that about him.
1: You know? <laughs> Can I be honest? With there's actually a reason why there's so many good looking supermen back in the day. Um, because I was just thinking, another one is also Jerry Ordway. But sure, um, and this actually, I know this for a fact. This actually upset um, Jack Kirby. Right, is they actually had someone else draw Superman's face when Jack Kirby was working on Superman and Jimmy Olsen and all that? Right, because you had to draw Superman a certain way. Right, like yeah. that was the 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 um, like the Cal DC. Style. Uh, house style was Superman had to look a particular way. Like the face and the hair had to look a particular way, which is probably why in, when you're talking about like your 60s, your 70s mm. and all that, um, he had such a very like, even though so many different guys drew him,
3: mm.
1: it was he, he looked the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe the body changed. Someone did him a bit more muscular. Someone did a bit more natural, but the face. Yeah. The face was always very like sort of Kurt Swan kind of, yeah, you know, as close to that as possible. So that's why, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's why um, there's just so many good Superman back in the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I like that. Like, you know, I, I get it probably pissed Jack Kirby off, but at the same time, uh, you know, that's that's a Superman that, that I dug. And, you know, we all have our um, we all have our sort of weaknesses. I, I always felt uh, when Seinfeld was really at its peak and Jerry Seinfeld was a big Superman fan oh that's right I forgot this actually Rich so in the 90s I also got massively into when I was still in Tassie I got massively into buying Superman and I bought the triangle titles for probably a good 18 months and as so as well as my Batman obsession I purely because Jerry Seinfeld got me interested in Superman and I was like yeah I've got to check this Superman out like more you know like and I started buying it and I really enjoyed them you know, like that I what I liked about them was that they were just plain old fun, you know? And um, so I purchased them for about eighteen months and that's right, I, I and I really liked the artwork in most of them. You know, they had um what's that guy? He 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 drew Superman with the really long mullet. He's he's like the fame one of the big nineties artists, John. Oh, you
1: mean Dan Jergens?
0: Not Dan Jergens as another guy. Go- oh, oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know why you've got him, he also did um he 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 did the Superboy book.
0: It's like John Rogan, uh, or something. Like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! I'm gonna remember his name later, but I know the guy you're talking about. Yes, yeah. I love his art as well.
0: Yeah, see, I really, I really dug that. And because you know, I I was working as I was like by this stage, um, John Bogdenove is is the guy's name and i he he was i really like his artwork um at the time um that 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 90s superman I, I i dug it you know i i dug that period of 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 time and yeah no I, I he's a great character i mean like i it's almost to me like no matter what dc do they can't really break him you know what i mean like they can fuck around with him you can get idiots like Benders come on with
1: their bullshit but yeah. No, you, you, yeah. I agree with you. You can't necessarily break him, but you can damage his... Lustre. His, yeah, his power, like his mm. his pull power or something, because people are like, oh, 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 this man's a bit lame. I'm not going to fucking buy or whatever. So, yeah. Don't
0: you find, like, because I was one of those people, I, I'll be honest, like, you know, in the mid-80s, when I read Dark Knight Returns, after I'd finished it, I was like, man, Batman really shows Superman who's boss. He showed that little bit. You know, and then I was like, hold on, slow down, Dave. You actually love Superman. (laughs) You know, but once you embrace it, don't you find some of the kind of corniness and old-fashioned values is kind of part of the appeal? I do. You know, like, it's like, that's kind of part of the appeal of Superman, that he's old school and old-fashioned and stuff. Like, I don't...
1: Yeah, I listen, I, 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 I think you might be talking about Tom Grummet. Right, okay.
0: Yeah, well. Uh, he
1: he did do, he, he was working at the time when they were doing um, Death of Superman, Return sure. of Superman. He started drawing the Superboy book, mm. but, uh, the Clone Superboy and all that sort of stuff. I, I think the guy you're talking about who, who did a very good Superman and also did around about the time of the mullet as well. Dude, yeah. Um, What's his name? Tom Grummet. Uh, Tom Grummet. I, 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 I remember the cool name. What are you thinking of?
0: I remember the name.
1: Um, so I know the artist. I love that guy's art as well. I think he did a fantastic Superman. Yeah, he did a very good. I'm looking at it now. He did
0: a very good Superman. Yeah, he did. He did a fantastic Superman. I'm looking at it right now. I he gave me that
1: hairstyle. He made him look like yeah. yeah that, that looks like Superman.
0: That's bringing me right back to that that period when I was when I was into it all. Yeah, no, but but like I, I'm just making that point before we move off Superman. It's 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 kind of like that sequence in Avengers where someone's like, um, you know, it's time for a bit of old-fashioned. And, you know, don't you remember, it was like, someone said that about Captain America, and that's how I feel about Superman. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a bit old-fashioned. You know, those values and stuff, like, it's part of the appeal of the character, you know? Like, he is kind of, not just, you know, oh, he's the best of the best, but also he stands for something, and, like, he's a cool character, and, you know...
1: can I, can I just say something I've I've actually been giving this a lot of thought um because I have also myself I've been reading a lot of Superman mm. and and stuff and all that um and and I would even admit this given it some time I think it also as much as I love the um the Christopher Reeve Superman and all that mm. I think the biggest problem that people have with writing Superman or or why people I in my opinion misunderstand Superman mm. is Because they think Superman is this, like, perfect guy who says the right thing and he's all like, hello, citizen, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) well, Lois, ha, 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 milk and cookies, you know what I mean? They think that that's how Superman talks, but he doesn't because at the end of the day, Superman is human, right? And that's why even if you look in those old uh, golden age, Superman just spoke like a, a regular person. Sure. He had bluster, he got worried, he got, you know what I mean? He didn't put on this air of like, ha ha, I'm infallible, I always do the right thing. No. And he got petty, he got jealous. Superman is a real person. You actually need to write him like a real person and not some goody two-shoe boy scout who always is there to say the right thing and 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 talk about morals and shit. He's a, farm, he's a Kansas farm boy. Sure like just write him like a, a a person who speaks like a normal person to people Do you know what yeah. i mean that doesn't try to put on this air of of like uh, righteousness or sure. you know morality just write him as a regular person who just happens to be fucking powerful yeah yeah like, i mean that's, that's i think it's the biggest mistake that people make with superman is they try and make him this stands for something guy when He's just a guy, man. He's a farm boy from Kansas mm. who wants to do right and and help people. You can still write him that he talks like a normal person.
0: Sure, I mean, yeah, he does. I mean, if you read that old Bronze Age stuff, I mean, he 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 his thoughts and stuff are, are human.
1: You know, like, yeah, but even the, like the way he talks to people, like yeah. it's it's yeah. human. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he'd be like, "Not this time, Lex. Yeah, you're, you're not. You know, you're not that smart. Of me. Like, you know, he doesn't talk like, yeah." Like some guy who 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 can't show emotion or, no. or, or or show stuff, and I think that's I think that's why some people have failed and why some people don't understand or that's their view of Superman. Mm-hmm. So when you ask like a regular person what what is Superman, Oh, he's just this hey citizen, don't litter. Like they sure. think that's Superman, yeah. and it's like it could be that's further from Superman. the
0: truth. That's not Superman. He's almost a um, at least in my reading there's two versions but one is almost like an everyman he has a really good heart I think is 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 probably the the best way to describe him you know like on top of all the powers and everything he is a good-hearted person you know but he's not a god and shouldn't and I and I don't like that interpretation when he's shown as kind of one like Yeah, it's – I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. You you take out, like, Peter Parker's neurosis and you kind of have the character, you know? Like, Peter Parker is a good character, but he has a lot of neurosis. Superman doesn't actually have the neurosis,
1: Mm. but he's a good person. One of the best lines in the Justice League movie, which unfortunately they just didn't really capitalize or even really portray that well, is when Batman says – like he's the most human of us all. Mm. And I was like, Yes. Yeah. Like that's how he should be. Yeah. Like he should be more human. He shouldn't S- be. Sadly there story. was that, there
0: was only a fucking few little scraps to like about that. No, movie. I know, but <laughs> that's what I said.
1: That line is actually brilliant, <laughs> but they didn't pay it in the movie. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. Yeah, I agree. I don't disagree with you. No, there's a lot to like and I guess the thing is, you know, um, I just feel maybe I'm being harsh because maybe I don't haven't given him much of a chance since the nineties, but I just honestly far prefer him in the past. I just it's almost like D C just haven't hit the sweet spot for me in a long time with him. Uh, I mm-hmm. tell you who did a great fucking run was Greg Rucker. In the late '90s, around the same time he was doing Wonder Woman, well, exactly the same time, he did a great run. It's about twenty issues in Adventures of Superman. It's fantastic. Now I'm sure that since then there have been little runs that have been good. Like, for example, Jeff Johns's run, I think it was
1: pretty good. I think it was too short, but it was pretty good. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, you, I, I bring up the Jeff Johns one because I love the one issue where because he was fighting brainiac and saving kendall his dad died yes. like uh jonathan died and there's a moment where he actually fantasizes about uh killing brainiac yeah. Like, yeah, yeah you yeah. actually think he's doing it when he walks into the facility and he just like fucking crushes his head yeah. now a lot of people are like, oh, no. i'm like no but that, okay maybe that goes a little bit far but it shows that he's human it shows that, yes, he can be angry and yeah. petty and and have these thoughts, these dark thoughts that we all do, but he wouldn't act on it. But the fact that he has them shows that he's human, shows that yeah, he that can also cool. be angry at something because he feels like they're responsible and they stopped him from saving his dad. What person wouldn't think that? And at the end of the day, he's a person. No, he,
0: Jeff Johns got it. Like, the only thing I was critical of was with Jeff Johns is he had so many balls in the air that he couldn't do the amount of time that I think he really, yeah, true. He really yeah. could have done. I mean, but but seriously, um, Jeff Loeb and Joe Kelly did great runs, but these are all of the 90s. You know, mm. I, when's the, I don't know if it's just the nature of the beast now with DC where it just feels like it's so cluttered. Like, this night yeah. terror or whatever the fuck it's called, it's just their MO. It, it's like, my God, when can we settle down and have a good, solid run on Superman? I mean, yeah, I guess you could say Bendis, but unfortunately he sucked. <laughs> no, he, he... No, yeah. No, he
1: I would never consider that a good run. No, neither would
0: I. But I'm saying they, they gave him a fucking good shot at the ball and he just completely fucked mm. it.
1: Oh, that's another reason why the, the Jeff Loeb Superman-Batman run is one of my all-time favorites it's because great. we got to see Superman be human. He yeah. he he teased Bruce. He joked. Yeah. you know what I mean. That's oh, like, great. He almost didn't. Sometimes didn't take things seriously. You know what I mean. I was like, yes, like this is kind of how Superman should be, man. Like, oh, it's a great run. He's, he's not guy with a stick up his butt,
0: dude. That Superman Batman title. I own the the omnibus. Is the two of them the whole thing, not just the Jeff Loeb, but beyond that as well. Great fucking title. You know. Um, but my favourite
1: was the Jeff Loeb stuff. Oh, like no, the, it's, um... it's the
0: best. It's the best. They have a good, like, probably 40 issues, don't they? Yeah, and I think it, around about that. It's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. And it's, it's I think, a real throwback to the kind of stories I'm reading now for the first time, that old-fashioned style that I was talking about, you know, fleshing it out for a more modern audience. I think Jeff Loeb and um, I had various artists. Yeah, Amy Guinness was on there. You had Michael Turner on there. You had others on there. I don't remember all the names now off the top of my head. But he he had good artists. And it was – I mean, it was must read. Uh, that was one of my weekly pickups or, you know, monthly pickups, whatever. Like, you had to read that title, I felt, you know? Mm. um, Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, it just feels like – just the fact we don't even know who the fuck's writing Superman is – is. is, 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 is.
1: No, it's George Williams. I'm telling you it's George Williams. Yeah, well – no one's excited, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, because I think that is what uh, what be thinking of the whole like Jesus Christ is he working on every every fucking literally thing. every book because he's written Flash, he's written Batman, he's written um, mm. Superman. Mm. Um, I'm like, is this? Are they going to pass him everything? Is he going to do Green Lantern next? Is he going to do Wonder... You know what I mean? Like that's what got me going. Like, good God, why is this guy on every book? It's it's Josh Williams. Josh, Josh Williams yeah. is writing well man, i know it
0: yeah, yeah yeah i i i believe you man and and i'm not excited at all you know
1: mm-hmm. I'm,
0: I'm super fucking non excited by that news uh oh no, my god oh jesus christ i just i just realized we hadn't even done this piece of news yet and i'm already getting annoyed <laughs> this is fucking hell this is hilarious that i'd forgotten this i meant to lead the show with this shit tom Brevort, fucking Favourite here at the signal, isn't he? With his fucking chicken shit hat.
1: I'm not sure if that's the correct word. Tom Brevoit
0: and his fucking hat have been put in charge of X-Men at Marvel. And I actually did comment on the fucking news item on Facebook saying, am I supposed to be excited? (laughs) Like, (laughs) firstly, what the fuck? I thought he was already in charge of everything anyway. Um Brevard, oh, that's so. Yeah, firstly, there's that piece of news, like fuck you, Tom Brevoid. He and he then took a fucking shot just to just to really dig his grave. Took a shot at Chuck Dixon. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I Jesus Christ, yeah. Brevoit, like seriously, he he he's a big fucking mouth. I'd like him to say that at Chuck's face, you know, and I hope he'd cop a fucking backhander. Um. Now, anyway, he says. Let's quote. Let's quote. Let's dissect Brevort's uh, opinion on Chuck Dixon was talking about the recent Punisher stuff, saying how Marvel hates the character, which they do, and they've fucked him up, which they have. You know, <laughs> like let's face it, there they have. Um, Punisher currently in Fantasyland, folks, which is just where you wouldn't want Punisher. Now, this is um, Brevort. Starts with a backhanded compliment. I've loved a lot of Chuck Dixon's comics. Yeah. Okay. Where's this going to go? And worked with him a time or two. Yeah, fuck you, because you blacklisted him. And I find it perplexing to quote that sensible, knowledgeable writer with the guy spreading ignorance uh nonsense about the Punisher on his podcast and elsewhere. He's smarter than that. He knows better. Fuck you, Tom Prefond, like with your bullshit. <laughs> and, like I read that and like I, I just I just was like, what the fuck motivated this guy to come out? And then he's like, um, oh, that, sorry, then we had Michael in commenting and he made a comment that this is a typical response of a chicken shit loser who merely believes to be superior to his opponent by merely contradicting him while not actually addressing or countering the argument. Chicken shit hat man never mentions what Chuck's ignorant nonsense is or where he believes the comments were inaccurate. Yeah, like, firstly, stay in your lane, Brieford. Fuck off. Um, if you listen to Signal and our interviews with Chuck, learn a few lessons, pal because that's one brief topic that gets covered. You know what I mean? We, we, mm. we, 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 we talk about Chuck's Punisher because it's probably one of the greatest runs of Punisher ever, um, frankly, and uh, puts everyone in the shade. You know, um, it, it's right there with, with with Mike Barron and Garth Ennis. Like, it's the top of the fucking tree. Um, the recent run by Jason Aaron was embarrassing, um, most of the runs recently have just been, you know, lacklustre to mediocre to average. Um, I just, I just don't understand. And I don't understand, like, what this fucking guy thinks he's doing. Like, he's being put in charge of the X-Men? Firstly, Rich, I thought he was like the fucking chief editor over there anyway. With his little fat clone, CBS Sobowski. So... Yeah,
1: I don't know. I I feel like this is not a, a promotion as it is a lateral... Sidewise. emotion. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Like, like, I don't know. Like, don't it's know. like, whatever, man, like... I remember this because some people were speculating. He tweeted out, I stand relieved, which is usually said, what you say when you've <laughs> been let relieved. go or you're no longer serving. So everyone was speculating of, like, what, is he retiring? Or is he, he has he been let go and all that sort of stuff? I and, um... Uh, no, it looks like he's he stands relieved because now he only has to do X-Men instead of the entire fucking line, I guess? I well, mean, uh, wow, he was saying, a, a uh,
0: look, I, not that I'm on his sub stack because I couldn't think of anything I'd rather less be doing, but apparently he was saying he was, he's was he been in charge of Avengers. Well, his little fat little fingers have been everywhere, you know, like he's mm. been on a Fantastic Four, he's been on all sorts of shit. Whatever, he's in charge of the X-Men. Well, I will say this, the X-Men suck at the moment so you know whatever Brevot yeah, like the,
1: the best the best thing tom Brevot ever did was throw dance slot under the bus in that uh, 616 <laughs> documentary that they did yeah that was funny Th-
0: there was also the funny time when he, he he threw some fucking heat at tom king that was actually a moment where Brevot went up a fucking notch in my book
1: well, again hey remember what remember the old saying <laughs> a broken clock is right <laughs> twice a that day. Was, that was fucking <laughs> hilarious
0: when he got on twitter and was like his little fat little fingers typing away at Tom King, a fucking guy we you know hate basically. His his most of his stories suck, and um, yeah, I was like, wow, look at these two idiots, you know, getting involved in a little squabble. Um, but but I <laughs> but uh, but in fairness, Tom King has done some decent stories. Brevoid, sorry, 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 I sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, watching two rats fighting.
0: Bre, Brevoort, I just detest. There's just something about him that just makes me. I think part of it is he's very uh, what's the word. Smug, you know? That, that that would be the word I'd use mm. to describe his whole persona. There's a smugness at the end of the day. And it's like, dude, they've let you have the keys to the fucking kingdom for a little too long, I think. You know? You know, a little too long mm. you've been the fucking hall monitor, pal. I think it might be time for you to punch out. And the fact that he was taking shots at Chuck Dixon about Punisher, fuck off, Bray Void. You know, seriously, like, just fuck right off. Please. <laughs> you know, because your last fucking act as if you're involved with Punisher was putting him in the um fantasyland. So that was great. You know, that's what we all wanted. It's not every Punisher fans always wanted, Rich. For Punisher to be in fantasy no, I, land. I, no, I, I
1: I've it's been my favorite. Yeah, just just
0: put him in fantasyland. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, fuck him. Um if I haven't made that clear, fuck Tom Brevort.
1: Now, um... Well, never get fuck Brievid in his chicken shit hat. I think that's the correct hat. saying.
0: His stupid fucking hat. That hat should be banned. You know, and I, 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 almost, I, you know, look, I'm not one of these guys like fire people and stuff. Like fuck it, like Marvel have 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 stuck with him this long. You know, God knows why. But well, we yeah, never
1: said someone should be fired; just they should be let go. <laughs>
0: It, would, it wouldn't break my heart. It wouldn't break my heart, I can guarantee it wouldn't break uh, my heart. You know, pl- why can't he go to one of these companies that I don't give a fuck about? <laughs> like, fuck off the dynamite. You know what I mean? Like, please do. Go and take care of Vampirilla. You know, I really don't care. But anyway, now you. there's some hilarious stuff about this Snow White actress what was going on rich she, she's she's bad mouthing yeah, the original I, I,
1: movie i asked you if you had seen any of this so uh, th- there's these videos making the rounds mm. online um and, and it's not just one interview it's actually multiple interviews um where she just keeps bad mouthing the original um snow white the, cl- so, the,
0: the classic one
1: yeah the the oh. nine what was the 1930s yeah, want the classic original
0: classic. What? Well, why is she doing that though? Because that isn't that regarded as like. <laughs> Look, a,
1: she, they're things? doing the whole like, oh, you know, we're modernized, You know, we're doing a modern spin, and you're like, okay, sure. fine, whatever. You want to do a modern spin on a fairy tale? Fucking knock yourself out. Yeah, but then she'll say stuff like, because let's be honest, the other one was problematic. You know, oh, it was fuck. made in the '30s, and it certainly shows. And we're going to have a different prince, you know, not a prince like in the original, that's a stalker. That's, (laughs) That's you know what I mean? Weird, 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 weird. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, you stupid fucking woman? And, you know, we're not going to focus on love. It's not going to be love. She's going to work hard to become the leader, the fair, just leader. She was always met. I'm like, okay, fine. You want to do all that crap, that's fine. But you do not have to talk shit. And keep slamming yeah. the original one as some problematic thing that shouldn't have been made, you know. And by the way, good God, so sorry. I am so sorry that the the prince who, <laughs> you know, was betrothed <laughs> to Snow White spent his entire fucking life looking for her, yeah. right, because yeah. she disappeared <laughs> right, went missing, what a fucking stalker prick to spend all of his time instead of just going back to the castle getting a blowjob from the fucking servant. Like, fuck me, man, like, do you even know what you're talking about?
0: I I don't really, I'm, I'm confused. But, yeah, um, I don't know what to say other than it just, I guess what's weird to me is, like, that she's bad-mouthing a Disney product that is, like, considered a, you know, a cultural... Touchstone,
1: masterpiece, well, I mean, everything. I said to you, it's such stupid marketing. This is what you do. You say, hey, I love the original. The It's a classic. Yeah, it just, it's, wonderful. yeah it's, like, it's great. Nice but we're going to do original. something a bit different, right? Yeah. That story's been done. It's been told. It, it exists. We're going to tell our own story. We're going to do something different, you know, sure. and pay a little bit of a march to the original. Bang! Finished. Claude. you what a great job. What a good PR you've done. But instead, you come out and go, what a piece of shit. Like, good God, it should never be made. And I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Go to PR lessons, bitch. Like, seriously.
0: That's weird to me. I, I, I don't get it. Because that would be like a new Star Wars act coming out of the new Star Wars movie and going, oh, Jesus Christ, New Hope really showing its age. Like, you know, and slamming it. Like, you're doing – you're only hurting the franchise by doing that because there, mm. there'd be fans out there – Maybe look, the majority of the Snow White fans, the majority, love the original. Like, that's it. Mm. It's, it's well, that's I love it. Because
1: The original was made in the 30s, and it shows. Well, of course it fucking yeah, shows you it was made comment. in the 30s.
0: That's a stupid comment. Like, you know, that's you know, that's like saying, oh, Citizen Kane might have been good back in 1930 or whatever, but it really showing its age now. It's like, yes – Look at the context of when it was put out. Look at what was it was up against at the time. Like, you've got to have some contextual sort of, like, objectivity to it, I guess, is the word I'm trying
1: to describe. Yeah, and, it. by the way, if you don't want to have the, 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 the romance uh, thing or, or the kiss, you can make the original Snow White where a random prince just happened to come across mm. her f- Fucking coffin, he asked the dwarves what the hell happened, they explained everything. He was so impressed, he said, listen, I'm gonna take her back to her, her kingdom. Right. So for a proper burial, yeah. and on the way there, a fucking servant tripped, hit the coffin, and dislodged the apple from Snow White's throat. That's the original story. Then go make that. If you don't want the kissy kissy more true love shit, just make that one. No one's stopping you, but you don't have to badmouth the original what By do you way you're laughing? That's the original. <laughs> that's mean? the original Snow White.
0: In the original, um, the, the original story of Snow White
1: is there was no true
0: love's kiss. Oh, you mean in the fairy tale? Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. The original, like the 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 original original fairy tale, the Brothers grim fairy tale. Okay. Oh, oh you know how yeah. dark it got. So anyway, he he basically he did propose to her and all that, right? And they went back to his kingdom to get married and all that. And the queen found out she was still alive, made one more attempt, right, to to kill her the 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 prince thwarted her and you know what he did he put her fucking feet in cast iron red hot shoes and made her dance till she died wow Who there's you? the original go make that one go make that one you stupid bitches. the queen the, the evil queen yeah the evil stepmother the well, she was pretty evil no but i'm saying in the original <laughs> how she died was the prince put her in piping red hot cast iron shoes and made her dance till she died as punishment for trying to um, kill Snow White. That's the original. What did I have to say
0: other than I guess justice was served?
1: Um, but that's the, I'm saying it's going to make that movie. Shut your mouth and go make yeah, the original um, if you don't like the I Disney one.
0: I don't movie. even Yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, the whole thing seems stupid to me. Like, But, like, I was thinking about it before this episode. I didn't realise how stupid this actually was. But um, I was thinking that... A, a fairy tale such as Snow White, which originally comes from, I guess, is it the Brothers Grimm or something similar? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it comes from that era, which is like what?
1: Well, the Brothers Grimm, I don't know if they created stories, but they kind of, I guess, collected them or... Yeah,
0: so, but it comes from Polish that era, which is, what, 18th century or something, isn't it? Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's old shit. So yeah.
0: what I'm trying to say is uh, they're the source stories. They're like mythic tales or whatever you want to call them. They're almost mythology. and And... That stuff is ripe for reinvention of modern audiences, such as, for example, I was thinking of things like, you know, um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. You know how he did that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you modernise it, you know, change it all up. The basic story beats are the same, but you dress everything up all around it all differently, blah, blah, blah. But it, it, it basically the formula plays out, you know, in a slightly – well, a, a, quite a different environment, but it's the same basic story. So those fairy tales are ripe for that as well. And Michelle made the comment only what less than ten years ago they did the Huntsman, which wasn't it the
1: which um, was a completely new fresh take on Snow White? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did that, and and um, they did Maleficent, which I think was a sequel, wasn't it? With um, what's the name? A sequel?
1: No, no, that was a origin story of Maleficent. Again, the bad guy, bad guys got to get their origin story. Yeah, yeah, but it was movie. a spin
0: off well, of. All from the root of the same story, you know, wasn't it? No, 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 sorry, Maleficent is Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Sorry, it is true. But my point is, my point is that they've done riffs on this kind of stuff before to make. Of
1: course they have. Yeah. What you're doing is not original.
0: No. So anyway, I didn't have a. So I do not have a problem with the fact when they say. Uh, I mean, I saw some people online saying, "How can Snow White not be white?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, at the end of the day. They're just race swapping the character and blah blah modernising. Is
1: it, is it stupid that a character is called Snow White because her white her skin is as white as snow? Yes. Does it matter? Not really. No, it doesn't really
0: matter. But anyway, my point is, I don't really have any problem at all with that. Um, I do think that um, I do think you run a risk of alienating Snow White fans, and that, and they're out there. I, I do think that that's a risk. But it's a risk, Disney. Uh, and also,
1: older fans know. who who take their kids to see your movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here's my, but here's my point. Like, so you do risk alienating those people, and you know, it's like all like all things in business. It's a risk, and it might pay off. It might not. But so that's yeah, all. Yeah. That that's all one thing. But the fact that she came out and was is so busy slamming the classic is so stupid because you're you're doing nothing but hurting the franchise and also burning potential. Um, especially older fans, um, in the process. Like, you're not, you're not gaining anything by that. that, that that's like if, um, you know, a losing team in sport, when, if they started bitching amongst themselves in the press. You know, and it's happened. We've all seen it happen. You know, you know when mm-hmm. a soccer team's failing and having a poor season and they start turning on each other, not behind closed doors anymore. It does happen. And um, that's never good. It's never a good sign. And weirdly, I would have thought that someone, an organisation like Disney, would be so aware of what they're doing with the race swapping already that they'd be wanting her to... I mean, it's very easy to say, oh, we love the classic. It's such a, you know, revolutionary film for its time. We're giving it a fresh twist, blah, blah, It's not hard, Rich. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't... I'm not a marking genius here, but it's very obvious and the fact that they haven't pulled up this actress, who I, by the way, never heard of. Um, so it's not like she's a huge name making these comments. It's just bizarre to me. And it just tells me that Disney have just lost the plot. If they've got no-name stars bad-mouthing Snow White in the press while they're trying to launch a new fucking Snow White movie, um, it's nuts. It really is. It's, 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 it's almost insane. And It's the most
1: bizarre marketing plan I've ever seen.
0: I, I don't get it I, I understand because this is the thing I, I get the, the the myth is that like you'll attract all these super woke people to go see it let me tell let me break it down Th- that percentage of people who's gonna bother parting with money to see this is small the the segment of the audience that that you know knows snow white from the original stuff you know what I mean like the original classic is much larger so you're for the sake of a tiny fraction you're alienating a much larger contingent. He might just say fuck this. Fuck this Snow White. Fuck this race swap Snow White who hates the original. No, we're not going to go see it. Um we'll watch the original on Disney Plus. You know? Fuck this. Mm-hmm. We're not going to the cinema. And 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 like you know, and the movie could be perfectly fine, like really honestly. So it's just silly. And Maybe she's tried to walk it back. I can't imagine Disney being like, Yeah, that's a good strategy. You know? That's a really good strategy what you're doing, love. Like you've really hit the nail on there. No one's ever thought of this reverse marketing that you've got going on.
1: What like, I find fascinating is like why doesn't someone from Disney go, Shut up? Well stop sure, talking.
0: Yeah. Surely someone has by this point, you would think. You know. Like you know, I, I, I get it like maybe there was like some um what do you call it, like Comments made in previous times, but surely someone's got to go. Hey, whoa, slow down, love. Like we're trying to, you know, these movies aren't cheap to make. You know what I mean? And and in movies, as we we just discussed, and it's
1: not even as a competing company's one.
0: No, someone from Disney needs to
1: be like, listen, we made that one. Shut up. Stop bad mouthing the 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 first movie we made. We're trying to make a second one here and have it be successful. Please don't badmouth our first movie. It's bizarre. Like,
0: <laughs> it's absolutely, it's absolutely bizarre. Now, um, some breaking news: Aquaman, Watchman, and Wonder Man star. Wonder Man's not even out. Now, is this guy a star? Yaha, yaha Yah, Yah, Abdul. He's an actor. i that. Never heard of him. Um, has apparently left his lead role in the upcoming new Star Wars movie where Ray rebuilds the Jedi Order. I didn't even know this was happening. Uh, a new actor is now being sought. I can't believe we're leaving the rebuild to Ray. Like, that's the first part of my what else
1: can they leave it to? They fucking, they killed Luke Skywalker and, and Leia. Who who else to the building?
0: He's unkillable because he's just in the suit. Um Yeah. But but like I, I made a comment, it's like a mediocre junior league manager suddenly getting promoted to the big leagues. In a, in a failing team because she's cheap, you know, like she's coming <laughs> under the price of every other fucking other contender, and they're like, "Oh wow, your track record's not great. Uh, <laughs> not seeing a lot of success here." I mean, honestly, probably one of the most boring characters in Star Wars that I can remember. Like just boring. There's not even good or bad. Just just a dull character. Never really had much life in the performance, I didn't, I never felt like that actress really caught a light, um, just nothing to really go crazy about, you know, like, it was just never anything fantastic, and, um, she's doing the rebuild, this guy's dropped out, I mean, I don't know why he would have dropped out, because even though he's a star, I can honestly say I've never heard of him, you know.
1: Um, I mean, I've seen him in one movie. I, I, I mean, I don't know if that counts as being a star, but I have seen him in one movie, the Aquaman movie.
0: Who did he play in that? Do you remember?
1: Uh, Black Manta, is he?
0: Oh, okay. Well, the Black Manta guy was okay. I will say that. Then uh, he was uh, he was all right in it, but uh, star is maybe not a word i used to describe him. Um,
1: I just was, definitely using it the the context broadly.
0: Yeah. Now, I just want to make a brief comment. I'm not going to get derailed here with cricket talk, but Imran Khan's being erased from the Pakistan cricket legacy. They've currently jailed him. It's an absolute disgrace. Um, You know, the typical corruption in Pakistani politics, which I've always felt Imran Khan was unwise to get involved with in the first place. Uh, It's come back to bite him. He's currently jailed. They released uh, greatest hits of their um, Pakistani cricketing um, legacy. And the most famous thing that Pakistanis ever did was under Imran Khan, 40 years of age, he led them to a World Cup title. And uh, was amazing and galvanised the whole team. And he was a fantastic cricketer. He's probably one of the... Well, not probably. He is one of the best all-rounders of all time. I'd say Gary Sobers and then him. You know, he was an incredible bowler and a, and a good batsman as well. And um, the fact that he's in jail in Pakistan right now on these bullshit, you know, charges, um, it's just an absolute travesty. I, I, I honestly don't think he can stay in jail there, just due to the. I mean, he's a, he's adored by the Pakistani public, you know.
1: No, he'll definitely be. Um, uh, okay. Well, I don't think he's going to go to maximum prison. So you'll no. probably go to one of those like um, white collar. I don't think he'll even prisons. stay
0: in jail for long. I, I think the, they'll put, get him out. Well,
1: no, depends. Long. I'm sure the jails are just as corrupt as. I yeah. think so. I mean, who knows? Yeah.
0: yeah, it's bizarre. I I, I I, can't get my head around it. I just think the whole thing's nuts. And I do think you, you're getting involved in Pakistani politics. It's a very murky water because the military holds a lot of power there as well. You know? The military actually decides who runs the country you mm-hmm. know, as well. So it's a very corrupt system. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've always questioned why he'd want to be involved with that. Um, I do want to mention this. Ronald Acosta made some great points um, last week about the... Did I mention this last week that apparently the hearings are talking about interdimensional travellers, Rich? They're not aliens from outer space. They're from other dimensions. That's what the evidence seems to be Dave,
1: saying. I'll be honest with you. Anytime you talk about stuff, it all bleeds into, like, one thing. So don't ask me when it was. Well, okay. But anyway, Ronald... And it was. I'll tell that. It was.
0: Ronald Acosta made these fucking points to me, and he he blazed my mind with this possibilities. And um, I'm he, he's, he's um, told me to go watch his Phenomenon documentary, which I haven't got a chance to watch yet, but I'm going to do a full review of it next week. But I have been watching the Disney documentary, Five Parter, about the US government and um, the alien encounters and cover-up that's been going on, Rich, since the Second World War. And I'm mm-hmm. starting to think that, man, you need to get involved here because I know you've taken the approach of it's not real. You know, and you've you've kind
1: of change, Dave.
0: You've kind of stuck your head in the sand.
1: Um, no, I'm stuck my head in the sand. I'm <laughs> I, 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 I'm just not someone who has easily let the lets people pull the wool over his eyes.
0: Well, man, neither am I. And here I am. I'm. Yeah. I'm
1: what's that? What's that expression from uh, uh, that judge woman? The, don't don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> this
3: is. I'm, I'm not here to
1: be. I'm not here to be your fool. <laughs> You know, that, you know that meme, um, <laughs> the, the Jurassic Park meme, where, where he goes, hey, everybody, he's from this. See, nobody cares. Right. And people use that as a meme to, to do, like, literally the government is going, look over here, everyone. Aliens are real. And everyone's like, yeah, we don't care. You're liars. Right, yeah. So well, <laughs> you say head in the sand, it's bullshit, man. Do, do you reckon? What you what are you but saying? See, they, what they're doing is they're doing something else that they, so they don't want
0: people to look at. Good point, Rich. Great point, Rich. Great point, Richard. Uh, I've always been saying, though, for many years, that I think we need to study that TV show, The Fleet, a lot more closely because I think that had embedded in it some real facts about the crash landing. I really do. And they put it out as fictional. You know what I mean? Um, And they feed people what 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 they believe is fiction, but it's actually partially mixed in with fact. That's my belief. You know, that's my belief. I saw Obama's face when they quizzed him about aliens, and I could see right through that fucker. He was transparent as fuck. He knew something. You know?
1: No, he knew there was like, oh fuck, there's something else that that story covers up. I can't let on that like aliens are fake, but we use that to cover up all the sneaky shit that we do. Uh, How the fuck do I answer this question? I do like your conspiracy theory, Rich. I'm actually fond of that. I don't believe that's a conspiracy theory, Dave. I believe that is fact. I love those
0: kind of things. No, I, I I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, i tell you something that might surprise you. Michelle and I have been watching Mandalorian Season 3, and we've really enjoyed it. We've watched six episodes. What's everyone that is can- a
1: surprise. That you've watched it, and you enjoy enjoying it. <laughs> can, can
0: I ask this? Because I must admit, I've said this on the show many times, I liked the first two seasons, but I found the first one relatively boring. And I did find the second one a bit better. But I find this one has a lot more Star Wars elements, like from New Hope. Like, there's a lot of robots. There's a lot of, um, like, creatures. There's action. They're not just walking around. Like, more is happening in Season 3. Michelle and I have both said this. We're like, it, it actually feels more interesting than it has previously been. I'm not saying it's fantastic, but it's definitely watchable. Like there's dog fights, there's mm. uh, bo um and there's all this. There's a lot of creatures and robots,
1: mm. especially. I mean, possibly, but I mean, not uh, from the sounds of it, not many people agree with you because uh, it's the lowest ratings of the three seasons.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm just flying in the face of popular opinion, man. You know, and, what's the
1: opposite of a contrarian?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but but normally, man, you know how I like to bandwagon jump normally. You know, I hop a bandwagon, but I've even when I've hopped on board the Mandalorian bandwagon, part of me's been going, "There's a lot of walking from A to B in this show, you know." And I find this season, it's it's there's more action is is how I would describe it. There's dog fights. I saw Tie Fighter pilots. I got very excited by the Tie Fighter pilots. There's there's I, I just think I, I don't quite get what people are complaining about. Look, Lizzo and Jack Black were were obviously not great, but they're also not in it much. Lizzo wasn't as bad as I thought she'd be. Um, she wasn't great. Uh, he was quite annoying because it's just Jack Black. You know what I mean? Like it's you know you're you watching it like you're totally taking out the character. I wouldn't have known who she even is if 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 someone hadn't said to me that's Lizzo. Oh, there's no way in hell I would have known who that was. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just not a. I wouldn't even know. And she didn't have much of a character either. By the way, it was barely in it. But um, just overall, like, we've we've enjoyed it. I, I I don't know what to say. We're definitely going to finish it. When I put it against Book of Boba Fett, I'd probably prefer this. You know?
1: Oh yeah, I don't think anyone's saying that is worse than Book of Boba Fett. But oh, I mean, okay. that's again, that's it's damning praise, I guess. I mean, it's not it's it's a low bar. Um, yeah,
0: I, I guess I just expected it was going to be really bad because everyone was like hating on it, and I was, and we're watching, it and I'm like, it seems fine to me. Um, you know, uh, look, I'm—I don't know—I—I—I—I I, I, I don't know whether you'd like it or not. Honestly, I, I have no idea. Um, no,
1: I—I've I, seen bits and pieces of it. I'm no, thank
0: you. Okay, but like, yeah, it's no worse than a lot of the shit they do, man. As
1: like, i watched—I'm I'm off of most of the shit that they do anyway, so it's yeah. not like, oh, you're watching the other shit. One of the—I'm not watching any of their shit, so okay. I mean.
0: Well, put it this way: when I compare it to their Marvel shows, I think this is a lot more exciting. well when I compare this to Secret Invasion, I'm like, this is this is more fun. It's actually that's what it is. It's more fun. It's it's more of a sort of it's got a lighter feel to it. Um, I like seeing all the different creatures, especially like there's lots of different aliens. You know, you're the Star Wars guy who knows everything. I'm seeing a lot of aliens, man. You know, I like what are the winged creatures called that were on? Um, do you remember in, in uh, you know where they were in Jabba's palace that that winged creature thing? Do you remember? It was like um, you know in Jabba's throne room there was like a winged creature. I'm sure A winged
1: they're, creature.
0: Yeah, like it's very like a muppet, like it's a very Jim Henson thing, like it's a super Jim Hensony kind of puppet thing, and um, there there's heaps of them in this season. They, they, they fly around and stuff. And they're sort of like. Um, they don't talk. They kind of squawk.
1: And. Um, the only thing I know of is. A, a salacious Crumb. That might be him. Which man. Is the, oh, do you mean the like the ears look like wings? Is that what you mean? Maybe. What's Salacious they're Crumb? They're not wings. The, that's Sorry, you were confusing me because it's not a. Um, but the thing that sits on Jabber That like laughs and. And, and has, like, a bit of a beak, and he's like...
0: No, like I don't, it, no, no it. it's not that, no. no,
1: it's, no so a well, bit, it, it, it's a
0: bit like that, but it's not that. No, they no,
1: I'm sorry, I, d- I don't know the wing creature you're talking about. I'm not, I don't remember seeing a wing creature.
0: It's similar to that, actually, to Salacious Crumb, but they've actually got wings, same colour, but they've got wings. I'll, I'll find an image of them, because they're all through it. I'm sure I've seen them before. You know what they're a bit like... Yeah. In um, in um, Empire Strikes Back, when they land in what they think is an asteroid and it's a creature, isn't? I think they're in that. You know, like oh,
1: they're, they're called um uh, mylocks or something like that.
0: Okay, what are they called, mylocks? Let me let me have I a think look. Think they're called mylocks. Let me see if that's what it is. Mylock,
1: mylock, something like that. Uh,
0: what was the dragon creature in? Oh, that's a different thing.
1: Um. Oh, you, oh wait, the thing that's inside the mouth of the. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think they were called my um, mylocks. I don't know. My knock. Sorry, my knock. Not mylock, lock. My knock.
0: Okay. Well.
1: It says M I M I M Y N O S. Okay, well,
0: UK. I'm not saying anything. But but anyway, my, my point is... I well, reckon- that's the only wind creatures I
1: know of in, in the Star Wars, but there's not even, a, like, a race or, a, a like, talk or anything. They're just literally, like, animals.
0: No, these things don't talk. These things don't talk. They just they just fly around.
1: Mm. I, again, I, that's the only wind creature I know of in, in, in Star Wars, like, from the movies.
0: I'm looking at my knocks here, and I'm not sure if it's them or not. Maybe it is. Someone who knows You could have
1: imagined it, Dave.
0: No, well, they're in the show, man. These uh, things are all through the fucking show, is what I'm trying to say. They're, they're all through
1: it. Cool. So all these things that we don't know of and you can't name them in the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but there's a lot of R2 units in there. There's a lot of uh, 3PO units, a lot of 3PO units, a lot, actually, Different colorizations and stuff. You can really feel the Star Wars merchandising team is going to go to town here. Um, There's some cute new little creatures as well that I quite like. They're like little miniature squirrels um, that talk and stuff. Um, They're sort of a mixture of a squirrel and like a monkey. And um, there's a lot of cool shit in it, actually, when I think about it. Like, I I find this is the most fun out of any of the Star Wars shows I've watched. This, This season is the most fun. Like, it's got... A bit of everything, and I especially liked it when they had the uh, dogfight battle with the Tie Fighter pilots. That was cool. Um, it's got some stuff that's a bit cringeworthy. Like there's a needless um, scene. What are they called? What are what is Admiral Akbar's race called? Is it calamari? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's this needless
1: uh, uh, Mon calamari. Mon
0: calamari. There's a needless scene between a Mon calamari teenager and this other creature that does this really awkward kiss that was just like not needed but overall i'd be giving this i'm giving a give this season for for look i'm giving it an eight based on on the shit around it probably it's a seven in reality you know but i i feel like so much of the marvel and star wars stuff has been mediocre frankly that i think this is more watchable and we're coming fresh off secret invasion and this is this is a lot more entertaining you know um it's easily my favorite season mandalorian i I don't know what everyone's
1: complaining Uh, okay but also okay but again i get this is also the i think this is the not an issue or or anything but this is the difference in that you have enjoyed star wars but you haven't sort of um immersed yourself in star wars for like 20 years like i have do you know what i mean like you, you haven't like yeah, I agree. Uh, just hang on a second. Sure. Um, and so it's so, and this what sort not of say the show's bad, but you have less um, baggage. Sure. You have less like um, uh, uh, judgment uh, uh, with the show, which is good for you. I mean, that's again, that's a positive. It's a net positive for you. You can enjoy the show because. Mm. You're not sitting there going, "Oh, that's different," or "That's not right," or "That's not the same." Yeah. Like it's it's I, it's not the same level of enjoyment for me watching these Star Wars shows. So, mm. yeah, look, you made me join it. That's great, um, but I just can't. Like I just, no. yeah, I just can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got too much history. Um,
1: I, I, I've got too much contradicting history, yeah. and I just can't. Um, I can't reconcile them, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that sucks.
1: Um, I tried to. I mean, I was enjoying The Mandalorian for a bit, but e- even The Mandalorian has gone off the cliff for me. So
0: mm. well nothing I can do. Would you agree with me, though, that the first, especially the first season and a half, were rather slow? I felt the first season of Mandalorian was very slow.
1: No, the first season was slow, but I thought it was a good setup. Yeah, um, I was struggling. Uh, I did enjoy it. It had a bit more of an old uh, Wild West, old West sort of feel to it, which I quite liked um yeah second season was definitely better yeah um but as i said i haven't even really bothered with the um fair enough with the third one so
0: okay um all right well moving off that taylor swift will reportedly be making a special appearance as dazzler in deadpool 3 that's actually pretty cool um i'm excited for that uh i do as long as she she can act well she's (laughs) acted before taylor swift She's been in a couple of things before, so has she? I've
1: never seen her in anything.
0: Oh, she was in she was in a movie with her boyfriend at the time, Taylor Lautner, I believe, in something I saw once many years ago. Mm. Um, I, I don't even know what it was I saw, but she was she was in it, but it was a very small role. Um, I, how about this? You know, I love the Fugitive, Rich.
1: And I'm yeah, I'm, I think, listen, I think everyone, even people who have never listened to this show, <laughs> I think know that you love The Fugitive. So anyway, I've almost finished the second season of The
0: Fugitive, and I said to Michelle the other day, Jesus Christ, I hope he finds this one-armed man. That's <laughs> quite I actually turned to Michelle and said, I hope he finds this one-armed man because it's a real problem. Anyway, I was yesterday years old when I found out the final season of The Fugitive is in colour. Which, which blew my mind. I I did not know that. I obviously haven't reached that in my DVD collection yet, which I, I was like, it's in colour? I've got so much incentive now to get to that last season. Um, and I only know that because John Sumter on Word Balloon mentioned it. And I was like, what? Fugitive in colour? And I went to Wikipedia and I was like, yeah, final season, which makes sense because it was shot in from about 1962 to 67 or something, you know, so... You know, a lot of stuff went colour during that time period. It was a top rating show. Like *Fugitive* was like a number one show. They on the, on the on the network. And my mother always goes, to "David Janssen on the screen. Oh, he was so good looking." She says it every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so good looking. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, he is good looking, but he's got big. Ears, big stick out ears, and he uses his hair to cover it up. He's, you know, the ears that I've kind of got them as well. The ears that um go out a little bit, you know, like Adam Gilchrist kind of thing. Um, yeah,
1: nothing wrong with that if you've got the looks to compensate for it.
0: No, he did. He had a nice face, and he wears his hair so that that's not as obvious. Uh, it's it isn't really obvious. I only know it because I'm such a big fan. But he's got a he does have a nice face, and he's got a very smooth style. Um, lovely episode I just watched with Andrew Dickinson. Um, was playing off, off him, and oh, what a fantastic episode that was. And I believe in real life they may have had, you know, like a, I don't know if affair's the right word, you know, but kind of is there. I guess if one of them is married, it's an affair, isn't it, Rich? Would that be the case?
1: I believe so, Dave. What
0: if they're separated? Then it's more of a liaison.
1: It's a liaison. Uh, separated is still not legally divorced, <sighs> so it would still technically be an affair, I believe. Okay,
0: well. I think
1: people justify it as not being, but I think it technically... um, Both Frank
0: Sinatra and Dean Martin both agreed that Angie Dickinson was the best girl they ever had in bed. They both said that. Okay, great. They they agreed on that, so that was great. Well, well, I'm glad
1: they could agree on something.
0: (laughs) Well, they were best friends. They were best friends, Rich. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: (laughs) They were best friends, so it was great. They were comparing notes. And she was a big pal of them, obviously. You know, everyone got along, Rich.
1: (laughs) Mm, okay.
0: Everyone was happy, man. Frank was oh, well, happy. How did she? How
1: did she rate them, or did she keep that to herself? No, like love. A, a decent person,
0: loved them. Um, she had a twenty-year on-off affair with Frank Sinatra through multiple wives. So, yeah, yeah. But did she come out <laughs> and
1: say that she, he was the best she ever had in bed, or did she I'm keep that sure. private like a like a normal person?
0: I'm not sure if she openly commented. Probably didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, man. You know.
1: Um, oh, well, the fact that she didn't comment, maybe he wasn't the best she ever had.
0: But, I mean, look, who could say no to Dean Martin as well, back in the glory days? You know, you can't blame her. Can't blame a girl for trying. Um, Now, uh, we've already covered what Night Terrors was about. Sounds terrible. According to Omar, who I I think you must know from Near Mint Condition, Rich, uh, the ROM omnibus is the highest pre-order of any Marvel omnibus ever, which I found very surprising. Mm. But um, I know ROM has its fans. I, I know nothing about ROM, but... But that is interesting, isn't it? Like, the, like you know, highest pre-order of any Marvel omnibus, that would be the one that I would have picked as the highest ever. You know? It's quite surprising.
1: And probably because it's such an oddity. But I've got to be honest with you, I sometimes I actually forget that Marvel does the omnibuses as well, just because I don't... I don't Maybe it's because I'm not interested in them as much. They, but they I, pump I, out I, a lot more than DC, actually. I know, but, but what I'm saying is I never, like... It never hits the radar. Like I'm not sure. saying they don't. I just feel like there's stuff near there. and ROM being something very um odd. Like yeah. it's a bit of an oddity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think many people are gone like, oh yeah, yeah, oh shit, yeah, Rom. Rom. Oh, fuck yeah, Rom. Because that's what my thought was when yeah when we first said Rom, it's like holy shit, Rom? That's not something I've heard in like fifty years. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's so that could just be the why it's probably because it just people just like, Holy shit, ROM, the novelty. My, my God.
0: The novelty factor, yeah. and I believe at the time it was quite a highly uh, selling book. You know? Oh yeah,
1: but not but not just that, Dave. You got to remember, like omnibuses. Is... If someone like me, right? If I'm like, oh well, I've already got the whole collection in trade, so you know it's it's not it's not that good that I want to buy it in an omnibus. Yeah, I don't own any ROM. Yeah. Rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- this would literally be the only way, probably, for most people to get a ROM trade it's because there isn't exactly like a ton of you know reprints of rom trades floating about No, that's right the, yeah the, totally with the marvel and the dc stuff you, yeah you if people have been collecting for years the omnibuses you've just collected the trades that you've already put in. so you know i mean but yeah i think rom is just so unique and there's not so many reprints that that's probably why it, uh, um, it's, it's probably doing very well
0: yeah no well good for it. now i i had a news item here and i wanted it's more of a discussion point that i wanted to get your thoughts on so Longtime Marvel writer Jason Aaron finally makes his return to DC Comics to pen Batman off Offworld. Um, now, I want to get your view on this. So, Aaron will be joined by oh,
1: artist no.
0: uh, Aaron will be joined by artist Doug Mankey, one of my favorite artists, actually. Um, best
1: thing, best best part of the news,
0: yeah, in bringing the Cape Crusader into a brand new adventure. Um, the description reads: A routine night in Gotham City for a young Batman. So it's a clearly, you know, a year, maybe two Batman proves to be anything but routine when the crime fighter is confronted with the sort of foe he's never faced before, one from beyond the stars. A universe of possible alien threats leads Batman to make a daring decision to venture alone into the far reaches of the cosmos for the very first time, where the Dark Knight will face the fight of his life. Um,
1: you know, I must be honest I'm not the biggest fan of, like, I mean, you know, Batman. I mean, I like Batman, but I'm not, like, the biggest, like, Holy shit! You know, Batman, Batman, Batman. But I tell you one thing: every time I read Batman, you know, I was like, you know, what's missing in my Batman? Aliens.
0: Well, I mean, famously in the in the sixties they did it to make it more sci-fi, and then they really moved away from that. Or the fifties, I guess, and early sixties.
1: And- oh, no, they did it sci-fi, but he, I mean, he wasn't exactly like going off into space that much. That's a very um sixties. Yeah, yeah, it's a silver age, like, 70s sort of stuff. But my point is, it kind of goes against your dark brooding oh yeah
0: 100% street level
1: Batman and by the way he's gone into space plenty of times even in the fucking modern age with the Justice League and all that sort of shit like and and let's be honest Graham Morrison did some weird shit with um (laughs) with with Batman and and all that sort of crap so um no uh I I, if anyone gets excited (laughs) about this I honestly I don't know why the only thing that I could understand people getting excited is seeing Doug Mankey do some more work sure um, right but up, right. other than that, no, I don't.
0: I mean, I'm slightly excited, but I'm just excited in general about Burn. You know, like, you know, I, I in general, Batman for me, pretty easy sell. But mm. Mark Wade, I believe, made the comment that as soon as you put Batman in a spaceship, he lost all his cool factor, which I always thought was an interesting comment. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but I'm trying to think, I mean, I know Batman is in Final Crisis. I, see, I, I'm a big believer in you can do it very sparingly. Uh, you can do it, of course. Of course you can do it. But to be effective, it needs to be sparing. When you've got Batman facing up against Dark Side, I, I,
1: I kind of roll my eyes, you know, because yes. Well, well, here's the thing. Um, save that for the Justice League. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless you've got some fucking phenomenal, yeah. fantastic story... Let, let Batman fight the aliens and the crap in Justice League, and you yeah, know, right. and, and focus on more Batman-centric yeah. stories um, uh, in his in his normal books. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that should be the rule of thumb. Now, and again, as you said, people go, "Oh, but he did that like sixty years ago." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, that's a different time. Sure, right. Uh, that was a much more campier sort of time and all that. But there's nothing wrong with Batman fighting aliens, but it's got to be in the context of Justice League. Mm. You know what I mean, Superman? Yeah. Yes, Superman flies off into oh, space of course, and yeah. fucking goes to other planets and crap and all that. Like, but Batman to me he's the he's the street level. He cares about Gotham. Um Hey, listen, if something comes to Gotham, that's fine. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh. it, 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 look, if you're trying to tell me that there's some like <laughs> alien gangsters, you know, like running around in gotham i'm like okay that could be a pretty fun story sure where he's taking on this this crime family and then it turns out to be alien and stuff yeah could that be fun and interesting of course but yeah batman going off into space mm. yeah like leave that for the justice league um, stuff
0: i tend to agree with you completely i mean that said will, will i check it out yes because i'm just a <laughs> fucking sucker for batman and and, and by the way we're we doing on the show yes um You know, look, I don't know, man. Like, they do so much street crime as well. Like, let's face it. Like, let's be brutally honest here. There's a lot of fucking Batman street crime comics that come out every month from DC. You know, there's a lot. So maybe something a bit different, counter-programming? I'm open to it. It's not like Batman's really taking a break from streets, you know, because there's plenty of other Batman comics. There's more Batman. No, I don't care about it but there's a lot of fucking batman out there right now they're spamming batman like you wouldn't fucking believe you know and- yeah but
1: again the thing is okay but but as i said the problem i that i think you come down to is okay so you've generally got like you've usually got a batman and superman title or a world finest right where mm-hmm. he's dealing with again larger than life stuff mm-hmm. right like the amazing android and aliens and robots and all this sort of shit you've got the justice league stuff um, which, again, he's dealing with that larger stuff. So, again, if you've already got books where he's dealing with that... Sure. And, yes, I think his main books should not focus on that, because otherwise then you're getting too much um, fantastical, yeah. over-the-top shit with Batman, which, again, it's fine. That's why you spread it out. Oh. But I just feel in his own books, in his own stories, keep him in Gotham, because he barely spends any time in Gotham with the other books. So... Maybe yeah. that's the time where you can use that time to explore Gotham and, and the people and the villains and, you know, even new villains or whatever, whatever. As I said, and you can bring aliens into, you can bring aliens to Gotham, you know, the day aliens came to Gotham or something yeah. like that. That's fine. But keep him in Gotham is, is what I'm saying, you know, like sure. keep him on Earth.
0: Yeah, I like it, man. You've thrown out some big points. I mean, do you think part of it is just I have a bit of a sort of like soft spot for Batman, you know, I find it hard to vote against him?
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, and but honestly, I think you got a, a bit of a soft spot for uh, Jason Aaron as well. <laughs> <laughs> true,
0: true, 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 Rich. But anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, we will cover on the show. Uh, look, I mean, Jason Aaron's got some making up to do with me. Seriously, if we are in a relationship, he's in the naughty corner right now, you know? with um with this bullshit he did with um Punisher that was not he's he's got some making up to do he better bring me my fucking breakfast in bed you know what i'm saying like he's got some real making up to do so if he fucks this up well we could be on the outreach you know he could be looking for a whole new house
1: um yeah uh, look as i said the, the good news the be- like the only good news uh is Doug Mankey like
0: Doug Mankey is good yeah
1: like, yeah. I love Doug Mankey, man. Doug Mankey is phenomenal. Now,
0: so, also, uh, Michael Kellyship messaged him. Yeah, he's, he hates Jason Aaron, basically. I won't even repeat
1: what he said, but he hates him.
0: Um, I don't hate
1: him. I just think he's massively overhyped. Like, I just think uh, yeah. it's like a Josh Williams where, yes, can he do some good stuff and should it be used a little bit more sparingly or on minor stuff? Yes. But I just think he's massively overrated, like massively.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I thought his Avengers was fucking terrible. I'll say that. And I know that I've got a soft spot for him, but I, I I, tried to get into that Avengers, and I found it impossible. I was just like, I just don't even understand how he this is continuing on. It was awful. So that was one where I was really like, you know, whatever. Now, uh, on a more positive note, Batman Nightfall turns 30 years old this year. And by the way, we're going to have Chuck on in mid-September. Uh, mid, um, Um, so we're just looking at an exact date, but Chuck Dixon's coming back on. We'll obviously be talking Nightfall. Um, I'm going to talk a lot about G.I. Joe. We're going to mention um, all his new projects he's got coming up, his Spin Rack um, company and site that he's got going on, and Chuck's always got so much stuff going on that, you know, I really want to give him a chance to to, to sort of, you know, freewheel and, and let us all know about all the stuff that He's got going on, and don't worry, there'll mm-hmm. be some. I'm pretty confident there's going to be some JoJo questions chucked chuck into the mix as well, and uh, probably find some Batman <laughs> stuff. Uh,
1: uh, Tom Brevoort question or two, maybe. Yeah, fuck Tom Brevoort. And,
0: and, um, <laughs> and, um uh, there will definitely be some Batman questions as well. Now that we're on the topic of Batman, I'm starting to warm up. I want to ask Chuck what he thinks about Batman in space because I I think in his Batman and the Outsiders there may have been a scene or two of Batman in space. I'm going to get his opinion on that. Which again,
1: it's good, it's fine. Batman and the Outsiders, yes, take him into space, have him deal with larger. As I oh, said, I
0: see I, you're saying in in a group book it's allowed, like in Batman and the Outsiders,
1: but in anything that's not a, a Batman only book. So again, that's what I said. Uh, World's Fighters uh brave and the bold uh, batman and superman title uh, batman and the outsiders all those books you can you can have oh, in do so you're quite actually flexible really like, i'm super flexible but just not in the batman books the batman books i think should be gotham centric or, or at least like
0: earth centric like i should like, pay attention when you talk because you obviously said this before maybe, right? and be I, was nice. just, I was probably just like yeah yeah, yeah. sounds great rich great stuff <laughs> 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 yeah and then you repeat it i'm like oh that's actually good what if he had um i'm just going to throw this out here what if he had ace the bat hound with him would that be acceptable if he took ace the bat hound
1: would that be fine you know, look, here's the thing. I love crypto. I I do. I, I have I... no issues with, with crypto existing. I just don't I just the if if you were, if if you're talking about Adam West Batman, yes. Okay. But if you're talking about like modern dark brooding you, no. he, look, he has
0: Batman and he, Batman has Ace the Batman.
1: I, I like okay. how they actually introduced him with Robin. I like the idea of Robin having Ace because it's a key to you know you know your father's batman so it's not exactly like you are getting fun time like hey let's go throw a ball sure in the backyard dad so i kind of like the idea of Damien. Mm-hmm. like he got remember he got the bat cow and yeah um and, and he got like, i like that i thought that was a very clever way of bringing them and using them but not no no i just you know no batman and and ace the bat hound in in a, in a serious setting no it's weird it's weird but no okay
0: um now 30 years since nightfall what do you all think of nightfall in retrospect and what Batman story has co- even come close to matching it and michael makes a good one he says only court of the owl story comes near it although there is a long gap between the two okay nightfall um, what does
1: he mean by near it though in in popularity in how it affected the world i mean that's what i don't like I mean, because I think... I, 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 here's a here's a pick i've got a pick for you and i think you might like it definitely. um what? uh no man's land
0: oh yeah definitely yeah like i was gonna the, say yeah The
1: whole earthquake and gotham and the whole city getting fucked up and yeah. all that sort of stuff that that's a fantastic event but w- is it as like oh my god earth shattering as batman breaking his back and a new batman no but i'd say it's up there it's I mean, common. it's, it's no, it's I was thinking it's in between.
0: I I have a weird thing in my head, I guess, because um, of Nightfall, and a lot of that creative team stuck around. You know, into No Man's Land. That I always view them as one sort of big, long-running epic. Because he broke his back. Then there was the uh, Contagion, and then there was the there was the plague, and then there was the cataclysm, and then oh, there I was thought No
1: Man's Land was a fair bit later.
0: Oh it was in time. Yeah, no you're right. It was. It was it was it wasn't was in, that like
1: two thousand or something like that?
0: I don't know, maybe. Um but it was a stretch yeah, of years. I'll look it up. It was a stretch of years. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh Nightfall incredible, uh in retrospect. Fucking awesome. Um yeah, No Man's Land is the next event. And I think it's relatively close. I, I would say No Man's yeah, Land.
1: 1999.
0: Yeah, and when was Nightfall ninety two?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it was a good f- fucking six, seven years. Like, yeah,
0: well, I mean, look at know. the team they fucking had. They had Chuck, they had Doug, Milt, Doug yeah. Munch, they had Alan Grant. He, there's
1: they, one that I actually enjoyed, but I wouldn't put it on the same level. But uh, <laughs> uh, Bruce Wayne Fugitive. I actually oh, love that one.
0: Um, yeah, that was a great event. That's a fantastic event. Um, that's when the events in Batman were awesome. Like Batman Fugitive, <laughs> I fucking loved that event. If anything, I will say this about Batman No Man's Land. I I love it, but my God, it went on forever, you know? Like, Mm. I I love it. Don't get me wrong, and, like, it's great now. um, You know, I've got the omnibuses. I've also got the big fat sock cover trades, and I love it. um, But reading through it, and we did it on the show, uh, the entire No Man's Land, and I wouldn't mind revisiting it at some point, uh, it was. It's a long read, you know. It's a long. It's a. It, it, it's a dark night of the soul, um, and so is Nightfall. So I would say, if I'm ranking Batman events since Nightfall, I put Nightfall at one. I put No Man's Land at two, and No Man's Land I put it pretty close to Nightfall. I I, I think they're both very good events. I put Fugitive like a rank down, but at three. You know, and then, and
1: then I, mean, uh, I don't think it's on the same level, but um,
0: and I give an honorary mention to Contagion as well, which is, I think, a very fun event. I thought Contagion with the Plague was great,
1: yeah. And and I'll be honest with you, I mean, I think Hush is a bit overrated, but it was it, it was fairly enjoyable at the time, if if a little bit,
0: yeah, it's 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 fine. I don't think it holds a candle to the events we've mentioned, but um.
1: Well, the problem I have with um, Court of Owls is I just think Court of Owls is a a retooling of Hush.
0: Yeah, Court of Owls is pretty good. Um, I'd put in, Court of Owls above but also Hush.
1: like the whole like, oh, he's got a brother, yeah. supposedly, or some acclaim, it's kind of like, oh, here's a long-lost friend that we've never mentioned before, mm. and now he's the big villain. And I kind of feel like it's it's similar enough that I'm like, I would almost put, I'd almost put Hush in Court of Owls. Like as as similar stories,
0: I prefer Court um, of Owls. I think Court of Owls was fantastic. Um, it's, it's,
1: Hush, I is loved good. Hush I, I, until really the reveal. I think, like I, because yeah. I think originally people thought it was like Two Face or something like that. Um I, I did enjoy Hush until the reveal. I yeah. like the last. Hush the, is the, good. Don't get movie. me wrong.
0: Hush is good. It's 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 in the top ten, but um, of, of modern you know Batman. But I I always feel it's, it's just my opinion. I've always felt Hush is more um, style over substance somehow. You know,
1: I've just uh, possibly. I mean, it is Jim Lee, so I mean, yeah. I think his stuff going to definitely overshadow. Probably Court, the Court story of
0: Owls, I think, was was excellent. Uh, Long Halloween as well is 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 very good. I mean, it's that an event? Yeah. It's a story. I was an event. Yeah, probably.
1: yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call that an event. Yeah, but um, I mean, enjoyable story. I tell you, some, uh, look, I mean, for for my money, I, I think I think if we're going to pick two, I would for me, I'd say. No Man's Land and, and Bruce Wayne Fugitive. that would be my... If, you know other we're going to go on forever. Yeah, I agree. So I'm just going to say my two picks, um, No Man's <laughs> Land and Bruce Wayne Fugitive. <laughs> Rich just sh- shuts down the Batman conversation. Oh, I'm my. just looking at the time. I'm like, okay, we're going to be going... You're just going to keep mentioning... I'm every- just going to mention <laughs> one last <laughs> no, thing. No, I'm just yes, going yes. to
0: mention one last thing. That topping all of them, except maybe Nightfall, you go back in time to Demi O'Neill's... Original Rasa Ghul story. What about that for a
1: fucking oh, event? um, um uh, Birth of the Demon and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, well, like, dude, like, you want a fucking event? Try that. Um, our weekly comics. I think we might push our Star Trek discussion until next week for its due to time. Um, if that's oh. okay. If that's okay with you? Is it? That...
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No all all
0: right. Now, we just had two items here. Uh, Superman 198 was a Carrie Bates. Um, Uh, superman that i read and i just think it was incredible rich i i just had such a good time with the superman story i dug it out of the i dug it out of the archives and and brought it up flashback (laughs) friday this is the kind of stuff i read before bed and and sometimes i fall asleep reading it and i'm just so happy you know i just uh you know i I don't know what it is with me that i just find this kind of stuff it it, to me it's Mm. just really entertaining what do you
1: think rich well, that's what I say. I mean, when you read these stories, I mean, they're not necessarily memorable. They mm. just fun in the in the time when you read them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you read it, you have a laugh, you have some fun. Yeah, and then and then you sort of continue in your day, which honestly is something that sometimes I think is missing from from comics today. Um, they
0: are just striving you, to tell a good story, you know, a fun story.
1: Just, but also just yeah, a fun story, something to just entertain you, make you feel like you got your money's worth you Know of entertainment, um, yeah. I, I had a good chuckle with it, and the um, alternate, again, like, ops. how
0: cool is it? Like, there's an alt, like, alternate Clark Kent, and he comes in and he just reveals it to Lois, and, and it's just like, what the fuck. And it's like, well, that's pretty cool, they, they were messing around with like alternate, you know, parallel dimensions and stuff way back then. You know, it wasn't something that got created in the 2000s and stuff. This is this is old <clears> hat <throat> in comics, you know.
1: Oh yeah! What I love about reading these things is it feels like I'm reading the um, the inspiration for the uh, Fleischer Superman cartoons. Yeah. Um, and which, by the way, I have actually been watching. or oh. Oh, sorry, I've actually been listening to it recently because I I love to have old cartoons on now. My new thing now. Oh. I used to listen to documentaries, oh. but what I do now is I listen to old um cartoons. Because listening, one thing I found is listening to old cartoons feels like I'm listening to a radio drama.
3: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: because mm-hmm. what I love about the old cartoons is they, even though it's a visual medium, they kind of explain to you what's happening. Mm. Yes. Um, so yeah, I yeah, can yeah. actually sit and draw, and I feel like I'm listening to a radio play. Um, and that's why I sent you that Superboy stuff, because I actually listened to that um, that's great stuff while I was and stuff. drawing and all that. And, uh, and again, if you want... When we are talking earlier about if you want a Superman that acts like a normal person, a regular human, watch the Fleischer mm-hmm. Superman. He's very cheeky with lowers and... Is that like in color? Is that in color? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: in color. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's,
1: cool. it's like, basically, I think it's the first animated Superman. Okay, cool. Um, cartoons and all that. Uh, fantastic animation. Um, but yeah, I, I love what I love about these old flashbacks that we do for Superman, these sort of stuff, it just, it feels like that Fleischer sort yeah. of... I love it. Sort of stuff. I love it, man. You know, this story where Superman, uh, he helps a fucking alien, and um, the alien bestows upon him, like, fucking extra strength. Yes. Like, enhance But it causes so much problems, he's trying to, like, get rid of it. And so the alien comes back and reprimands him for being, like... Yeah, yeah. with the powers. He's like, you've done nothing productive with these powers. And and Superman can't even explain. It's because I'll literally fucking destroy the planet if I... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not careful. He's too powerful. I really am powerful, and you've like tripled my power, you know. Um and either the alien just leaves in disgust, like disgusting humans, waste of potential. <laughs> it's like I thought that was so funny that um
0: it's great. Like I, I love I love
1: both stories in this
0: issue. I mean I'm giving it an eight point five out of ten. I, I love both stories. I think they're charming.
1: Hmm. What and that's mean? the joy of these things. And um and you know what and uh, not in this one, but if you read one issue and it doesn't hit for you, sure. yeah you just read another one and you'll probably go like, oh, yeah, yeah I enjoyed that one. So no, it was fantastic. I love these, um I love when we do these Superman um or any of the old sort of flashback for the bronze, silver
0: flashback Friday, man, that's what it's all about. And then we've also had uh Flash one six three. Now this apparently was the inspiration for Grant Morrison to do the stuff in multiversity where it was like you had to keep reading the comic to keep someone alive. What a great cover. Flash, stop, don't pass up on this issue. My life depends on it. I just thought this was a really great cover.
1: That has become a, a classic cover. That right. that cover has been used and referenced a lot, so has it? many times. Okay.
0: It was my first time reading it, and I really enjoyed it. Again, it's, it's sort of similar. Would you describe this as... It's late Silver Age, yeah? It's still Silver Age, but quite late?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah,
0: so this is the kind of stuff that I'm going to be collecting when I get in the omnibuses, and I'm really looking forward to getting them on my shelves because I think this is... I I just think... I honestly... I I get what Grant Morrison's saying here. I think, honestly, if you're reading... uh, Sorry, you're writing superhero comics now, like, obviously... Everyone's going to tell you, oh, it's all changed, blah blah blah. Yeah, but go back to some of this original stuff and just see the see the fertile ideas and riff off some of those ideas. Like seriously, it will do your stories a favor. You know what I mean? No, end- I think that's
1: the biggest problem with um, with the the um, the current crop of writers
3: mm.
1: is. I don't think they've actually read some of the old stuff. I think maybe as far back as they've they've probably read is maybe the 90s. Sure. And like the 2000s. And it's such a shame because, you know, what I love about like Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, and a lot of the other writers of their ilk is that they actually are inspired by the older stories where they kind of go, oh, my God. Yes, this is fantastic. And what if what if this happened? You know what I mean? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, this is fantastic train of thought or uh, story trope or something. I've got to do my own version of it or, you know, or or, or utilize that because it's all continuity. Mm. So you can even go, oh, what if this happened afterwards? Yes. Yeah. And, and what if it led to this and blah, blah, blah. And so they used to look at old stories and, and not necessarily look for inspiration, but if they were like, shit, I could actually do a, you know, um, a, a follow-on from this like yeah, sure. I, I could have it that this happened but I don't feel like the new writers do that. I feel like the new writers just from scratch make up their own crap like mm. from the start and they have no desire to 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 look at the past and and look for inspiration. Yeah and, and continuity and all that that I just and, and this is why I honestly believe that DC has pretty much done away with continuity. Mm. Like DC is is have got so many like um books that do not fit into any continuity no like i just read um i see mark wade's doing a teen titans Mm. which is the original original teen titans okay like back um, in the day so not the new teen titans it's the original one so again you're like okay so this doesn't fit anywhere like robin and stuff yeah robin kid flash um uh, donna speedy uh aquilad I checked that Um, out. I checked that out. Is that out or? I I checked that out. It's not terrible. I think Wade maybe has lost the ability to write kids. Sure. Well,
0: he's grandpa (laughs) Uh, now. He's a grandpa. It wasn't
1: terrible, but sometimes it could be a little bit like old man writing. Is he like, hey, fellow kids. kids? (laughs) Hey, fellow kids. Let's go. You know what I mean? But I don't feel like this fits in any of the continuity. And then now you've got Horkel. Horkel's got her own series, but now she's a lesbian. So it's the same character, Kendra. Right, but I mean, Hawkman's not in the picture, and I think he's dating a woman now. What, what happened like, to
0: man. um? What happened to they were bonded for like? Well,
1: that's my point. The new writers don't care but about dude, in continuity fairness, in history.
0: In all fairness, what's probably happened with Hawk Woman or Girl, whatever her name is? Like, she's um, she, for years, not, not just a life, for generations now, she's been fucking the same guy for thousands of years. And and guess what? She's finally gone. I want to go to the other side of the pasture. And she's encountered the female sex and she's enjoying herself. Like she's allowed yeah, to have a break. you're
1: right, Dave. You're right. That's what happened. Not that the, the guys got <laughs> together and said, you know what? We need another lesbian character.
0: No, what I'm just saying is like she's, she's explored that body to its fullest extent. And she's now like, I want to sample the flavors of another gender, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's... I've got no problems with it, But, like, the, how funny would this be if, like, they're mid and then suddenly the woman's like, I am Hawkman, man. He reincarnated to this body. Gotcha. And she's like, no. Because, <laughs> like, so, like, he's reincarnated into a woman's body and she's having sex with that woman and then
1: he's no, like... Uh, well, it doesn't work like that, Dave. She, he, if, if he died... he would come back as a baby, so.
0: Oh, okay, well.
1: He wouldn't just (laughs) appear soul in a fucking 25-year-old woman's body. That's not how reincarnation works. Right, okay.
0: Well, I was just trying to put a spin on it, man, like, you know, like so that he, he, you know, because I thought what little I I
1: know. know. The point I was making, I don't care about her being lesbian. My point I was just making is that everything in DC now just feels random and all over the place. Sure. Yeah, and gun. is not building towards any kind of continuity. That that's what I'm saying. Like I just feel like everything at DC now feels just so random. Sure,
0: yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of like the inmates have had control of the asylum for like the last probably 15 years. You know, yeah. Uh, but as I said, yeah, and it's because up. they you're don't up.
1: want to do the diligence. They don't want to go back and mine the old crap for for ideas or inspiration or, or for you know to to do justice. To the story, Again, you don't have to use everything, but I'm just saying, I, I also don't feel like I feel like I just feel like they don't read anything, like they have no idea what's happened in the last 60 years. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. I mean, you should have some idea. I don't think you need to be over every beat or anything, but um,
1: yeah, uh, well, look, look, at, look at, okay, yeah. so look at Jeff Johns with his uh Blackest Night, mm. um, Necron, Necron hadn't been used in Green Lantern comics or. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, but I would say that's one of Jeff Johns' biggest strengths, and I don't think everyone has his level of dedication. You know?
1: Yeah, but I but okay, no, but the point I'm trying to make is I think Jeff Johns and before I think writers did. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think those writers they did go and say, "Listen, I need to study. Yeah. Okay, if I'm writing Superman, I need to go and yeah. you know see what kind of adventures Superman has had." Do you know what I mean? And uh, what characters can I use?
0: If I got and- a, I agree. If I got on a Superman title tomorrow, I, I would do, uh, you know, um, a little bit of dedicated research when I'm creating my stories. You wouldn't do too much, but I would do a little bit. I mean, and I I, I don't think Superman's that hard. Like in because so much of it's known. Um, but say I didn't get Superman. Say I got Hawkgirl or Hawkman. One of those two. Um, I would do a little. I, I, don't, I, I almost think the internet's made life easier. You could you could do the basic beats. You can what, follow- you're
1: Wikipedia now, don't you?
0: Wikipedia, and I'll oh no, tell you something I'm a big fan of, and I do this as a fan, as a reader. I, I, I see issues where things are mentioned, like that Grant Morrison thing that I mentioned today, he, him talking about the this issue. And I just want to hunt down the specific issue because it, w- Wikipedia... Or whatever I was reading made it really easy. They were like issue 163 of Flash, you know, like it wasn't hard, so it's almost more unforgivable because I don't think I'm not asking them to spend years researching stuff. I understand time's precious, but if you mm-hmm. want to get a decent story, I do think it's worth probably one or two hours of research. Like, honestly,
1: I don't and, think and that's... Yeah, because, like, my philosophy is okay, let's say you're going to get Batman or Superman or any character, right. Mm. Let's say you've got a great idea for a new villain. Okay, great, right? Create your new villain if you if you feel like a good idea. But also then, why don't you take the time to just say, okay, let, let's look at all the villains, right? So let's be honest, Batman has got some obscure villains that probably haven't been used in sure. decades. Sure. So why don't first look there and say, hey, is there anything that I can... Is there any characters that maybe I can put my own spin on or revamp or mm. or, or, or tweak or, or actually make, like, a threat... Instead of just being like, I'm going to use the Joker, I'm going to use Two-Face, it's like, okay, cool, if you've got a story for it, but take the time to also just do the research and and find out what characters have fallen on the wayside that you could... Do you think
0: some of it is, um, if we're being cynical, especially, well, I mean, I've heard people who write Batman say this, that as soon as they get to the Bat Office, they want to create two or three characters that are going to be used heavily in their run in the hopes that they're going to be picked up for TV, etc.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you can't just do your character, though. Mm. You don't. Like, and that's why I said, that, yeah, you, look, if you want to be working on the book for a fair bit of time, of course you've got to use established characters, and you know you also want to be able to write your own character because you want to be able to build something. But also, like, maybe go and use some characters that don't get used that often. Yeah. Maybe you could, like, revamp a character and make mm. a character, like, popular again. And guess what? You get the credit for that, too. Sure. Um you know, I mean, um, what's his face gets credit for Winter Soldier,
0: Brubaker, Baker, yeah.
1: You know, Brew like he took Bucky, sure, and made him the and now he's a, like made him a super popular character and like. So I'm just saying, like, do what the older guys did. Don't just come in and want to do your own shit. Sure, yeah. like do your own shit, but also do the diligence of, yeah, of mining that past and seeing what you can do to make something cool again or whatever. Maybe I you can't
0: okay, find, but try. All right. So what are you giving this carry but what are you giving this um flash issue Rich? I'm giving it 9 out of 10.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry. We were talking about flash. <laughs> uh no, it's a, a 8.5. It's, yeah, it, it's it's good really one. good. Um uh it's it's kind of funny as well that the, the he, he saves the girl's not find funny. He saves the girl's doll mm. at the pier. Yeah. And then when all this stuff happens, he goes back and she's still at the pier.
0: Oh yeah. She's just still there. Like, right like, in the exact
1: same spot, even though I think it's been like a day. She's just a lost girl, man. Like, she's you know, just she's a... just, yep. I'm just going to sit at this pier, like <laughs> an NPC. and like, oh, move. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: little orphan Annie, just, just sitting there with a the doll.
1: You know what I also love about these old stories. is just how simplistic they are. Like he goes, okay, I'm going to write a thing and tell people that they have to believe in me. <laughs>
3: yep. Because the done. guy
1: like, and people are like, yeah, I mean, this flash. Yeah, that sounds cool. We should believe it. And it's like what the fuck? Like, if that was done today, everyone'd be like, "Fuck that!" Like, it's like it. It, it's like um, mind rape. What he's doing, that kind of. stuff. I'm not, not going to believe in it. something I can't see. Yeah, but I look like a Christian. I also, <laughs> yeah, I also
0: like the um, the abracadabra backup as well with abracadabra.
1: Oh, that was mm. kind of cool. Uh, it was, it was fun. A, that was a short, funny one as well. Yeah, eight point five out of ten. Again, enjoyable, fun. All hilarious. Right. Sometimes hilarious when it means to be, sometimes hilarious when you look at it with the modern sure lens. sort of... But that can also make it enjoyable as well, you know? That, Definitely. Like, sometimes reading these old things mm. uh, with your modern eyes can make something even funnier, that I at totally the time read, maybe wasn't even meant to be I, funny, I, and so I've you can get an enjoyment out of that.
0: I've read a lot of, um, a lot of these Superman Bronze Age, and this is actually late Silver Age, and let me tell you the number of clangers is very few and far between in fact you know when it feels more tied it feels more tied as it closes in towards the early 80s uh, uh late 60s and 70s is really a good time for superman i i heard marv wolfman uh, mention this on word balloon many years ago and he was saying uh john samtrust was saying to him how much he enjoyed the bronze age and like you know, he kind of was a bit sort of sad that, you know, Crisis wiped that out, you know, for Superman, you know, it wiped out all the accoutrements of the Bronze Age and all that kind of stuff. He said, yeah, but the thing is, John, think about it. If that had all ended in, like, 1980, 81, fantastic, but it actually kept going until, like, 83, 84, 85, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was becoming quite strained. But that's you know that's a long time away, and I'm really looking forward to getting into the business, man, because I think I'm going to have a great time. You know, um, it's just a pleasure to read. I don't know. You
1: almost you almost can't not have a good time. Yeah,
0: I'm just it's just a pleasure. Now, our trade of the week is Thunderbolts. Rich, this was your pick. Do you want to run listeners through the basic pitch because I think it's a great pitch of Thunderbolts? Can I just say that?
1: Yeah. So. Uh I, I owe Thunderbolts an apology because I know it ended up becoming just a sort of um, Suicide Squad kind of ripoff, oh. but it didn't actually start off that way.
3: Right. So
1: I didn't, I actually thought Thunderbolts, I never read it at the time, and I always just thought, ah, oh, okay, it's just Marvel's um, version of um, Suicide Squad, in oh. a sense, because that's kind of what it became, you know, oh... Uh, uh, villains yeah. that want to reform, yeah, 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 or, or sort of being forced to like be good and all that. But this one was actually fascinating when I actually found out what it was. It's actually villains pretending to be good guys.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So that they yeah.
1: so they can get all the sort of secrets, you know, like sort yeah. of embed themselves and get like the shield to give them all the files. Yeah, and get in the Fantastic Four's building. Yeah, yeah, they get so like this was like basically like a mole, they were basically just being a mole, and there was the uh Baron Zemo Mm. and a couple of characters I never heard of. Like, I knew of Goliath and I knew of Fixer, obviously, I knew of Beetle from Spider Man. Wasn't that familiar with me, uh, Mimi Chicken and Moonstone? Sure, um, uh, but that actually works out well because. You,
0: you you don't have all these preconceptions. You just know they they're bad guys, yeah. and you know.
1: Um, and I actually very much like a lot of the. I didn't like. Um, fuck! What did the uh, Moonstone become? Moonsong Song or something like? It. Anyway, I was not a big fan of the blonde chick's costume. I thought it was actually the worst costume. But I liked pretty much everyone else's costumes. I liked Mock One. I liked Mach One. Uh, as well. I liked Songbird. I I loved Baron Zemo's. Uh, Citizen yeah. V. Oh, it's great. Gosh, I thought it was fantastic. Atlas, again, looked great. Um, I didn't know Netflix, Baron Zemo uh,
0: had a, like, has he always had that scarred face?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's why he wears that. Um, right, I didn't know that. Full-on face covering. How um, come well, that's in, Zemo, the, anyway.
0: in, the, in the movies and TV shows, they didn't make him like that? They just, you know, remember the, the MCU, Baron Zemo? It's just that guy from...
1: Um, what well, to be fair, Baron Zemo isn't even a Baron in the MCU. <laughs> I mean, they kind of, kind of rewrote it, mm. um, uh, in he, in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But in the in the first movie, he's just a soldier. Yeah. Um, I always thought that was. No, more- no, no. <laughs> I, I, if I remember, Baron Zemo has always, um, well, this Baron Zemo because he's Baron Zemo the fifth, or right, or, or something. So like, he comes from like a line of like. Baron Zemas, but I'm pretty sure he's always had that fucked up face. Right, okay, cool. Well, I can say... But anyway, so they... Th- th- that's their plan. Now, we only read Volume 1, so they they ended up getting a new character, but you can tell that some of the, the, the villains are starting to enjoy yes. being heroes. So uh, And Moonstone is up to something because... She's kind of, I think, she also enjoys being a good guy because she's sort of like pushing them towards that way. So they rescue a girl named or who calls starts calling herself Jolt and she wants to join the team. And now, obviously, Barry Zemo's not gonna let that happen, but Moonstone kind of convinces him, No, you really should, it'll give us a legitimacy and all that. Blah, blah, blah. But you can tell that she's probably doing it because she wants them to continue to be heroes. And if yeah. she has this chick around, they're gonna be. Forced to stay in there here because I, I think the moon center woman is supposed to be like a psychiatrist or something like that. So she she's is. like being yes. in the head games so is, and all it, that. This but is
0: the character who turned up wanting to see the Fantastic Four, isn't it? It's that girl.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The um yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I
0: thought it was a great move to bring in someone from the outside who wasn't in on
1: their schemes. You yeah, remember? well, it, it makes them now have to protect the secret identity even more.
0: I, I gotta be honest, I, I think this whole um, setup is a stroke of genius. I, I do think the art um, it's very nineties in, in a nineties way that I Mark not, Bagley, you know.
1: who is is a fantastic Spider Man artist. Mark Bagley has done some yeah, fantastic yeah. Spider Man stuff. I would not say that this is his best stuff. No. Uh, it looks a little bit rushed, a little bit sloppy, but mm. but still looks dynamic still does. has that Mark Bagley yes. dynamic um, action poses, the kinetic energy, you can feel it. So I wouldn't say it's Mark's best work, but it's still, it still has his signature, like, sort of 100%. dynamic.
0: No, I enjoy it. Um, I'm just saying I think it dates it pretty heavily. Um, oh,
1: sure, sure, sure. But I, I, to be fair, a lot of the older stuff, even from, like, the 90s, yes. sort of does does feel a bit dated with some of the art. I, I will mean,
0: say this. I'd never read this before, ever. Um, Me neither, I, yeah, yeah. I, I actually didn't even really know that this was um, the concept because <laughs> I more knew them from later years where they're more a sort of kill team um, of sort of retrobates, which is what are uh, reprobates. Well, like, say,
1: like, right now they definitely are the Suicide Squad. So yeah. I, I believe at some point Hawkeye takes over – Hawkeye. And then it is then it is a team of just, like, reformed villains. Yeah. Like, villains that want but to, I prefer to be this, heroes and all that.
0: I, I, I get it. You can't keep this shtick going forever, but I think it's a really cool shtick, and it's also in the aftermath of the Onslaught uh, event. Yeah, so,
1: so, so the reason why they step in and can do this is this is when the Avengers Fantastic Four were, um, quote-unquote, killed yes. by Onslaught, when they were actually just transported to another... Um, universe, Reality, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. This is why they can step in, and why they are needed, and people are willing to um...
0: look. I, I can't say enough kind words about it. I, I really think that this is just fun. I, I don't know how. else... So what I what I kind of not wish because I am glad I'm reading it in a trade, and also I don't know if your trade collected all the the. The side issues, like the stuff with Spider Man, and there were, yeah, it did. The the yours collected all that stuff because I really enjoyed all that. I thought it gave me context. I miss, you know what I miss, Richard? I miss reading a Marvel comic and feeling like they reference something in one comic and then it's referenced in this comic and it feels very connected. And that's I love it when a trade does this, where it puts in the extra mm. filler issues around it. That aren't necessarily super important, but it just—it just helped me feel like this is a real story. I—I just—I I don't know. I—I I didn't know what to expect from this title. I knew it had a good reputation. <laughs> I've actually bought the omnibus and so never read it. Um, and yeah, I was like, this is a this is a solid tick for me. This is like a solid eight point five. And it's not my favorite Mark Bagley art. I love Mark Bagley. I love his Spider Man. But Mm. this might not be his best, but it still works. But I also think it might have been
1: maybe doing two books or something. And so um, one of them probably just had to be a bit more.
0: Citizen V is pretty cool. I wouldn't mind getting a um, Marvel Legends Citizen V.
1: What what a shame that they couldn't salvage that kind of character in a way. um... Well,
0: they mentioned he's a Nazi at one point like, well, you, they're
1: like, they literally say, Well, not Citizen V, I mean, Baron Zemo is, but I mean yeah. the, the design of Citizen V, if someone could have taken over.
0: So is Baron um, Zemo, he's just flat out evil, isn't he? And they just. Yeah, yeah he's, a,
1: he's a flat out German Nazi. See,
0: that's Baron. what I didn't realize. I, I I was sort of confused by what was happening at first. I was like, huh? And then I realized that the story is they're in it to get what they can get because people want to shower the heroes with a lot of free gifts. And I like that scene with Mac – what is it? Is it Mac V? Is it Mac V? Or, you know, Mac, when Mac V does – the does, he steals from the robber and Baron Zemo just cuts him a new one. And I was like, yeah, like, why are you trying to steal a few thousand dollars oh, worth oh, of
1: – Oh, uh, Mach 1, sorry. Mach like, 1, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he, yeah, he he apprehends the guy, but then actually steals the guy's loot and tells the cops, oh, there was a second guy, that yeah. he got away. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You robbed me. and but no like, one yeah, yeah. believes him
0: because yeah. he's a flat-out, like, cat burglar. Um, yeah, I, I liked that. i I, I got to be honest. I mean, Kurt Busiak, um this was a, a pretty early days for him, I think, um, certainly got a story to tell. Um, he places it firmly in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say I think this book might have been a bit of a, a minor hit. I, I seem to recall people...
1: No, it was I mean, it, it's successful enough that the Thunder, Thunderbolts have been around in some sort of incarnation since its inception. Sure. I mean, I think Thunderbolts is still a thing now, isn't it?
0: Probably. It's certainly a TV show now. What a shame that they moved away from this concept, though. You know, You know. I, I get it. They became the Suicide Squad of the Marvel Universe that's great but I found this more fascinating where they are an undercover kind of like villain outfit masquerading I know it probably it it, it probably has limited shelf life but honestly mm. if this went for 25 issues 30 issues you could probably milk a great 30 issues story outline out of this like I got to be honest I really I've had a really busy week but I was finding this an absolute pleasure to read whenever I sat down to read this I was like man this is a page turner you know, mm mm-hmm. um, yeah. Was it, whose peak was this? Was this your pick?
1: This is mine. Yeah,
0: you, you picked well, Rich. I'll say that. I, I'm I'm giving it a solid eight point five. And you know, honestly, I'm being conservative. I could go higher, but I I also feel like it just it, I want more. You know, I, I'm I'm going to keep going on this because I'm I'm really, really, really enjoyed it. I think you picked very well, Richard. I think this is. Uh, Discuss oh, no, thank show. you. Discuss yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's an
1: eight out of ten for me. Um, I am deducting just because the art was a little sure. bit, little bit. You know, I would have preferred consistent. I like oh, would art. use. The, would you
0: use the word inconsistent at times?
1: Again, rushed, mm-hmm. so yes, which can lead to a little bit of inconsistency where sometimes the perspective, perspectives aren't mm. quite right, or or um, the the lines, the inking sometimes sure. felt a bit. Um, Although maybe also he was a bit rushed, but maybe if they had a better Inca who could, maybe the Inca did too many of the lines. Mm. Maybe if they sort of kept it to like, no, 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 I'm going to simplify it. It would look a little less sketchy. Yeah. Um, no, who knows? I don't know. But anyway, it's definitely an 8 out of 10. I'd uh, love to see where it goes, how they get found out or, you know, uh, the, the the conclusion to to the story. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um,
0: I, I'd love to. Read the conclusion. Um, we should, I think, we'll do the next volume um, later on this year. Why not? Like, yeah, you know, we'll do it at some point. Yeah, yeah. Why not, man? I, I, um, yeah, I loved it. Now, next week, you have some comics you want to do in weekly comics, don't you? Some flashback ones. You were saying? Yeah.
1: yeah well, no, I thought since I had Ultra Humanite on the brain, I was sure. like, let, let's let's find a flashback of just an Ultra Humanite like story okay. uh like a classic one just to just to sort of get a taste of the old character again and then right. i thought i think the blue beetle movie is coming out oh yeah next week so why don't we do a issue of blue beetle but i said don't have to be the new one maybe we could do like a ted cord one okay. or or something like that so
0: all right well we'll do that for our um we'll do that for our trade and we'll do the flashbacks um you know we'll Wait, see- what do we do for the trade is that what you want to do? Your Blue Beetle? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, no, just a one issue, just Oh, one, okay. Just,
0: oh, just a weekly. So you want me to just pick a trade?
1: Yeah, yeah. You still get to pick your trade. Hit, I'm just, I'm Hit just choosing volume some two. of the weeklies.
0: Hitman Volume Two. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And then the and then the the weeklies will just be the flashback um, Fridays from whatever you're picking. Blue yeah. Beetle. Well, and,
1: that too. And then if there is one weekly, like current yeah. weekly comic that comes out that we oh, no I'm, you know,
0: I'm happy for you to pick flashbacks like d- recently dude like let me tell no, you
1: I'm saying we'll, we'll leave it at that too unless there's something that oh, like okay. comes out that yep. we like okay we have to review that then yeah. we'll just leave it at that too conan She <laughs> <laughs> i found it actually you know what i you you're gonna be surprised i think there's a conan i want to read at one time it's not a marvel one mm. um it? Uh, it's hang on i will tell you now yep look i had it written down dee, dee, dee. conan and the demons of oh Kitai. Yeah. it's good yes yes richard because i saw that one and i thought it's 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 the asian one again which we, we did can with do, um... you know what
0: fuck it let's do that next week fuck it why you not it? i love that one yes let's do that um we can do hitman another day
1: uh, you've read it it's fine we can leave it for another day
0: no, no no happy to do it man i haven't read it in ages haven't read it in ages and um i was you i saw that, and i was like oh that's
1: like the 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 Zub one and i know you love it when conan goes yeah. oriental yeah, i was like yeah. okay I'll, I'll pick that one day no. next time you go conan could i recommend conan i'll go actually yeah. i do dave no, I well, let's do
0: conan you. and demons in next week i'm excited now i'm excited
1: <laughs> did i
0: did i have i ever told you i like conan
1: you know what? I didn't know that. I yeah. I just had a sense. I had a feeling. I was like, you know what, Dave strikes me as a conan. And tell I tell you I my, favorite, a conan. my favorite
0: conan's Chuck Disney Savage Sonic yeah. Conan. <laughs> yeah, I go, what are we gonna do next week? Oh we're gonna do the full run of Savage Sonic Conan, should, man, You Chuck. know what
1: you should do? You should you should say, Chuck, I just found out recently, you did Conan? Is that right? <laughs> and make it like you never ever knew. He, he's that you like did
0: you did conan. But he'd be like, Yeah, I know you've asked me about it forty times. Over <laughs> the span of span of number of years, yeah, every, every every couple of months, oh, just to be a kind of joke.
1: You can just say you went to the doctor and you asked him to prescribe you amnesia, so you yeah. could forget a lot of things. That's great.
0: All right, man. Well, this has been a funny show. Um, look, we're proud members of the collective. I'm exhausted. Um, there's into the night with Ray. Check it out. His moon night. Um, Ray's teaching me how to use Discord. Actually. Um, because he, I'm so useless, he 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 put his Discord link into this other chat thing, and I'm such an idiot. I got in there and I was like, "Hi Ray, am I in the right place?" I didn't realise everyone was in there, and, <laughs> and and then they were like, "You've got to check all these different topics out and stuff," and I was just like, "Oh, okay," and I was like, oh, "It's too hard." Um, And then I was like, Ray was like, you should invite people to your Discord. So I started inviting people and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And there was one guy going, hello, hello. I was like, yeah, hey man, how are you? And um, so Discord, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do, listeners? This week, this weekend even, this weekend, I'm going to put the Discord link into the Facebook and Twitter pages so that you can, if you want to, join the Discord and knock yourselves out. I <laughs> Do you expect me to admin it? Fucking admin. I'm not an admin guy. You know, like, I just feel like Wild West. Like, I'll be a marshal. If, if I see, like, a fucking shooting or a rape go down, I'll I'll be Matt Dillon. No, seriously. If, if I see something along those lines... But petty larceny, petty theft, you know, that kind of stuff, I'm not going to get out of bed for that.
1: Yeah, Dave, Dave likes a little bit of lawlessness.
0: <laughs> I do. I do, for sure, man. The Wild West, man. So we're proud members of the collective. You've got Brian Biggie with Inner Demons. You heard his comments earlier tonight. You've got Connor with the last of Krypton. You've got Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got Capes and Lunatics, Phil and Luth, lighting it up. Um, check out my friend Aaron at Real American Headcast. Uh, fantastic fantastic show and brian lazara with nothing but gi joe stories um one of my favorite guys out there shout out to my character mayhem um who he created um you know with some input from me and just a fantastic fucking character um yeah i mean yo joe um Yo yo joe keep killing man any any final thoughts from you rich
1: uh, no, um, I've actually been enjoying um, some of the engagement on the Instagram. So again, if anyone wants to,
0: are people paying look me up, Are people paying it, it for these commissions?
1: Um, I've had a couple of people um, okay. ask me, but uh, the stuff they've asked me for, I'm like, nope, sorry, that's.
0: What was it like? Porn or what? Uh,
1: no, some <laughs> people ask. Like the one that I always get is tattoo. Someone always like, oh, can you design a tattoo for me? And I'm like, no, I don't. think. Tattoo designs. Why? Um, because the problem with tattoo designs, Dave, is I have to think about the arm or where it's going. Right. Like, okay. you can't just draw a flat
0: okay.
1: sort of picture. Sometimes, depending on what they want, I've got to think about okay, how's it going to wrap? All that sort Are of these crap people paying though? Are these people going to pay? Uh, well, we didn't get that far because I just said I'm not in. I don't, and then some some other person wanted me to do like a portrait, and I was like, no, I don't do life <sighs> like. What about a my portrait? cartoons that made you think I'm interested in doing life portrait? portrait? Could you do a portrait of me? I already did, Dave. You did. It's, it's the you it's did. that Signal of Doom poster that I did. You did. You did. That's true. Oh, if anyone would like to see, I have a bit of artwork I did for the show. Um, yeah. the little mock poster I did. Yeah. Of of me and Dave. So uh, <laughs> if if you want to see what we look like in cartoon form. Yeah. Uh, it's far fetched comics. All, could, could you uh, do a, with with X?
0: Could you do a picture of me looking like Napoleon on that horse in that famous photo?
1: But instead of a, a horse. A, in a cartoony way, sure. Instead of a horse, I'm on Battle Cat. Uh, as a caricature? Yes. That'd be pretty good.
0: All right. On that note, um, I'm not paying for it. <laughs>
1: no, I can't do it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> beyond my skill and ability
0: <laughs> no i might buy you lunch um actually if you do it
1: no, you. it's not worth David. what you ask asking for is not worth the lunch you have to buy me like six lunches bro oh, jesus
0: well, i'm out forget about that you know it's it's okay uh, plus what i'm visualizing you're going caricature and I was getting might be my mind it was like a glowing picture oh no you were thinking
1: actual like Michelangelo fucking yeah, yeah, Da Vinci exactly. painting and all that yeah that's exactly what
0: I was thinking which you get the old paintbrush out and really get to work you know and remember I wanted to create that statue of myself as well I don't know how you're going on that yet um,
1: oh I don't do statues sorry bro <laughs> oh dear oh well I haven't done clay work in decades
0: <laughs> fair enough
1: I've never done it so there you were. you're ahead of me there
0: All right, on that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great work, Rich. That was fantastic. I'm so tired. I'm so fucking tired, man. (laughs)